Have you two boys been naughty and nice? Either way, you're getting a spanking from me. Oh, it's so hot. I heard you two were going to bring back garbage pale kids. Itchy, Richie, potty, scatty, I don't care. Just bring it back. And Eric, I heard your white ass is going to bring back McDonald's salad shakers. Well, for your sake, I hope they do. Shake it up, baby, and bring it on back. And Jim, I heard you're going to bring back dressing like Punky Brewster. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Bring that back, baby, and let me see the pictures for my private collection. Oh, yes. Bring it back. back for possibly another 100 episodes but today your dynamic duo of dummies are here to bring you the dc comics of this week i'm america's sweetheart eric shea and i am jim warner and this is the weird science dc comics podcast episode number 201 201 eric did you realize that episode 201 we're only halfway through the story what? We haven't. Uh, we've only told half of the story. That actually makes sense. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. We are a spoiler podcast that reviews most of this week's DC Comics. Eric, if you want to read our written reviews, go. At, what the hell is that sound? I'm going to kill somebody. It's going off like oh, it's, it's so a fireworks now. I, I can't figure it out. I don't know what's going on. It messed up my new intro. Oh, my God. I told God. you it's going to drive me nuts. I, I know. Think, I heard I'm it. Gonna, I'm like, he's going to keep going. What's he going to do? Gonna, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm going to kill somebody <laughs> if I can't I can't figure it out. I don't know what that is. We sat there for 15 <sighs> minutes before we started recording this little intro here, wondering yeah. what that sound is. I, I no can't idea. figure it out. I think it's a ghost. Ghost. A ghost. It messed up my new intro, and now it's going to drive me nuts. If you want to read our written reviews, two hundred and one. We still have no idea what we're doing. If you want to read our written reviews, go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com and also check us out on Twitter at weirdsciencedc and on Facebook at facebook.com/slash weirdsciencedccomics. You can also rate and review this podcast anywhere you listen to it. If they allow that, we're not going to make you, but then we'd appreciate it, yeah, you know, it things like that. Now, if you like what you hear tonight and you want to get even more shows, you can go over to our Patreon account at www.patreon.com slash weird science, where you can listen to Eric over 400 episodes oh my of various Lord. shows. So you say 200 episodes for this main podcast. That ain't diddly squat. We have done in a year over 400 episodes of various shows like our pop culture show, our weekly comics news we podcast. And Eric, today I debuted a best of show that has clips pulled from all of our oh, shows. And, and basically it's set up so that if people join in, uh, especially on the Patreon, you can go and it kind of gets you a little primer of some things that we talk about, including, I mean, really, from the first episode, you stated that you have read comics most of your lives. That, that has gone uh, that's a running thing since you, you then. You really so, need to let things go is what's going well, on right there now. Are, no, there are things that are in jokes and things, and you could be in on it. But there is one thing, because last week we had our episode 200 on the Patreon. I'm going to kill somebody. And uh, it, it was uh, pretty low, Jim. But 
during that, I played a bunch of clips. And it's kind of what led me to do this best of show. And with that, though, I did not play one of the clips. So what I'm going to do now is play one of these clips for everyone, including me and you, Eric. Uh, And you're going to see kind of what this best of thing is, kind of clips. This is a clip, Eric, that I like to call Stolen Valor (laughs) from back at episode 52 on January 3rd. 2016 Uh, but I'll tell you right now I I have a story about New Year's that I kind of told you the other day but I didn't tell you fully and it it makes me seem like a real jerk Um, but it was way way back this was in the early 90s and we had a little thing called the uh, the Iraq war what was it called the first time desert storm Desert storm. When yeah. Desert Storm was going on, I went out on New Year's with my one buddy. And somehow, I, I don't know what happened. People started buying us drinks. And I'm telling you, it was probably around 11 at night. And, you know, New Year's is coming on. That All these people started buying us drinks. And we had no idea. And then somebody came over and said something like, we're proud of you boys. You know, you're. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what's going on? And somehow somebody told them that me and my buddy were, were shipping out to Iraq. Stolen and, Valor. And I'm Stolen telling you, Valor. by that point, I didn't know what to do because they bought us drinks for like an hour. And I didn't know what to do. I, 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 yeah, that, I think monster. they probably would have punched us in the face. So I actually You're lucky said, that's all that would happen. I actually, it was my buddy Jamie who later on fucked me out of a goddamn rent at college. But I, I said to him, we, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I do not feel right. We got to ship off early, And of buddy. course, he, yeah, let's ship off now. And we went. And we got a, a standing, not a standing ovation, but everybody clapped you as are we left a the bar. Piece of shit. And I felt, I felt bad ever since. How have so you never told me this story? Anybody, because it's bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we I, tell I each other terrible stories all the time. I, but I didn't. It was nothing I did. I don't know what happened. You now, drank those drinks. You did it. And the other thing that's crazy, it's at that point I had, the, I had a very uh, lovely looking mullet going. I don't know how anybody could have thought. I, I used to fashion myself a little Andre Agassi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I don't know what, what they were thinking. Now, my buddy Jamie used to have a, you know, a close crop there. Yeah. I, maybe they thought that right before you ship out, they shave you. I don't know. I, I, I'm still upset about that. My, my other I'm, story. I don't know if I can continue this podcast with well, you anymore. And there you are. There's the clip of the week. And you're still a monster. Two years later, still a monster. You did continue doing a podcast with me, though. But yeah, that's a little bit of a... Oh, I'm a monster, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, really. That just shows like some of the clips that we have. But I started from the very beginning, episode one. And there's some funny things in there. Also, our first review, which was Batgirl. And the review of Constantine kissing himself. You love that issue. Good issue. You love that issue issue so much. But another thing that we have over at the Patreon Kissing account. himself in Earth 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is our Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And <laughs> that was the Green Lantern number one and Suicide Squad Black Files number one this week. So if you want to go over, you can check those out. But right now, Eric, it's time for what we call the badass roll call. Ooh. All right, Eric. Here we go. It is the badass roll call. Right. We start Bad. out with... Matches Palome. Welcome aboard, Matches. All right. We have John Jack, Speedy's Collectibles by Ron Saunders, Nick Adams, Mark Jaeger, T Funk, Vermilion, Josh Vermilion, that is, Aldrin Stoja, All New Dave, D Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, J G Man, David Fink, Andrew and Belfast, Man Ship, 
our man man chip i blame him for the sound that i keep hearing in the background <laughs> really? brandy bobby reggie carlos carlos up the ante so awesome. that he uh wanted to be a badass and he is ian welcome back brian from arkansas leonard chester mcchurk brian king jolly drew my man pete from nyc paulie pete to fred reads comics from the street level floppies podcast we got eric g Cellar Dweller, oh. Danny the Street, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A, Ron Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Missy T, our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, and Ruben Axie. That's what you do when you're all the businesses. When you're the businesses, you're you all the businesses. You still took time to blame Manship for sounds, though. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I- I'm telling you, if I hear these sounds again, <laughs> I'm going to murder You got gremlins in your computer. <sighs> it's killing me. It's it's killing me. I don't know what it is. It, you would think it's some sort of thing that's popping up like a notification or something, but it's different sounds. I think that you're doing it. I think it's on your end and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you is what I'm going to do. But Look, that take is control of your life welcome. in your computer, Jim. Come on. Yes. Again, if you uh, I'm going to watch if I see the sound pop up on your end, I'm coming over there and I'm slicing your throat right now. Oh, no. But yes, thanks everybody on the Patreon account. And again, if if you want to get involved and listen to last week's episode 200 and all the other shows, go over and to patreon.com slash weird science. Yeah, it was almost a 10 hour show as well. And we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, Eric. You know why? Because Eric, I heard there There's were no limitations. There was no limitations. Well, I, I think be. I said shit boy at least three times. <laughs> three times I said it, Eric. No That's limitations. crazy. Is he crazy? He might be crazy. Yes, we're we're going to go off right now. And before we get to our new news or my news eric we have a a bit of a sponsor we have a sponsor that's a callback from last year with great shoes hello everyone i want to tell you about great shoes and if you were listening last year you heard us talk about great shoes brooklyn's first sneaker company what we said last year still holds true today they offer both men's and women's styles made the best for less, go on over to greats.com, check out all their shoes, including the classic all-leather royale lace-up in white, and all the new fall styles as well. And with the holidays coming up, why not get everyone, family, friends, random strangers, co-workers, everyone on your holiday list, including yourself, a pair of great shoes. All you need to do is go over to greats.com, pick your shoes, and then enter code WEIRDSCIENCE, and that is one word, starting with a capital W, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Yes, 15% off pretty much Eric's work attendance. Once again, go over to greats.com, choose your shoes, and put in code Weird Science, and your holiday shopping will be over, and you can go back to being lazy. Plus, you get the added bonus of everyone thinking you are the best for getting them some damn good shoes. Just as an aside, last year we ran the Greats ads, and we ended up getting ourselves a pair. Me and Eric each got a pair of shoes from Greats to do the ad. And mine came in. They were the all-white leather royales. And my son, Ethan, who now considers himself a sneakerhead, in air quotes, also has gotten a job just to buy sneakers. He ended up taking them from me and liked them so much that since last year at this time, he has bought three pairs of great shoes. And once he found out that we had this new round of ads here, he ended up going and ordering a new pair. He actually used the Weird Science code. 
code yesterday. So I can confirm that it is live. It's ready to go uh, because he used it. He ended up getting his fourth pair of great shoes. He loves them. He says they're, well, they're great. And he wears his all leather uh, white royales all over the place. He thinks they're the best thing ever. He is a big fan of all white shoes. And he says that those are one of the most comfortable pairs that he has. So there you go. You got a, a seal of approval from Ethan Werner. What else do you need? What else does anybody need? Go over to greats.com and enter code weird science and have all of your holiday shopping done in a couple clicks. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Welcome to the news bit of the podcast for this week. Hello, how are you doing? And I'm going to start and end this bit of news with the top 10 comic books by Unit Ship. They released the top 10 October sales without numbers. This is when you get your just top 10. I'm also going to include the trade paperback list as well. Now, uh, basically what most people were looking at was how Heroes in Crisis was going to continue doing. After that first big issue, spoiler alert, Wally West and Roy and a bunch of Bluebird and all them got killed. And a lot of people yelled and screamed online that they were not going to read any more of that. Now, usually that means nothing. Usually that's a lot of hot air. That could fill 80 balloons and possibly make the great race around the world. Uh, but it seems to be some of those people were telling the truth because number one, though, is still Batman. Batman number 56, obviously Tom King's main book here. Number two, The Walking Dead number one, 15th anniversary edition. And if Eric Shea was here doing the news with me, he would probably tell us all right now that he had the opportunity to buy The Walking Dead number one way back. It was pushed for him to buy by his buddy Tony, who ran a comic book store. And he basically said, the zombie craze is over. Nobody will buy this. One of his worst decisions ever, besides possibly getting on a lease with Jess. Oh, my. That is shade being thrown. Shots fired. Number three, Spider-Geddon number one. Number four, Batman number 57. Number five, Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider number one, which I know it's a number one, but that shocked me that that was so high. And then finally, number six, Heroes in Crisis number two. So yeah, uh, for a big event that's supposed to be this be-all, end-all of whatnot, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a real phrase that an ad agency would come up with, the be-all, end-all of whatnot. 
Uh, that's pretty low on the list. I mean, coming after Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider number one, this is supposed to be the big book. This is where if you had, you know, shareholder meetings and you would announce October, what October? Hey, listen, October is going to be our month because we have Batman, obviously, but we also have Heroes in Crisis. Boy, the Heroes in Crisis will probably be number one. It'll probably be still like 170, 200,000. It is not. We don't have the numbers yet, but... Yeah, it slipped. Uh, number seven, Venom. Number seven, number eight, Justice League. Number ten, and rounding out the top ten, number nine and ten, Amazing Spider-Man. Number seven and number eight. And yeah, Spider-Man's big. I heard. Uh, off to the top ten graphic novels and trade paperbacks. Again, these are by units shipped and not with sales numbers. Just the top ten. Number one, Batman White Knight trade paperback. Uh, so yeah, White Knight continues to be a huge. Hit for DC, and I think that trade's going to continue to sell. Number two, Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two hardcover. I actually bought that. I'm a huge fan. I keep saying every time I bring this up, I keep saying I'm going to review it, and I keep forgetting. But I have read it, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna re- reveal any scores or if I liked it or not. I'm not gonna do that. Number three, my heroes have always been junkies hardcover. You have then number four, and that's an image book, obviously. And number four, Batman Volume Seven, The Wedding. I wish that it was The Wedding. Eh? Uh? And I saw a bunch of people, DC themselves, Tom King, kind of pushing this, uh, you know, volume. And basically everybody who responded were, how dare you call it the wedding? Is Should it be? Probably somebody probably said, should it have the question mark? Then I made the joke. Uh, number five, Gideon Falls, volume one, Black Barn, trade paperback. And that's a really good book. Uh, that's an image book as well by Jeff Lemire. Number six, Isola, volume one, trade paperback. That's an image book. And I'll point out these image both. Gideon Falls and the Isola there. They're only $9.99. Most of the others are $16, $17, $19, you know, that sort of range. Uh, I would suggest picking up both of those trades if you're interested. Isola is a very unique look. Uh, Carl Kershaw's art in that uh, being written by Brendan Fletcher. Number seven, The Wicked and Divine, Volume 7, Trade. You have number eight, Death or Glory, Volume 1, Trade. Number nine, Avengers by Jason Aaron, Volume 1, The Final Host, Trade. And rounding out the top ten is ten, a Batman and Justice League Manga, Volume 1, Trade. And I said this because this is an extension of the Patreon Weird Science, you know, show, the comic show, new show. What am I saying? The new show on Patreon. So I'd go through all the DC, Marvel, and Independent news. This is how I started, and I did say that that seems interesting to me, the Batman and Just League manga. And Luke Hollywood came and said that it was actually really good, but they kind of push aside Batman and Justice League a little bit in that. But if you can deal with that and have some fun, he said the book is for everyone, everyone to enjoy. But that is the end of the quick news segment for the podcast. Again, I go through the news in more depth and more stories and things like that over at Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science if that's something that you would want to check out. Now, we're going to go off to the books. Now, we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we
With the books for the night, we don't have a ton of books this no, week. Thankfully, uh, but yeah, really, that's what you say. We're gonna have that twenty, you know, issue week coming and up. I'll take this soon. while I can get it. Yes, you will. But if you want to read all of the written reviews, go over to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read them and have some fun and maybe eat a snack while you're doing it. I don't care what you do. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But if you want to go over and read those reviews and have some fun, I'd suggest a snack, possibly a homemade hard-boiled egg, Eric. But more of that later. (laughs) Are are you Uh, making homemade hard-boiled eggs? No, you're going out to the store and buying them because you can't do it right for some reason. I'm just going to do it. But we're going to start off with – well, Wrong Turn's going to tell us, Eric. I'm Wrong Turn. This is Batman Bitch. It is Batman Bitch. And it is Batman number 58, written by Tom King, art by Michael Yannon, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Kells. I give Tom King some credit for beginning to show that he will tie things up in his run in the next 40-some issues, possibly (laughs) still. While he has shown Alfred cleaning up the blood splatter from the button story, he makes us fill in the blanks with what's going on in the here and now. You know, I'd rather know who Penny is than have a little dental work being done in the T-Rex. That is the worst part about this is that we're now playing catch-up because he threw out that big ending to uh, Batman number 50 where we see Bane and all the people that are involved yeah. in this whole idea of you know breaking the bat and stuff like that by causing the wedding to be done and what he's going to do going forward. Why didn't we set anything else up? We're just supposed to jump into this whole idea of Penguin being married, being in love. We have no background in this at all. We're just supposed to go with it. I'm like, you could have had an actual good story here. The duality of the Penguin and Batman both finding love at the same time and how it's taken away from him. But no, we're just presented to the aftermath of everything. And I'm not done with my blurb, Eric. It's a familiar loose narrative coupled with a couple wow moments that you either will love or hate by now. I'm in the latter group, and even seeing the Penguin didn't change that much. Uh, I gave him credit, though, for kind of tying in at least his own story. I'm not that interested in it. Uh, And it just will end up continuing this narrative that people have with whatever you see in this book. Now it's just Bane. And this kind of shows it. So It's just Bane. It is. It's just Bane. Now, like you said there, uh, it would have been cool to see the idea of a penguin who was in love and now it's being taken away. But not the end result here, but seeing that going on. And so I would have liked to know who Penny was because they didn't put a goddamn thing of death on her tombstone. Is that for future reading? I don't know. And when you when you lift the veil of all this at the end, you get the idea that Batman is going to have a little bit of a, you know what, I know it's what it's like to lose out in love and, and things like that too, because at the I end he's almost going to say that. He, I don't he want the camaraderie starts. between Batman no. and Penguin because when you start this whole team up aspect of it, you have the Penguin murder two people in front of Batman. Himself. Like, you just took away any goodwill you could have had with Batman here, but no, yeah. it's going to be fine with this new Batman. 
But with this, though, uh, you start off and there is Penguin and he's trying to get a cigarette in his cigarette holder. And he's obviously a little, you know, thrown off and can't do it. And the man's it's upset, just, Jim. You could say. But it. it's the same thing, though, about. He's and got one actually, eye. He's doing this here and he hasn't even found out what's going on. But the problem is, is it's this, it's this out of, you know, out of, not, uh, what am I saying? Out of frame dialogue that we keep getting. We don't even see who's saying it. So it's just this random dialogue. Sorry, boss. You know, it's just two generic goons we've seen. She was there. Oh, she was there. Yeah, we did this. But we have no idea who that is. We no. have no idea when he was actually married. We've seen him in other books and he hasn't been married. Some people have even pointed out the fact that he had a problem up until this in this continuity of trying to find love and never having it. So out of I know nowhere, how it feels, Penguin. him, what, and it doesn't, this, it must be a wife because yeah. she's Cobblepot. But I don't know if he's not just fudging that. There's a mention of a father who that seems important, but we don't know the name. So I'm we have you, no idea what that is. There's a lot of stuff here that I have to say is important, and I don't know if it is. Just the idea that we go to Arkham Asylum at the one point, and there's lice going on, so he has to shave his head. The idea of shaving his head just feels so weird because you're not going to see any other inmates with a shaved head in Arkham. I, I guarantee it. Somehow we're going to use his hair later we're on We're never going to gonna see anybody in Arkham. Just, I'm just saying, he's though, done. The it, idea, though – that we have to actually spend time because to tell yeah. you that there's a license on so we have to shave your head pain. Like, what does this do for the story? There no, has to be I, some I reason. Know. I don't know. But this is the I problem. Don't know. This, this is where we're going. I don't know. We're going from this idea where you're already trying to fill in the blanks. You're already giving them more I credit. I want to know why the penguin goes is, to Arkham. Well, this is back at I Am I am Suicide, where we were trying to figure out who had the left hand and who had the right, and it never ended up being no. anything. We were all upset because we thought that, you know, Punch was left-handed. He was going to show this when Master all disguise. the plan was at the end was he was going to blow a bubble for a raft. That's all it was. So I'm not going to fill me. in the blanks. And this is where I said, uh, I told you what before we started recording, a lot of fans of Tom King, there, there's a thing that goes on when you're a fan of some sort of writer – You'll always have an out to pish posh people who don't like that writer. Grant Morrison, per se, like we talked about in the Patreon only spotlight with the Green Lantern. When you don't, if if somebody is a fan of of Grant Morrison and you say to them, man, I didn't like that issue. A lot of times, oh, you don't get his layers. You don't get him. You don't get it. Almost like they're saying you're not smart. With Tom King, when I say, where do you go from point A to point B to point C? What does he have to hold your hand? I'm like, he doesn't have to hold my hand, but I'd like to have a story because what happens is you just have Penguin there finding out that this Penny, who we have no idea who it is, is dead. And he just says, get me a tuxedo, my hat and an umbrella. And then the next panel, he's in full out attack mode on Batman with penguins flying around. I'm telling you, you too, the no way this whole thing is. Well, I, I love the idea of the penguin and seeing him in full penguin thing with, you know, um, umbrella weapons and stuff like that. I love the idea of that. But what he's doing, like, you know, he shows up like he's LARPing saying, penguin plasma, penguin plasma. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Magic Lightning missile, bolt. magic Lightning missile. Bolt. Yeah, he's just yelling. Well, this one with fires this, penguins though, plasma. What? When I first read this, Gross. I'm like, okay, well, does this point out that he thinks Batman is the problem with well, that's the thing is, Penny dying? But thing. it's not. 
it, the whole it's, thing it's when a, he ends up seeing Bane, when he's released out of his cell in Arkham to go downstairs to see Bane, he says, I'm sorry, I got your message late. Yeah. I have to the message is the death. The message is the Penny's death. Exactly. They yeah, killed, it is. Bane killed him because of his displeasure and what went down. So yeah. this is his way of going and having to go talk to Bane. But that doesn't hook into the remainder of the story, which we'll get to, because what happens is you can, you can fill in the blanks that Penguin finds this out. Now, where I have a big problem is... Bane, the master of disaster here. He's the criminal of all criminals, a very smart guy, whatever. He he better find out a better way for people to get to see him in Arkham. He has sent out a message, and the message is Penny's dead. All right, I guess I got to go see Bane. To go see Bane, you have to attack Batman, get arrested, get your head shaved, probably go through a trial. At least he isn't in a holding cell. No. He appears to be in Arkham. I so don't know why he just long, didn't go to Blackgate. It, it, it's basically the idea, well, because Bane needs to see him, that the idea that this is where Bane really, if you want to say somebody's prepared, he's thinking ahead because it's going to take eight months for anybody to see him. <laughs> because they're going to Sorry, have, I'm late. <laughs> yeah. And so where is this? That, and yes, it's all supposed to be, but this is where the reality of things in my mind never makes sense. Well, even then, when like, you was, do he held for 70, was he held for 72 hours? Because he seems like, welcome back, Penguin. Now he's back yeah. on the outside. Like, what happened? Yeah. I, and with that, though, Bane is there. When he does go in, he gets shaved. He goes because he fights. Batman and he goes in now also you're also throwing in the little bit there where if you look into it and I'm gonna if you're gonna make me read between the lines and fill in the blanks I'm gonna fill them out fully where I think Batman is the stupidest stupid motherfucker ever and I'm cursing Eric it's no limit because Batman is being duped here Peng where is Batman saying you know what why is Penguin attacking me with this plasma umbrella, there's no reason for it. He's only doing it to get into Arkham. Where where is Batman the you know greatest detective figuring this out? He's not. He's being duped because it's only to get to Arkham. Now, where I said you have Bane there, and he's like, Oh yeah, Penguin, you know, nice to see you, buddy boy. He's got like Thomas voice. Wayne, he's got Thomas Wayne Flashpoint, Flashpoint Batman, Batman behind yeah. him, who really must be tired because he's been in that. Why pose can't he have now. a chair? He's been in that pose. Bane, can you please give me a couple more skulls so I I can make a stool at least? Now, what I do like is that all the rest of the people are out, right? They're they're no longer there. Where are they? Do you think that what Gotham Heroes in Crisis? Well, Gotham Girl was not in Arkham. She was supposed to be out and about. So she is not an inmate of Arkham. So how did she get out of Arkham? Superpowers. You would think. No, you would think a back door. Also, there is what appears to be a window of something, whatever the case may be. But did Skeets you know, fly the window through? In the basement of did Arkham. Skeets fly through Arkham? No, there's uh, there's no back door. Or else all you'd have to do is send a note. Hey, Penguin, meet me through the back door of Arkham. No, he has to end up with a big to-do. <laughs> we got to fill pages somehow, no, th- no, it's not filling pages. It's a wow moment to be like, oh, man, look at that classic Penguin. It is filling pages because none of it makes sense to get no, from point A to point No, but it's the wow moment. The wow moment in this is, oh, look at Penguin being Penguin. He looks like Danny DeVito and he's shooting fire. There is no reason for that. Bane would be better than this and have some way for these people to go and see him without doing this. Now, the other thing is Bane is smart, right? He it is one of the guys that he's supposed to be the biggest threat because he is not only – you know, a huge hulking mess. He is smart. So what he does is he wants Penguin to follow and and get in line. So he ends up killing the one thing that Penguin seems to care about. 
That is stupid. It's only there to get this connection with Batman with the lost love. There is no reason Bane would kill the one thing that Penguin cares about and then say, hey, buddy, if you don't listen to me now and do what I say now, we're going to really be at odds. No, they're already at odds. You have already set up Penguin to pretty much have nothing to lose and to, by the end, join Batman. This is a and stupid why do we have move by Bane. Penguin it doesn't join seem like this whole Bane. thing because we had a whole bunch of characters doing stuff, you know, standing around Bane at the end of issue number 50. What else have they been doing? You know, like, well, why does it have I mean. to be they're the Penguin? They're not here, which actually gets me a little excited because at least it shows they're out and about doing something. But, uh, you know, if they were all standing there still, we'd say like we did with Thomas Wayne, like, what are they doing? <laughs> Just standing there. You would assume that Skeets has gone off to screw with Booster in yeah. Heroes in Crisis. I mean, these are things that you can kind of go with a little it's just though, but Bane, like I said, the whole idea is a cool concept that, you know, uh, Penguin has to fight Batman to get. It doesn't make sense. And it no. doesn't make sense in a grand scheme of Bane. And also, is like it, Bane, is Bane just chilling underneath there? Like he is just hiding yeah, out there? Is it looks he like an he's taking a crap. I'm saying, is he an inmate of Arkham just goes down there when I he has know. to meet people? I, I don't, don't know. know. Also, you just get the idea of they, they, you know, get Penguin in there. They, they shave him because of the lice. And then somebody lets him out again. You can say, oh, well, Bane, you know, has them all in his pocket. But if he has them all in his pocket, why is he sitting on a a goddamn throne of skulls? Get him. How he likes. It's orthopedic. So stupid. Orthopedic skulls. And then when you get this, he's like, yes, Penguin, here you are. You don't get anything because he's going to tell his his guys later. Uh, But then it's just later. Welcome. Was he in because he attacked Batman? I know. I mean, that's I, I at least know, that's at least attempted murder, I would think. But yet here he is. He's out. He we don't know how long. They say, "Where's the body?" Oh, we wanted to wait for you. Psychiatric evaluation no, this could be for seven my, my. years. We have no idea. Be. There's no psych evaluation. We didn't see it. There's no reason for him to be psychologically evaluated. This body and haven't buried it till Penguin yeah, we got don't back. Know what it is? So I, I got to imagine it's pretty quick. It doesn't. You don't know that. We have no idea. They just said we knew you'd want to wait, and we didn't do the funeral. We didn't know. We wanted to wait for you. And he's like, "Okay, we're going to do it this Sunday when my grandfather's buried." And they go and they bury her. And yeah, it's Penny Cobblepot. We don't even have a date of a death. It's weird. Like, I'm telling you, like, why would you put a date of 1998 if you're worried about this holding up later on? You know, if you don't want to put a date of like for when, you know, 10 years from now and some reason, oh, this is 10 years old or something like that. And there was was the deal of, you know, hey, her father's been coming around asking whatever. Should we get him involved? No, no, no family. We are the ones who knew who she was. And and, you know, we didn't treat her bad and all that. But I don't care about any of that because I I don't either because we don't know who it is. And then we find out the big to-do of this issue is that Bane had told Penguin, listen, you you done screwed up. And how you're going to get this right is Bruce Wayne messed with the freeze trial to help his buddy Batman. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, that's what it was. He was supposed to end up making it so that they didn't have that. Also, the idea of somebody did warn Freeze at one point. And Freeze said it was somebody who he trusted but wouldn't let it out. It's got to be Penguin. He somehow it's all tied in, or it was Batman. I don't know. 
it doesn't make sense. It wouldn't be. I, I just don't but, know why he wants to frame Mr. Freeze and not use him as an ally. Yeah. Well, it, the whole idea was it wasn't about Mr. Freeze. It was no. to make Batman look like an asshole and it works. So I don't know why in the roundabout way that you ended up killing Penguin's wife. It, it just all of this just doesn't connect very well. But he's like, oh, you know, we're going to get that Bruce Wayne. Oh, man, what are we going to adopt him, boss? Doesn't <laughs> we're gonna say that. He thinks they're going to we're going to punish <laughs> Mr. Wayne. No, no, no. We're going to get his manservant. Uh, because uh, if that's we not the appropriate nomenclature there, Mr. Penguin. And he says, if we don't, we're going to bear the next punishment. But you already did. Yeah. Penny was killed. But again, it's never really fully said that Bane did it. But you can read, you know, you got to fill in those blanks. And so, the best, too, I'm telling you, I don't, know if we're gonna, if, I don't know if we're ever going to get any kind of more resolution to Jason Todd shooting the penguin in the head, except for a black monocle covering that eye. Yeah, a black <laughs> monocle that seems to be with a Sharpie at the last second. <laughs> it really does. Even the cover is wrong. It's the wrong eye being covered. But you go then and then you go back once they say we got to kill Alfred. You go back to the Batcave and Alfred is cleaning the T-Rex's, you know, teeth that had the blood splatter. Hey guys, remember the button? You guys love that. And basically this is is just a checklist of things now. And it's like, hey, while you clean the button mess, I'm going to go up because there's another woman murdered like the freeze case. All right, off we go. And he goes, Batman goes to talk to Gordon and now we gotta bring up the idea like of Nightwing getting shot. Bag. I don't know. Because the, the, how's the kid? I think is just more of a. I don't mind this line. How's no, the kid I'm not, talking I don't about care about that? I'm okay, talking about Batman. Okay. No, I'm saying just I. I really don't give a fuck about this whole issue. I'm, I'm quite honest. I hate every fucking sentence on it. But he's you know how's the kid? He doesn't say how's your boy is what I thought he said <laughs> when I was talking to you. Yeah, how's your kid? And he's like, oh, what do we have? You know, an officer was wounded like that. He was saying. What do we have? Like, go fuck yourself, Batman, you fucking dick. I, I can't stand this figure, Batman. Figure it out yourself, jerk. detective. If this is a guy who actually, in the meantime, Batman, realized that he saw Nightwing get shot in the head. He also wants to know how he is. He saw somebody get shot and just says, how is he? Go screw yourself. He, he, what, what do we have? What we have is a, a guy who's concerned with somebody I saw shot. Is he dead? Who we have? Whatever, he has a you failure know. to communicate. I said, how's yeah, the kid? It's just a jerk. And he's like, oh, here we go. And, and then you just go, oh, by the way, we found another person dead, frozen, and there's a feather there. Oh, my, a feather? That must mean the penguin. Off we go again. Round two, buddy. And then you have Alfred there, and this is where they set up. And you get the idea of this clue and this murder was just yeah. to set up Batman to get away. But if you think that, if you're I, like, I okay. I just don't know why we actually, you know, if this is the idea, I got to get Batman to me. So I'm going to do one more of these murders and leave a clue of that whole point. Yes, him but to that make. doesn't make sense because Penguin doesn't know as far as we know that Batman and Pennyworth are connected. So no, no, you I'm would have saying, no though, reason the, to no, get I'm Batman a, out of the, the manor. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying, though. If that's the case, I want to get Batman over here so he gets to my place. Why would you even send out these guys to try to execute Pennyworth if you're not going to go through with it at the end anyway? Just to say, I guess oh, kill that in di- front of I guess that if Batman didn't show up, he might have killed Pennyworth so that Batman would come eventually. It's just a weird thing. I'm like, know. why? Did Again, it doesn't, do any of it? it doesn't jive. It doesn't jive. But yeah, you have this back and forth. The helicopter and, and itself. Every bit of dialogue in this. You dot 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 ellipse. I'm like, I, I've had enough. Then, so what is he writing reviews really for the weird get, science? Can you tell I'm angry? I because 
because yeah. then Alfred's there and you can't even have Batman call him on the goddamn phone and have him just say, hey, Alfred, I just got a warning. You know, I got some sort of deal. You have to have Alfred say it because he knows Batman so much. And, and it comes off as just hokey with, now th- uh, hey, there's a bird. It must be a bird. Yeah, there's storm. Must be the storm. I, I had enough. I've oh, no, had no, no, enough I think of that. Out of all of the stuff here, I think this line, like this panel of Alfred, like repeating, like or actually predicting what Batman's going to say before he hears it, is something that I hate the most. I hated reading this panel, and it just really no. bothered me. But then I'm, I turn the page where Alfred's investigating, yeah. and I'm like, all right, here's the idea. We got people outside in a helicopter, one piloting, one has a gun yep. with a freaking sniper rifle pointed at Alfred's head, right? Yeah. Who's the third guy that threw the bird through the window? I don't know. They threw it out of the helicopter. I don't know. Maybe the bird. I don't know. Maybe that was – yeah, still. But, well, before you get to there – That's a hell of a coincidence there that the bird would fly right where they're pointing at the – Before we get to that, though, Batman now has to fight through a bunch of the Penguin's goons, and I'm having I Am Suicide flashbacks of him going towards (laughs) Bane. And I know that's a callback. If Batman, all he had to do was say, I'm going to break your damn back and I would have lost it. But yeah, this is where it starts now as we're going last issue. You know, I guess Tom King wanted to take a little time off and ended up having a old Russian Russian folklore. Yeah, fairy tale there that he didn't write. Now he's got to have just pure Shakespeare quotes. I'm like, really? Are are you not getting paid by the word? Or Look, we got to have a lot of pages in there to fill out the book because that yeah, don't mean anything. Now is. we got to have and, some and, Shakespeare you know, you have there. That yeah, let's get Shakespeare. As Alfred goes, he has the dot from a uh, you Tell know the sniper the rifle deal. Well, I got to make people his, be yeah. inspired by something that you know is poetic to some degree. So what can I take? Yeah, so as this is going on, you have these guys in a helicopter. They are going to shoot Alfred. That's where Batman finally makes it to Penguin, who's the one just sitting there quoting Shakespeare. He's, you know, passing some time. And that's where Batman does say, I know about. Now, is that I know about Bane? Is it I know about Penny? We'll never know. I think it's I I know know about the murders that, like, you know, like Mr. Freeze got pinned on before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, It's just a weird deal. But he's like, report. And that's where he's like, wait a minute batman and they're like we got him in our sights there you know pen penguin penny Pengi. and he's like oh yeah call it off but you know what shoot the pilot and shoot yourself and they do and i, why? I don't know where he why? got these goons i'm like what I'm like bang bang boss i think yeah. we're dead now <laughs> yeah i i'm telling you me and you are in that helicopter and i'm like well okay i'll give you the wink bang bang Okay, Uh, boss, Eric's dead. Now for me. Bang, bang. I'm dead. But the the problem I have with this is what happens to the helicopter? I think it smashes right in the Wayne Manor. It's it's hanging out. I'm telling you, Alfred's dead anyway. Even so, the worst or the least bit is this helicopter crashes on Wayne Manor grounds and now Alfred's got to go clean up. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, really? I got to get a better job. I'm telling this you, I, I wanted to stop now and like, hold on, Batman. I know you just heard me sentence two guys to their death and you heard them die. Yeah. I got to call up this third guy I have out there who threw a window through yeah. uh, a <laughs> no. Wayne's window. He, he's allowed. He's He's got a good arm. He's got need for him <laughs> later. He's like, uh, we got him yeah. on the Cobblepot softball team. And Batman's like, by the way, can you get, put a hit out on Campbell as well, that asshole? But so basically, like you said, Batman is there grimacing. But yet he just witnessed that the penguin had ordered 
two guys to kill themselves. He's Is it fine okay with it because, because they were dumb enough we, to do it? No, we'll never see anything from it. And then I, I really want to see where we're going to see the wreckage of this this stupid helicopter because this is another wow moment. The wow moment is, oh, my God, look at how great Penguin is. He told two guys to kill themselves, and they did. He is that diabolical. Does not make, it does not make the Penguin great. It makes those guys really, really stupid. <laughs> and so, yeah, where, where's the wreckage? Please, Batman, sit down. We have much to discuss. Yeah, we do. First off, the across the table just starts beating him to die. the face right there yeah yeah it's just ridiculous it's so basically and then batman's like thank god somebody else killed somebody more than me because i killed somebody the last issue now you penguin is one of my favorite batman villains because of how unassuming he is so and when he becomes a threat i really love the aspect of whether you're going to go classic you know umbrella gun or if he's just gonna be a mafioso kind of guy i really like the penguin i got excited at the idea of this i would have actually liked to have seen the penguin falling in love with Penny Cobblepot. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the problem is the biggest problem here is that Tom King will grab a character. And the only thing that I, I'll just go the last, the last arc, KG Beast and Penguin. We'll go with those together. You haven't seen KG Beast in a while. We haven't seen Penguin in a while, especially in a Batman book. So when he grabs these characters, instead of developing them, he goes to the lowest common denominator of a father being shot by him and now a wife being killed by Bane. That's how he grabs you in. He'll never develop the character. He'll never push a character forward. What he wants you to do is feel sorry for everybody that enters this book and the only way he can do it is have somebody die it happens all the time well i realized every single story i think i said this at the beginning of the review but i realized at this issue that we are just working backwards tom king had that big you know ensemble cast at the end of batman number 50 show oh my god there's some real threat going on with bane here he's behind all of this stuff and now he has to work to try to make that make sense whether it makes sense or not he has to get to that point in my review i said so many things to get there I said I'm so worried that he's more, you know, concerned with making it fit than actually telling a good story. But just think, think about all of the people who ended up in his book. You had Gotham Girl, who was a big thing. You had to have her brother die. There you go. You don't develop yeah. that. Then you have. I'm, I'm going with. Yeah, Bane. He already had set up a retold kind of Bane's deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the juxtaposition of him and Bruce Wayne growing up. But just think of the other things, like say a. Oh, kite then we man. start. We start Sun the whole I am Bane out with freaking yeah. you know him. With- Hanging the three Robins in the back cave. Yeah. Yeah, and you have Swamp Things show up in the Brave and the Mold that everybody loved. You had to have Swamp Things' dad die. You, you end up with Fuck, every- we started I Am Suicide. We have Catwoman who has killed 237 goddamn yeah, people. Yeah, I'm just saying just individual people always, he always has to make it that you have to have feels for them, but he doesn't set it up. So all the characters are based off of you feeling bad about something that happened. You have oh, KG poor Beast. Kite, man. Yeah, you had KG Beast, and he ends up killing his dad because his dad was abusive when he grew up. It's always the same. You Kite have man's all, son died, it Jim. Just you got to feel bad. I already said that. I said I know, it twice. You feel bad. It, no, I don't. And instead of <laughs> instead of Penguin showing up, he thinks that it's almost like the idea of when you see hear about somebody in a movie or whatever they they write a movie script, and yet you want to have a villain, so he goes out, kicks a dog, and slaps a baby. That that is what people that do when news. you're a hack. There's no 
reason that every time somebody shows up, it has to be something that is, you know, oh man, who's his wife died. And really doesn't it, we didn't know she was married and doesn't even set that up. No. So it's just, it just bullshit. shows up and we're just told about it after the fact. Again, and we don't I, ended up, after I ended up issue. giving this a higher score than some of the other scores I've given because he is trying to tie some things no, in. I, and I, at least I we agree. have that. But. I like that aspect of the story. Where we're finally getting back to what happened yeah. at the end of Batman number 50. I appreciate that. Not only that, but what happened with the jury thing as well with Mr. Freeze yeah. and these killed women. And, I and, appreciate yeah. that, but and it's not it's a good just issue. Nothing. It's nothing there. And I see people who are, are reviewing it and their whole thing about reviewing it is, you know, I've been down on this Batman book, but this really restores my confidence. I go back and look at their reviews. Oh, please. They just didn't like last issue because supposedly he would have killed Bane. Yeah. Every other oh, are KGBs. tens. Yeah, K- uh, yeah, KGBs. They, the whole deal is they, it's just nonsense. It's complete and every nonsense. Every review that they had before that was 10 tens. or 9 out of 10. Tens, 9s, 8s, and, and their whole deal of – Two weeks is a long time for people. Uh, no, and all, here's the thing where I lost confidence last issue. They're losing confidence as an 8. It's just nonsense. This book is just, he has nothing to say. And so when he gets to these things, he has to throw in Shakespeare. And then also, well, I don't really want to develop Penguin at all. I'll just have somebody die that he loves. And you won't even know who it is. It's just stupid. But I gave it a six eight. I do like uh, Michael Yannon's art. The problem I like is the art I'm kind of getting bored with his art on this book. I want him to be on something else other than this Batman that drives me nuts. I want to love his art in a book that I love. But yeah, and really, this whole thing. You know, we're we're preaching to the choir, but we're also yelling at the other choir because this, it seems I that this choirs. book is either you love it or you don't, and nothing's going to ever change anybody's mind, it no. seems, but we'll see. But yeah, what would you give it? I really like the art, and I appreciated that we're doing those callbacks to those other loose ends that we left Batman with before back in Batman number 50 and with the jury duty issues, but uh, I'm going to give it a 5.1 out of 10 yeah, because of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. I, I don't know. There's a bunch of tents still and stuff. Of like course that. there are. Yeah, it's just, I don't understand. I, I just don't. People just it, because they see the penguin you using come over an there umbrella. And give you a back rub, cheerio. They, they no, they have a they have the penguin using an umbrella, sure. and that people are just like dancing. I'm telling, I love glee seeing in the that. Streets. It doesn't do much for me here. Penguins no, plasma. I just don't understand. Here's the deal. I he everything has to be so forced. You could just have the penguin show up uh, but yet you have to throw in this misery that you're always he's a merchant of misery this guy that's <laughs> all he deals in somebody deal him another hand seriously cheer him up uh, you, you want cheer me, me up. you want to come over and hug me go and hug him no, uh, you know sweaty. somebody give him a wig Something, something's bothering America. Adventures of Super Sun number four is next. All right. Written by Peter J. Tomasi, art team Carlo Barbary, Art Thibbert, Matt Santarelli, Fo- Proto Bunker, and Rob Lee. Proto this maxi Bunker. series is starting to remind me of the main series it spawned out of. I love John and Damien, and we'll read pretty much any book they're in. This needs to pick up the pace real quick. A little we bit. We do get and John back is- in one piece oh, yeah. for some reason. And then, and, 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 okay, cliffhanger. 
that makes a, the both For of the some uh, reason. super that was sons, the worst the part about sons. this issue. Yeah, and, and uh, the super sons by the end, the grown up versions, they they better get on my diet. They both look fat. <laughs> I don't know what's going Actually, on with them. Is, I thought that Damien looked wide, but John looked like he had a hell of a gut to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks like they're overeating or something. But yeah, you have this idea where we we've kind of been treading, you know, we've been treading water for a bit with this, with this whole the well, gang. To a degree, and, we've been kind of been waiting to get to this whole thing that we. Told we were told that this you know maxi series is going to be about, but like you know showing us of these other worlds and these different things going on. And I was actually surprised for how much time we were spending with this the gang alone. And I actually am afraid that once we get away from it, it's going to be a bit of nonsense there in the beginning. To we actually round ourselves around with the gang and kind of finish. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have all these different things that they're going to go through now and end up coming back to the gang. But really, uh, it's just it's it's okay. This issue, the the biggest problem is you have a split John in the red and blue and it just gets resolved for no reason whatsoever except that it has to be resolved exactly it has to be resolved we're in some kind of magic house on some possibly alien planet i don't know what's going on with this yes the house of uh secrets and mysteries was it uh yeah i can't recall off the top of my head but uh yeah we 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 show up in there and it's resolved i'm like i hate magic i hate artificial kryptonite all this other stuff because pretty much it's licensed to do whatever you want and and i even even say like how did that happen he's like i don't know that thing that touched me all right there you go you know, when when kids get touched, the magic happens. But yeah, oh you, you start off there where you do see that Rex has the hypercube. That's what he wanted all along. That kind of seemed out of nowhere, actually. But you go well, even and that, you when have, he talks about how he got, you know, he heard from Manchester Black. Like, yeah. what, did he fucking moo at you? Yeah, yeah, really. So you're going with that. And, and that's the issue is. You, you got to go with the whatever continuity because that's his continuity. Peter J. Yeah. Tomasi was the one who did that. So it's very odd. But he has the hypercube. So you, you kind of leave them and you go back to Space Cabbie uh, riding JJ, kind of Joker Jr. there with uh, Damien and the two Super Sons. You have them throwing and up. And it's gross. The, the blue one, one it is. That blue it's one okay. is just vomiting. Yeah, know he's vomiting. Closer. I just think he's vomiting ice. It looked like the I, way I don't know what he's up, vomiting. Not, I just like know. Dripping. That he's vomiting it's everywhere. It's like the Snoopy snow cone machine. That's well, all no, it no. is. If it's Snoopy snow cone machine, that's one thing. In my mind, this is just blue Kryptonian just, vomit. And for some reason, it bothered me that Space Cabby took so long to wipe it off his own face. I don't know why Space Cabby has it in his face. All the rest of them have nothing on them. And John is nowhere near him. It's very <laughs> odd. But yeah, it's kind of so a funny scene. So you're telling me he scene. went out of his way, scoops him up. Yeah, I love this shit. I'm it. Space Cabby. Yeah, why, wiped why this vomit all over my face. Why do you think it's still there? He didn't want to wipe it off. He just wiped it off. <laughs> because he felt bad afterwards. Little yeah, boy vomits a delicacy out here in space. It's issue four, and we're getting a lot of recap with uh, JJ saying, you know, Rex, he's bad, but he's a genius, and he's going to do this and that. the whole idea that their civilization like, watches yeah, we, heroes we and Earthbids. Yeah. I mean, even at one point, Tomasi even kind of makes a joke at himself with like, hey, once we got this space cabbie, that's me, boys! <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it, but yeah, Wipe they're going that shit and shit off your face, space. Oh, I still got it there, but uh, you know, the the big to do is that John is separated, so they're trying to figure it out. But then they kind of go off I course. They really kind of like go the whole idea the though that now that they're not fighting, there's this whole wholesome aspect that they're both like, you know, Red John is inspiring Blue John to feel better, yeah. and Damien's just sickened by the wholesome nature yeah, of but it all. It, but here's the thing, though, they say that. But then it doesn't make sense because they're both sick a panel later. 
At one point, you had Red John saying, oh, you know what? Blue John's taking this all. Oh, man. Look at how great a hero he is. Damien's like, you guys inspiring each other. This is ridiculous. And then a panel later, that doesn't make sense because now they're both sick. And I thought that that was a little off. I thought that what was going to happen is we were going to keep going down that the blue was going to die. And then we'd have to figure it out. He's got some vomiting-like sympathy going on here. (laughs) Yeah, it's stupid. It's like he forgot what he was writing then. Then you get they crash land on this planet and they're like, okay, we're gonna fix Cabby and JJ are gonna fix the you know the cab. And that's there was a crashed. bit there when they're like bebopping along, like you know, like you know, doing these transwarp kind of like jumps throughout yeah. space and time, possibly. I don't know. But when you see Lobo almost get hit by Space Cabby, and then Guy got him like for a second, I'm like, ooh, are we gonna have those in the book? No, they were just there no, for a panel. No. And and also just a side deal is kind of was said in the beginning. That Blue John, he was just throwing up because of car sickness, space yep. cabbie sickness. But then it ends up being more than that, it seems. But they, they end up crashing then. And there's the, you know, the mysterious house, the house of mystery there. And I thought, okay, there we go. They're going to go up there. They do. And it's just a weird scene. They walk it's up. It's odd. Damien and both Johns while JJ and Cabby are fixing stuff. And they turn around. Let's wave to them. Hey guys! Oh, they're not waving back. back. I wonder what. Just really odd. Why? Why wouldn't he wave back? It didn't make sense. (laughs) But then they get pulled into the house. The whole thing when you when you go to Joker Jr. You're like, oh, can you see him? No, they're too far away now. Too bad for you. Where he throws Cabby to the engine of the of the cab. The thing is, and then drives away. You would think you'd wave back. Dead now. You would wave back. There's no reason for JJ not to wave back because that points out something's wrong. And there. No, there's a good thing. There's a good chance that those three are going to go back then and say, hey, what's wrong? Why can't you see us? It, it was weird. Uh, it was just to be kind of a, a foreshadowing for three panels later that he's gone bad. But they go in, they get sucked never into the house by a tentacle. I'm not going to. And then you get, you, you, pun, you have Whatever, JJ, JJ kick Cabby in, and he's just like, eh, they'll figure out their own thing. We'll go. And it just really. Space that, Cabby is dead now in my mind because being thrown it, in the no, engine. No, he's not. The, the whole thing is, is there's no reason for them to be in the book. And Tomasi's going to get them out any way he can. So they end up doing this. We, we probably won't see JJ because as we know this series, John and Damien are just going to go through a weird multiverse now and go through these different planets. There is nothing for JJ to do. There's nothing for space. that They're done. So they just leave. And it's just ridiculous. He, he gets well, put I thought in the it, trunk. This is, I'm sorry, we're at issue four of Super Sons right now out of the 12 issues. And going this far, I don't know how much of these other worlds we're going to see or if we're going to be going back and forth with the gang uh, or JJ right, well, and other things while it's going on. When they announced this book, I believe there was at least four or five of these planets mentioned by name and right. what they were going to be. So we'll, we'll see all that is. But yeah, John ends up okay. And Damien's like, hey, you know, how did that happen? He's like, I don't know. Some, you know, that thing got me. I guess that's what it did. And he's like, well, okay. Can you see what's going on? And that's the house, the house of secret mysteries they're in. That's what it was, yes. Yeah. And they, they then they have to fight off. What appears to be the Draculas or the Man Bats, whatever. I would say that they're they are the thing from the Adams family that's been bit yeah, by a werewolf a because they're just arms like of like but, monsters coming but out. Where do they go? And nothing happens from it. It just happens, and they go off, and that's where they end. We end the issue with, "Hey guys, what's going on? Sorry to scare you, boys. And what are you two supposed to be?" And it's an older John and Damien, and then John looks fat as hell. Oh Superman John looks fat. Damien. 
he's like does a look fifty big, but he strong looks... man or a or a mm. guy who catches cannonballs with a stomach. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy, and he <laughs> already is graying too. He's, he's had a tough. I don't know if that's life. gray or if it's just a oh, bad it looks lighting, gray but... to me. Yeah, it but does they're look like, gray. oh man, I didn't see that coming, and I'm like, neither did I, because this is such a disjointed issue. And well, really, the thing is, we all... don't know anything about the house of secret mysteries right now, so this could just be a hallucination. Yeah, I just think it's going to be like, oh, we're going to have to fix this, and this is going to be the portal of where we go to the different things. Turns I, I just, out they've we'll been trapped see. here this but long this is and the in problem other is reality of time. You end up with this, and this is the same as when we started and ended. Each issue seems to end with something exciting, and then we take eight steps backwards again. This this series is starting to trudge along, and I'm not this issue I did not like. I, no. I thought that there was too much catch-up. We didn't do anything. We end John getting together because he has to. Yeah, we end up with We end up with JJ and Cabby out because they have to, because there's nothing for them to do. And then we do this. And now you meet an older John and Damien. I'm like, well, what, what is the – this is the problem is where the original Super Sons book, my biggest problem is never really – we said you never really got to settle into a story. You had right. these disjointed stories all around. This is starting to be like that. I, I don't know why or how that this is – You know, I just – I'm not into it anymore. Uh, but yeah, and because of that, I'm giving it a six. I like the art a lot, but this story, oh, I really enjoy no- the art too. nothing happens in this issue. Nothing at all, except John being put back together. That is all that happens. And well, this I might just, be the catalyst for us to get to these different worlds or something like that. Maybe if you well, like it. It has it's to like, be, but why like can't we do that two. in one of the issues? We're a quarter of the way through and nothing has happened. They've run into the gang and now they've gone off and they have to defeat the gang. We've had so four issues I really issues enjoyed the this. gang being introduced and all that throughout the issues. Yeah, but but we it didn't result in anything yet. It's all hanging there. Well, it seems and to be this whole nothing. like the, the the whole idea that's going to be the plot running through that they're going to have to stop the gang at some point. Well, the problem will be is just they're going to go at the end. But even that, well, Rex says eh, we didn't need them. I got what I wanted. Yeah. So really, the only thing that happens is JJ said, "Oh, you got to stop them. You're the only ones." I guarantee you, we don't see much of that until like issue ten or eleven. Because they have to go through all these worlds to get to them and stuff like right. that. And the hypercube is probably going to be him, you know, Rex. Oh, I'll send you here. And it just that nothing happens in this issue. And it, it it's starting to get to me. But yeah, what would you give it? I'd give this issue a 6.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art and I had myself some fun. And it was just a nice issue just to read because a lot of these things have been so disjointed that I've read this I week. I thought this that, was even more disjointed. This, uh, this know, is probably was, the we most We went from disjointed. one place and we went to the other and a through story kind of thing. We went inside. Yeah, the idea that John is put back together when we entered the House no, of Secret I Mysteries, mean, that was here, disappointing. In but my mind, you, you start out. Superboy growing up, I, well, I started laughing. You start out the issue by finding out that the first three issues really didn't mean anything. That the, that Rex had nothing that he wanted to do with the Super Sons. He was going to the Hypercube. So that yeah. pretty much throws all the three three issues out the door and all the interaction with them. Then you well, get he wanted to John, take out the super sons, but he'll take yeah, his he consolation he really prize to the hypercube. He's just like, eh, I didn't really have to. He said, I, I had plenty of time and I really wasn't interested he plans in on taking out anyway. all the heroes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's going to take them all out. And he's like, well, capturing Robert and Superboy was a happy side effect. Let's remember what it was really about, the Hypercube. So they accidentally ran into the Super Sons. So really all that was nonsense to me. And then you have JJ, who ends up spending half the issue convincing everyone that he's a good guy, which was a reiteration of last issue anyway. 
And then he just ends up pushing Cabby into the know. trunk that was and just going at the off. End where he, he just showed up on the space Cabby thing and said, "Hey, come yeah, on!" But he, he repeated it. Yeah, he said that we already saw that he was telling them all that stuff about how Rex was bad and how he how they grew up and the the planet. He was the one who told us that the last issue, and then he got ago, shot out. Well, still he's repeating the same things that he has just to uh-huh. go bad. Space Cabby's out of the book, I, I'm sure now. <laughs> and then we dead. go into John getting fused together for no reason whatsoever and then at the end you have yeah that was the most disappointing part for me like this is it doesn't it there's no narrative going on here it's just shit thrown at us and i just i'm almost had enough of it but yeah and and also batman has still pissed me off so i'm just gonna be miserable for for all these but no this this week sucked this was a shitty week week of books it really sucked and i'm getting sick of this stuff i'm getting sick of having to talk about this garbage or as the French say, les garbage, Eric. Les garbage. Here later. I mean, and you, you think that these books are bad. Wait till the last section of books. <laughs> then shit really hits the fan. This is nonsense. I'm really getting upset. And I, I hate to think that people are listening and like, man, I'm not going to listen to them because they don't like the books I like. But if you like these books, then go off somewhere else anyway. Good riddance, Eric. And I don't know. I'm not saying I, that. I, I love to talk about this stuff. But it just gets me angry because I really do want to love it, and I don't. And it just well, if you don't love it, just have some fun with it. I'm not having fun. This isn't fun. It's not fun. I mean, I'm telling you, that Batman. You make those jokes. I was about to come over and slice your throat. I I don't want to even extend talking about that. (laughs) I don't. I'm not going to make fun. I'm not going to have fun when somebody else was paid to write fucking a hundred issues, and this is what he's giving us. He has no right for us to have fun. I'm going to be miserable, and I'm going to call it out. I don't even want to joke at all during that garbage. It's like Heroes in Crisis, too. I don't know what Tom King's doing. Wait till Mr. Miracle next week. I can lose my Ooh, mind. Wait. Yeah, but right now we're going to go off to uh, – what are we going off now? Some mail? mail? Is that what we do now? I believe I so. I've lost it. Mail. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about Beardbrand.com. And Beardbrand.com is basically the Get Fresh crew of beards. Beep, boop. Sure, they have some really great grooming products, but they have so much more. They're actually just as interested in passing on their grooming knowledge and creating a welcoming and educated following than they are of just pushing things. Their mission is to foster confidence through grooming, and that goes well beyond just beards. Uh, it's your skin, hair, your body, and overall confidence you gain looking good. Uh, basically, they want to help you be a better you. Now, what really struck me as different with Beard Brand is they are such a positive company who really just wants to help you become a better you. I talked to a bunch of guys from the company, and they really stress this positivity and really stress this education. Not once did they say, okay, you're going to push this product, you're going to do this. They really are there to just try to help people. And yeah, then you kind of get in the fold and things like that. But really, they just are really interested in helping people gain more confidence through better grooming. And with that, if you go over to BeardBrand.com, you will see that they have blog articles. You can get on email lists. They also have an 
Instagram where you can go and see their style inspirations and a huge YouTube channel with over 900,000 subscribers where you can just look up Beard Brand YouTube and you'll go there and see a bunch of videos. Uh, So this is why we have the ad. And here's the gist of the ad here. They just want you to go over to beardbrand.com slash weird to see what style best fits you. And when you go, you'll take a quick quiz and it'll tell you what type of beard you are. I took the quiz and I got three styles and you guys, you know, kind of know me and you can kind of guess which style I think is accurate because I think they nailed me. Uh, You got corporate beard, sideburns and scruff. And yeah, scruff is probably what I am most of the time. But yeah, go and take the quiz, see what type of beard you are and what type of style you are, and then head in and check out some of the products. And you can check out their products for beard, hair, skin. They have oils, soaps, shampoos, and conditioners. And I actually use the Spice Citrus Utility Bar, the soap bar, every day when I shower. And it really, really smells good. The Spice Citrus scent is really good good i'm actually kind of addicted to having that smell on me now and eric even said the one day and this is no lie i went in and he asked if i was wearing some sort of different thing because i actually smelt good unlike what i usually did and hey that's where you get your confidence when your co-worker says you know what you're smelling nice and the products work with your body's natural chemistry and i suggest also to try out the old money scent which is really good it's such a cool sounding scent It smells really good. And where I can tell that these things are, you know, pretty good is that we did get a pack from them to try out the products so I could talk about them. And Zach and Tanya both stole pretty much everything from me but that utility bar. Tanya got the shampoos and the conditioner and she loves it. Zach just stole everything else and he he uses it. Now he is growing a beard just because we have the beard product. So I told him to go over to YouTube, check out thebeardbrand.com and check out all of the info that they have. So again, go over to beardbrand.com slash weird. Take the quiz and keep on growing. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. And it's mail with Eric as well. Oh. How are you doing, Eric? How are you Man, doing? How up. was your week? <sighs> yes, if this. you guys want to be involved in the mail, you can mail us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and you'll be the star of the show. Uh, just like Ray Ray, who ended Ooh. up emailing us and says, Jim and Eric, I sat down with Story up, to write you guys, and we both want to thank you. I oh. jumped on to comics during Rebirth, and you guys have been one of the only podcasts I listen to for honest comic reviews, awesome. but also to listen to good people. 
<laughs> I thought he listened to us. I cannot think of a podcast that puts out lengthy and great content uh, than you guys, and that is why I became a Patreon. You guys also oh, have you. been interactive with your community and let me write for the site, which we do. Yeah. So myself and Stormy, he writes Scarlet. I don't know if that's supposed to be good or not. <laughs> I mean, really. I'm so sorry, that's, Ray Ray. There's a monkey, Paul, if you ever had one. So myself and Stormy, thank you, and look forward to more episodes. I say that you better be cooking for Stormy every night, is what I say, Eric. Can they there. ever finish those cooking? Classes? I, 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 who knows? I, he, Ray, he's not cooking. He ain't cooking for nobody. <laughs> but but no, no, I, I see, cooking. this is what I need. I need Ray to get me uh, happy. But he does say that is from Ray, Ray and Stormy. And then, P.S. Stormy sometimes or says to keep the wrong turn coming. He makes her smile when work pisses her off. So, yes, you, you that's funny go, because he usually makes me pissed off at yeah, work. At work. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Eric, did you leave your nuts at home? Hey, the you want to hear something? Because Ray, Ray and Stormy always make me smile. Uh, just like Wrong Turn makes Stormy smile. I actually smile. really like the idea. It's like, you know, oh, Ray Ray's sitting down to write a letter here and I had to make sure Stormy was there. I'm like, no, don't say that. Say this over here. Like, what, what's she doing over there? No, no. Stormy's like, she's writing a letter. Says, Ray, get over here. You have to get in as well. But uh, <laughs> would this be funny to you? You're, you're going to laugh at this because it, I forgot to say no, it not. earlier. Uh, I was at Aldi. I, I did my shopping by myself. And then I realized that I, I promised they, they don't have shit. Uh. I said to Tanya that I needed to get a, uh, I, or I told her I would get her a coffee. So okay. I had to go in the Wawa over there and I go in, it's right there. get a 20 ounce, a 20 ounce. I get in line. It's a guy in front of me. No, no interaction or anything. We got As to it the front of uh, the deal. And the guy says, <sighs> uh, this is for this stuff. And I got that 20 ounce there pointing to my coffee. Oh, you, you paid it forward. Now I, I looked, I'm like, I don't know what's going on with this. Well, that, and the he, guy you was know, probably about 65 years all, old. And then I'm I'm like, oh, thank you. I also want to pay for the drink of the cutie behind me. No, the guy said, you're too cute to pay for your own coffee. And I said, oh, my. I had no idea what to say. Did you tell him that he deserves better? No, he said this to the lady at taking the thing and to me. I just looked and shrugged, and she's like, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. She just looked at me. Now, I'm telling you, I am on this diet. I'm looking. I'm my sexiest self, I guess. I thought I was in heaven. So then, yeah. So the guy, now I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to get in the back seat of his car or something? I think, to pay off this I think that's how it works. No, the guy just walked away. Didn't say another word. That's all he said and walked away. I he got just the hell out of there. To, look, all he was looking for was you to compliment him back. He went back to his car and cried. No, no. He didn't even get in his car. He went over to get a sandwich or something that he was waiting for. I got the fuck out of there. I was so uh, discombobulated. <laughs> all of a sudden, you needed an adult. I, I was discombobulated. I got in the car, called up Tanya and go, wait till you hear this there, honey bunch. <laughs> hey, everybody else thinks attractive. I'm cute. <laughs> Take that, woman. Yeah, it really threw me off. And then I sat there and I'm driving. I'm like, that that should be a compliment, but I knew it was going to throw me off at least half of the day, if not the whole day. I, I'm talking about it now and it throws me off because Why? not, not on, the cutie. compliment. It's not the compliment that I'm a cutie pie because I'll say that I am a cutie pie. But uh, it's well, not just the idea else does. I know it threw you for a loop. The problem is I just didn't know how to react. That's what threw me off. I, I had no idea. I mean, really, I am a cutie. I'm like Darla. I'm a cutie pie, Eric, from the Little Rascals. That's me. Oh, oh my, Spanky. There you go. Isn't that how Darla talked? I remember the one episode when they were getting coffee and Spanky's like, I'll have that and I'll, I'll pay for that uh, the oh, cutie pie's one. Oh, my goodness, Spankies. I can't believe you think that. There you go. There was, there was Wasn't Darla. Wasn't Alfalfa doing that? 
No, no, no. <laughs> if I was singing the fucking songs or something. But yes, thank you, Ray. And Ray, thank Stormy, you, Pie. and that guy out there, if you're listening now, thank you for that coffee. It wasn't thank even for me. It was Tanya's. I said, you better, you know, like this coffee because I may end up, I don't know, somehow I'm going to have to work that off. Honestly, down the, the line. thing is, I actually think that's yours now, technically, because he bought it for the cutie pie behind him. Maybe he meant my wife. Now I you have don't to go know. back and get another coffee. It'd be funny. Two. I'm like, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, I meant the person behind you. Uh, oh, didn't see you, didn't uh, see you there, little guy. I meant the person uh, over there. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> it, it threw me off. Rick Mills is next, and he's oh. going to talk about episode 97. See, I'm in a little better spirits now. I was called a cutie pie. It's, it's weird, too, <laughs> of my age to be called cutie a cutie pie. pie. Cutie pie. Uh, Rick Mills says... Gentlemen, I hope you had a great week. Good no. evening, gentlemen. Jim, I finally picked up Aquaman the Trench. Not Aquaman Trench Mouth. That's a whole different story that you don't want to get involved with there. Aquaman the Trench. It was really good. I appreciated how throughout the series, not only was it pointed out how little people actually know about Aquaman, but how upset he was. <laughs> Does he mean like dwarves? He was so misunderstood. No, they just ended up that, you know, hey, I thought you, it was like, you, you know, don't... little people know about Aquaman. No, no. you, you oh. Yeah, that's it. The little people, they're a fellow that. I know all Atlantis. about Aquaman. Oh, man. Go to Atlantis. That's the place we's going to be. Oh, no, it's the Deluge. Oh, no. Where's the Lollipop Guild? <laughs> they ain't going to like this. He loves how little people know about Aquaman. He did love that. He, he He's there and he's like, hey, hey, there, little person. Yeah, you know what? What do you want there? <laughs> Uh, what do you, do you know who Aquaman is? Yeah, that's the Oscar He talks to fishes. <laughs> he talks to the fishes. There you go. He's right. They do know about it. I didn't realize that they were so learned of the Aquamans. Why wouldn't hey, they be? Hey, little people, what, tell me about Superman. I don't know what you're talking about. There you go. They don't know Superman, the little people. <laughs> That's weird. I, I don't know that Rick Mills realizes how hateful he's being in this <laughs> I think that Aquaman is slowly becoming a superhero I actually like. That trench is great. And really, if you have a little person in your life, I suggest <laughs> it fully. Uh, I ordered the next volume, Aquaman Volume 2, Eric. What is Volume 2 called? And believe me, I'll give you a hint. And I'm going to groan when, when I say it. Throne of Atlantis? The Others. Oh, that's right. That was before <laughs> Throne of Atlantis. Little people don't like that. And look forward to hopefully Tall people don't either. My pick of the week is Detective Comics number 944. The victim syndicate make themselves known to Batman at a police gala. We get a chance to see their powers, and some of their powers seem a little odd or overpowered. Their best power was the power to disappear out of nowhere and never be can't resolved. Wait to find out. Rick Mills, I bet you can't wait to find out who that first victim is. Yeah, huh? you want to hear who that first Keep victim waiting. is? You're never going to find out that. What do you think? Little Thank you, little person. <laughs> little person over here. That's just the name of the character now. <laughs> little person. Hey, little person. What is he going to like about it? Is he going to like the clay face? No, he's not. He's going to hate the clay face. Why is he so far away now? Did you catch because him leaving he, the room? No, no that's – well, really, I, I hate to say it, but I, did, I tossed him. I tossed him over there, you son of a bitch! That's not what you should do. You broke my little legs. <laughs> oh yes! Thank God we have mail on this podcast. I'm gonna tell the lollipop guild on you, you son of a bitch! 
Oh shit, I've seen them. You don't want to mess with them, Jim. No, they, they really, they have twitches and ticks. I I, like they it. really scare me. There are a few issues with the plot. Oh, Ricky's still going on. <laughs> the art is phenomenal, and I think it will lead to a great story arc. That's what you think, Rick Mouse. You're wrong. Thank you, little person. Now shut up, please. I mean, we have a podcast to do. Just be quiet. Yeah, up yours. I'm going to go off and I'm going to pose for, for a bowling statue. A bowling statue? Uh, yeah, because that's what little people do, Eric. They pose oh, for bowling statues. I was statues. not aware. No, because they're little people on the bowling statues. Uh, oh, God. I don't even like the bowlings. I didn't ask. Of course not. They never person. have shoes get, your size. Get the hell out of here, bowling uh, bowling person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, what uh, happened there? What happened to this podcast? <laughs> Two hundred episodes. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, that did. I told you it's gonna. We're gonna get back to the basics uh, with episode two hundred one. We we didn't realize that was affecting all the little people in the world. See, that's the problem is they want to be called little people. That's what happened. See you in seven. You tell me, Thank I'm you, a little Rick. person, right? You, you always uh, say yeah. that. Now, now how tall are you? How tall? How what, tall me or the little yes. person? I'm no, five you. eight. I'm 5'8". Five five eight. Eight. I did that. look up the American male average is 5'9". Yeah, I'm not that short. You're I'm below average, so I'm saying. Yeah, below. A little bit. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> that 3'9". Shut your mouth! He's 3'9". You hear me all the way back there with He's little broke legs. He's 3'9", Eric. You're yelling at me. 5'8". I wish I was 5'8", you jackass! There you go. Little person. I don't know why he just sits there. You can come over. Hear me. You can come over to the mic. He's got little. He's got little broke legs now. You can come over to the mic, little person. You're allowed. I can't reach it. You know it, you jerk. He's so he's angry mad at me. for being so little. <laughs> you never heard of the angry dwarf. I mean, then they're all angry, Eric, but he's a little person. Oh, not God. A dwarf. We're not allowed to say that. We're not allowed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> How did we get sponsored <laughs> on this piece of shit podcast? I'll never know. Well, uh, it's never going to happen again now. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta gather my thoughts. <laughs> Do we have more mail in this section? See you in seven, he says. The next oh. mail is Walt Gator. Uh, okay, that, uh, we're gonna end up. We we always end up pissing everyone off with these like intros into things. When are we gonna start pissing off the people mailing? <laughs> Maybe we have. Walt Gator says, welcome up, Jim Shea and Eric Werner <laughs> and the fabulous peeps in the Get Fresh I think crew. Boop boop. Beep. Boop. Now that Halloween is over, let's move along to the next big holiday, Christmas. I'm not going to mention elves, Eric. I will not what do about that. Thanksgiving? No, you know, I love Thanksgiving. Although so some might call a day in late November a holiday. I do. One where we all get together and it can bring the worst out of us all. That's no, right. I don't do Black that. Friday, Eric. <laughs> Much better than that dried chicken holiday. Hoping to squat. I don't know what we might have. Dried chicken holiday. Yeah, dry you chicken. You eat turkey pieces. and it's moist as hell. Hey. You gotta find somebody better to cook. What you call me? You call me a turkey? Hoping <laughs> to down. score a nice tablet, <laughs> though. Wait, that's not a turkey. <laughs> I think we're that's very confused how about how goes, things right? are. Isn't that a turkey? That, that's how. Gobble, 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 gobble. We're not doing I, this. <laughs> since I switched from an Android to iPhone last year, I lost my favorite app, Showbox, Eric. You you were aware of the Showbox. Show At one box. point, wrong turn at Showbox. It's kind of like, a, you know, you can watch the movies and oh, stuff okay. on there. 
You watched that little? Oh, he left there. Yes, the iPhone. I don't he know where he went. On the stairs. I don't, oh no, he's under the desk, Eric. Oh god, what, what, what are you doing there? What are you doing, there, little Cutie person? Pie. I don't know what he's doing. He just tapped his foot three times. Since I switched from from an Android to iPhone, he lost Showbox. Yes, the iPhone does not have an app like that called Movie Box, but for some reason, I could not broadcast it on my TV. This week's books, two I enjoyed very much. He wants to be the pirates, Eric. He's going to have the iPad. Just like you. This week's books to uh, I, I didn't know they made very a, much Apple over the made rest one. of one. Yeah. Now this is the, the first Apple eye patch. Yeah, the it? Apple eye like patch. It? Yeah. Huh? Uh, that's huh? okay. That's okay. I gotta wear an I eye don't. patch, but I don't like buying Apple you hear products. That little little person, he said the Apple Ba-dum-ts. eye patch. He's an idiot. And that's all he's saying. Now, Eric, there you go. Now, this is the first week of the month, so it's the week Batman comes out. Surprisingly, that was one of the books that I enjoyed. Although I've been tricked by King before by giving me an enjoyable first issue, but the overall story arc falls flat. A lot of people say that. I'm glad that I just hate it all. I never get my hopes up. The other book that I truly enjoyed was Super Sons. Oh, no. Here we go. Well, okay. He's not going to – Tony's not going to like what he just heard. He's the, you know, <laughs> little did we know that was not his section. Tomasi does it again by that being my book of the week. And it's funny. Mine it too. still might be mine. It's mine. Yeah, you're six eight. Yep. Now that's spoilers, man. Now here comes the book that was. Eh, I feel like I'm in the minority. People did not enjoy this book. It is Green Lantern issue number one. The Green Lantern. I thought it, I was a Green Lantern fan because overall I enjoy Green Lantern and how Jordan the Green Lanterns and all that. Uh, the thing is, I said right away when I read this Grant Morrison the Green uh, Lantern. If anybody had jumped on a rebirth. And thought they were going to get anything like how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps or Green Lanterns. You're not. And I, I know that some can say, yeah, because this, this, you know, Grant Morrison knows how to write. But even so, it's definitely not a – the other things – I'm Rebirth, like I think what happened – I people. think with Rebirth, though, I think where they meant to say like the uh, the hope and dreams were back, it was, it was more the generic storytelling that anybody could follow. And I'm not throwing shade at anybody because I was right I with it on some of these. Uh, Batman started out and we liked it at the oh, beginning yeah. because it was very easy to access – Things just haven't evolved. No, no, you tell me that. I think that Batman Rebirth number one was one of the hardest issues to No, I'm to not access. saying that. I'm saying I'm the saying, first yeah. arcs. And it's nothing's really changed. We're getting generic stories to me throughout all these books. Grant Morrison does not tell a generic story. Whether you like it or not, it's beside the point, but he's not generic. Or maybe I thought I was not a Grant Morrison fan, but I recently read Batman and Robin from 2009. I enjoyed that first book. I loved it. But since I started reading comics with Rebirth, I felt pretty lost reading this issue. Really wish Morrison explained a bit more, but maybe he will do that in the next issue. Don't count it. Do not count it. I told you. (laughs) I said right away, the first read through that I went really quick, I said, the people who think that Grant Morrison is going to kind of cater to what they already know in Rebirth and kind of cater to the whims of the reader are way off. Grant Morrison doesn't care. He's going to tell his story, whether you like it or not. He really, and it's, it's cool that he's at the point in his career that he can do that anyway. He, he could end up, he could have killed Hal Jordan in this first <laughs> issue and probably would have laughed till the well, end of time. He killed Maxim Tox, Jim. Yeah, well, yeah. He also killed uh, Damien just because he was going off the book and didn't want anybody else to use Maxim him. Maxim Tox. Him back. Yeah, I know. TikTok. 
Now let's move on to the TikTok. next week. Who's excited for Plastic Man? Ooh, wait. <laughs> you there, Lou? Better question. Does anyone know what that comic is even about? Because I don't. I don't either. It's there Some super to secret cabal me. going on yeah, somewhere. Yeah, the cabal, right? Well, that's it, folks. Have a wonderful week. And remember, if you see a ginger mid- a midget, now we're, we're starting All up right. again. I didn't even notice. Quickly ask him for his gold before he runs away. Nah, he didn't have red hair. He has no. Hair. Walt Gator well, you see a monkey jacking off. Signing out. <laughs> yeah, go I, back to work. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> oh, yes. You realize that that's what happens with his girl. My girl. My his girl. His girl ends up. Uh, they don't have an alarm. They just have a monkey that jacks off. That's why Brian comes back from break. That's how they get him to come back from break. Guess it's time to go back to works. Yeah, he's on the diet I'm on. He comes up to me. He oh, comes he? up to me. He does and says, "I'm on your diet. Uh, what you have for uh, what you have for breakfast today? I had five. Uh, what was it? Five sa- five sandwiches for lunch. I had the five ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> That's not on the diet. Oh, well, I had uh, peanut butter fluff." And fluff sandwich. None of that's on Peanut butter's good for, good, for, good for you? Yeah, he goes, peanut butter's good for you. Not on the diet, buddy. Not, <laughs> Not on that the fluff. diet. No, Not that, that fluff. And I, I, he got so sad. And he looked at me and like almost like he gets so sad that his bottom lip, he makes the sad face with it. He, he's so over the top. And I said, listen. Don't get upset. I love peanut butter fluff sandwiches. And I don't even like peanut he butter. He came back I do from once to one day with that star crunch. Yeah, just walking away eating a Star Crunch. And, I, and then I said, well, I thought you were on the diet. I am. <laughs> you're not. You're, you're not nowhere near that diet. And then he goes, yeah, it's it's too hard. You just like realize everything he has else. no idea what protein is, right? No. He, More he carbs. No He's, yeah, he just looks at you. His friend. Uh, he also came up to me uh, yesterday twice. One time he came up and he said, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> Because I called my mom at break and she won't pick up my check at lunch. I'm like, you're going to punch somebody in the face because your mom <laughs> won't come. And I, why, why, why won't your mom come You should get- have convinced him to punch me in the face. Oh, I'm like, why? Yeah, that would have been great. I would have been right behind <laughs> with him. He, he says, I, I said, uh, why, why doesn't your mom come pick it up? Because she said she's working. Well, that's a good excuse. That bitch yeah. So off. he goes, yeah, but now we're going to have to do it after I'm done to work. And it takes so long and I get bored. Oh, oh you piece you're, of shit. you're actually going to have to go with her to cash your check? Oh, my. How is that? Also, I believe <laughs> that's the worst. I didn't even think about the whole deal. He doesn't have he's the only one in the whole place that doesn't go direct deposit. Yeah, I have a feeling it's because that check no, his is not father-in-law doesn't either. Yeah, well, I think that his. Ch- I think there's some funny business going on with there's that check. Definitely but- some funny business. So then he and comes it up just like, funny. It's like you want it to yeah. be. Yeah, so well, no, it's, kind of it's not funny. It's more fraud. But he comes <laughs> up later then, and we're about to leave. We leave a little bit earlier from people because we can't stand being there. So we say, and Show it's funny how we later. It's funny how we work that out, right? We just yeah. leave. We're like, yep, time to go. And uh, so he comes up to me and he's like, "That's it." I'm going to kill somebody. Oh, I'm shit. Like, oh, why are you going to kill somebody? Because I'm getting bored. I'm like, well, I'm out of here. And I went down I'm like, that's no reason to kill somebody. God, you I know can't wait you're for him right. I'm sorry. Like, that was quick. Roller coaster like, ride well, of emotions. It, is. it always is. But that's Walt Gator. He says, Walt Gator 93 signing out. 
And we're going to go off to, you know, probably us talking, you know, waxing poetic about how great these next two books are. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? You know, Nightwing and Green Arrow, Eric. They were the best ever. But we're going to go off to those right now. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Hey there, Eric. How you doing there, buddy boy? Hey, oh my there. What's going on there, pal? Pally pal. What's going on, chief? I don't Uh, know what you're doing to me right now. What's going on there? You know, my, I don't know. I, I have no idea. We, we have a bunch of books tonight. Not as many as usual. Now, we did mention, uh, obviously, we are back for the uh, episode 201 here. We're back on the attack, Eric. Uh, we're They've like listened for a team. while now. Yeah, I know. That's what I say. It wouldn't be like these are the first books that we're talking. But what I'm no. saying is, when, since I've talked about it so much, I do mm-hmm. want to mention here that uh, Weird. we used to have a lot of podcasts that had, say, 20-some books in it. We, we don't have that anymore. And tonight, we don't have a lot of books. Uh, and uh, that will probably lead to a shorter podcast. But I did tell you, uh, we were going down like what's going to be coming up in the yeah. next couple of weeks. There is a week coming up that we have legitimately, I think, what was it, 19 or 20 books? Something it's, like that. It's, I don't like it. It's, it's back. Like the end it's of November, school. beginning of December. I don't like that time. Old school time is what it is, Eric. And I know anything that you like, you like school so much. I mean, really, high school, the best eight years of your life is what you told me. (laughs) I'm no dummy there, buddy. But we have... Uh, I've been in high know. school eight years. I'm no yeah. dummy, Jim. Yeah, really. Is this the green section, even though there's only one green book? Because we used to put Nightwing into the green section as well. So can it be because a proper green section with no. only one green book? It can't be. So this All right, what we got to do is we got to go to the Patreon spotlight. We get the green lantern. We put this here instead okay. of Nightwing. Then we got a green yeah. section. We'll go over there. You and Reggie can we'll talk about there. it again while I fucking just go <laughs> home. I'll end up making a sandwich or whatever and when we were doing the patreon spotlight with that uh like i said reggie came back and said hey what were you making a sandwich i wasn't but i did reveal to you at one point (laughs) during that i was scavenging through a baked potato that's it still had a little meat on the bone eric just get that shoelaces now it was it was from that night but while that was going on, also I stayed just listening up to the skin the, and just licking I, it as oh, Reggie I was. and I talk yeah, about cream banner. That's what I was doing. <laughs> and monster. so and while that was going on, I also did not get up and leave because I was so enthralled with with your talk. Oh, why wouldn't uh, you? That I smelt my dinner that I had put on a slow cook that's downstairs burning. No, no, no. And also heard people talking in the room 
that my dinner was burning and they were not reacting to that. So I, I could have muted my mic and yelled down. They're never I actually moving was out. afraid they'd hurt themselves or something. I have a cast iron, cast iron pan uh, that I use, and I have a feeling Ethan would have like just grabbed it. And, <laughs> he would have been like the guy in, in Indiana Jones when he grabs the amulet out of the fire. Ah, next thing you know, he's going to be digging in the wrong place because of this, Eric. And I don't want Ethan digging in the wrong place. Right? No, that might be a good look for Ethan, though. Yeah, it might be. What, that look with those <laughs> round glasses? I'm telling you, when he picks up the poker, the red hot poker, and it's off of his face, he looks awful there. Not as awful as when his face is melting at the end, though. That might be, that's that is not as sexy as self. And that's why a God gives you your sexy self. Because if that guy dies and you go to heaven and you look like he that, going to heaven. that's not much of heaven. Well, that is he true. So you're saying when he goes to hell, that would be the look. And if you go to hell, uh, this is why they should have said this right away. Don't go devil and, you know, nonsense on clouds. You die and you go to heaven as a good person. You're your sexiest self. If you go to hell, now you're your ugliest self. It's usually probably while you die. I would think that that's your ugliest self, right? I would think. I you know, know you well. You always shit your pants when you die. I hear. I hear you shit your pants. Now you're going to go through eternity with shit pants. And nobody wants that, right? It's like you're uh, eternally a baby. No one's going to change your diaper. No, well, no, you're a, you're an adult. And nobody's going to change your diaper. That makes Adults it worse. Don't shit their pants. Well, here's what happens: <laughs> is you shit your pants when you die. You go to hell. You have your shit pants, but they also don't tell you your arms get like T Rex arms then, and you can't reach your ass. So, so you the got book of nothing. Jim, everyone. It is. It is the book of Jim. It's it's in between the book of Leviticus and the book of Deuteronomy. It is where it's that like book saying lies. Deuteronomy. <laughs> that book lies there. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, it does say that if you accidentally crush your testicles, you and I think three generations of your family are not allowed in the house of the Lord. Just because some goddamn clumsy uncle of yours or, you know, grandfather ends up crushing his nuts while he's clapping together two bricks. Uh, you're done. You're you not allowed what? in. You're not allowed. If that's in, the case, if he's clapping together two bricks and that happens, maybe this should be the case. Do you think that what you're going with is the idea, like a, a wrong turns grandfather? If he's doing that, there's a good chance that wrong turn is just as dumb. At this point, I'm like, you're not procreating after this, right? Well, you've already had them, though. That, that's the problem. I mean, you've you know, you're a grandfather. You hit your nuts. They're and running. all of a sudden, all like of a your sudden, grandchild your is like twenty your years old. Can't go oh, I can't go to also, the Lord no more. Maybe you're onto something because it, it did confuse me. Maybe what's to say is if this happens, you crush your nuts in between two bricks. You what? can't. You can't go in the house, Lord, because if you have kids. There's some black magic going on. There, there is some voodoo no, curse no, stuff no. going I, on. I know a way better way for you to have kids without being able. Okay, there's no black magic. There is no. something very reasonable no. going on at your there's, house that you don't know about. Not happening if you crush your nuts. I can't, can't have that now. Well, yeah, I'm telling you that is true. Really, you're not allowed because the wife now has been paying too much attention to the mailman. Somebody had possibly. coveted thy wife. Somebody has, and again, this is one, here? one sin begots another, as they say in the begots. good book. Begots. <laughs> Speaking of begots, begots uh, a couple books here. We got a couple begots books. Begots a couple right? books. Yeah, I got you. Begots a couple books here, starting with uh, Nightwing. And a lot of people have been down on this book. A lot of people on the online's areas, Eric, uh, in the online world that we live in. Well, not only that, people were down on the new status quo, but people are like down on this issue as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, down on this issue is a different point because I'm a little down on this issue with yeah, them. Yeah, me as well. But going into this, me and you were excited about this new kind of deal going on here. You have it's Rick something Grayson. We didn't in really appreciate him getting shot in the head in a Tom no. King Batman, but we're usually ones that, yes, we yell and scream, we hate, we talk about crushing nuts and, and two bricks, but when things like happens. this happen, when that, you're clapping them. You, no, it's I'm like you're watching. How we start hey, talking about it's it. It's almost like think of there that you're there. Huh? I'm still on the fact that you're clapping them like erasers, if people know what those are anymore. And then you just get a little low, Eric. You get low, and now you need to... And like, are you swinging back and forth and you're that. hanging low because you're a grandfather? You what are we doing here? Balls hang low. Do they swing to and fro? Don't pick up those bricks. You're oh, gonna no. smash your dick. There you go. I just made a song. Does this rhyme? <laughs> I told you that after we did episode two hundred, I told you that we might get a little goofy. There's no limitations. There are no limitations. I, I mean, this is where I'm going back and listening to a lot of our old podcasts for this best of show that I'm going to put on Patreon. And I realized that a lot of times we get goofy, and it is kind of amusing. It's not as amusing as possibly, you know, ripping in the books, but we'll see. But with what I'm saying is we're, yes, usually, it, we're, we're usually the ones who will sit there and say, listen, you know, we don't really like the idea of possibly Dick becoming Grayson, you know, back in the DCYO. Oh, yes, I'm yes. saying in the DCYO, but we will say. Let's just give it a chance. We'll, we'll give it our usual three issues. Let, let's give it somewhat of a chance. And we actually had enjoyed a bit of it. Yeah. You know, when this, this new status I felt that Nightwing out. was getting a little stale. This is something new yeah. and different I could sink and, my and teeth the, into. The issue that everybody seems to have is if you don't like Rick Grayson, non-Nightwing deal, this issue is definitely not going to change your mind. And no. if you did like this new status quo, you're going to be bored here. Because there is not anything new. It seems as if they kind of got, in my mind, they got Scott Liddell after that 50 and kind of said, okay, we're going to have to change some stuff. And you're going to do this. And he did that 51 quick. And now this is the director's cut of the 51. Like, I really want to explain things now. 51.5. Yeah, that's what it seems to me. Like, and if my theory is correct, hopefully we'll move on from this and now get to the thing. I think that that number, and, and some people even pointed out that 51 had some art weirdness to it. It I had some, it. I did too, but a lot of people thought that it skipped around a bit that, yeah, and you get, you know, you get uh, the introduction of possibly the new Nightwing. Then now we see that it is, but even that was just like pushed as a cliffhanger. It was a really weird type of way to go, but we liked it. And now when you get this, it is more of an expanded version, but it is more of the same. And that's what most people who like it are complaining. The people who don't seem to have checked out anyway. Yeah, they but, don't care at all. Yeah, give us the blurb there. Nightwing number 52, written by Scott Liddell with art by Fabian Aceza, Chris Mooneyham, Nick Filardi, and D. Ron Bennett. Have you missed the last couple of issues of Nightwing since Dick Grayson's new status quo? Well, no worries then, because you'll get most of that here as we spend a lot of this issue reiterating what has come before. Thankfully, though, we get Savota back in action here, moving the Scarecrow story further, and we have Detective Sapienza showing his hand in what he intends to do with his new Nightwing persona. 
Yes. I wasn't going to. I was just dinging because I liked what you were saying. Then I had to ding for what you were saying. You mess up. You mess up, Nancy. Uh, But we're here and we're in Bloodhaven. And Dick Grayson seems to be concerned about the guy that he beat the the crap out of. the aftermath of the Jason Bourne situation. Not only what did I do. Now I got to stop to see what's the aftermath that as they load him into a – he beat him so hard. He beat the blonde off his (laughs) body. He beat the blonde hair off of him. Uh, that's the problem is uh, and also uh, he 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 did he beat him he beat him brown hair or black hair because <laughs> you have also though you get the idea throughout all this that, whole issue just and, in his hair yeah yeah all, all this issue and all last issue you are getting the idea as a general statement that the Bloodhaven police they're not able to handle the, the Shit's crap worse going since down going and, away. yeah and i see that that is completely true because they are loading up a guy who's near death you have the whole police force there and the building right above him <laughs> silhouetted by the moon is nightwing standing looks, there with, with who looks up, above a, looks up yeah. above a building no, when no, you're doing who shit. looks around the crime scene i mean one person there's the they're one guy around. they're loading they're in a, it up you look up and he is there, just there. I mean, yeah, really? Why <laughs> would they? It's so crazy that he's just right there, just watching. But it's okay. He's like, basically, listen, I I don't know what I did, but it wasn't this, good. It wasn't good. Do? This guy, yeah, this guy came in and it wasn't good. And at one point, I got so mad at this guy, my eyes bulged out so <laughs> much this, like from my head you, that I also I really lost my hair. Out, I he, can't stop looking at this bug. Dick, Dick Grayson got so mad at this guy. His eyes bulged and his hairline receded. That is getting very, very angry. Very angry. Uh, but you that's see your, that. That's your trick, Jim. You're always angry. Oh, my. Are you saying Bug I'm losing my hair and I have bulgy things? How <laughs> dare you? That is not true. I have a thick head of hair for my age. Usually guys around 72 are losing their hair. Thank I, you I don't very know. You, much. i never seen you without a hat on. Yeah, I wear a hat. I just like wearing a hat. Uh, yeah. I don't like my hair is very. It, my hair is actually very thin and not easily to style uh so it just it, it's a boring hair so I, i'm gonna I get go you some that. gel and we're gonna slick it all back oh we're gonna slick it back oh man i'm gonna be crazy. sexy i look good uh so the, he's there thinking about this whole thing part it off like, to the side give you a little five-year-old that's head, like, what i used style. to do that that was about my last because i started wearing a hat probably like around jerry seinfeld when he got his hair cut yeah i would uh, but yeah, he's there and, you know, Rick is like, man, you know, I'm doing this. Uh, I don't want to be this person, all this. But then you also get that where he starts talking about what he remembers and what he doesn't. That's another thing. It, it still gets wonky. And I don't think that that's ever going to be resolved because yeah. he, they want you. He he needs to remember some things, but not this makes it seem that he doesn't even remember what happened to his parents, that he's just like he remembers them being in the circus. But then he was told that they died and he was orphaned and raised by gazillionaire Bruce Wayne. But he was talking to Alfred as if he kind of knew Alfred somewhat, just didn't remember everything. And now it's just I don't think that that's ever going to be resolved. It's a weird thing to do. Like, you know, how do you write an amnesiatic person? I know. You want him to remember certain things. Yeah, that's the problem. There is a very big problem. There's that four-month gap in between the story where, you know, I'm sure the Bat family was around him, you know, trying to tell him who he is. So he has become, you know, acclimated to who these people are. He just doesn't 
doesn't had, know who they you are. You had Barbara there, but also it seemed like that was the first time last issue that, say, Alfred showed up to check on him. And so you don't know what and whatever. And when he was talking to Alfred, he kind of made I it seem – I think he just hangs out at that bar every night yeah, hoping Alfred's going to come Alfred's pay his tab bar. off. Yeah, really. No, but with that, when he was talking to Alfred, it really, you don't have it no really made it Penny seem like – yeah, he, he made it seem like – he did remember some stuff, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted the clean slate that he's been offered. Like we you even got the last issue, kind of the idea, oh, he's remembering more than we think. And he, this here, since it's just narration to himself, there's no reason to pretend or lie. No. It seems like he doesn't remember, you know, anything. So we'll go with that. He's lying to himself. He's like, Don't we all lie to ourselves every night? I do isn't, every isn't time. That part I look of in the life? mirror. I'm going to start working out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now are you? Oh, man, you still look 20 there, buddy boy. <laughs> I'm sitting there just crying to myself. But yeah, he ends no, up I like slipping this bit, off though, because of the, the whole roof. thing. He's deep in thought about what he's done. Like, oh, my yeah, God. And then it crumbles about. The, 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 the roof crumbles beneath him. He starts falling. He has that bit of muscle memory that we saw in the last issue where he beat the blonde out of mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. And the whole thing, it's really cool at first because he's like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. I'm, I had the muscle memory. I might as well use it. But he's out of practice and really doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So he yeah. does end up freaking falling down right onto his cab. Yeah, onto his cab. And it looks like it would be more painful than it seems to end oh my up. God. But, so with this, I my then, back would be broken. I know. I, I would think that the whole car would be destroyed. But so you, one of those things where you see up, all the glass shatter out. Yeah, yeah. So you end up then going to the Blood Bloodhaven Corners lab where they're getting the guy. If you remember, was the guy who had drowned in his he drowned sleep. Drowned in his sleep. Yeah. Uh, so they're checking into him. We do see. Uh, you know, Detective Swoboda, who we haven't had. And we didn't know, you know, every time you get a new writer on this book, it is always a question. Are they going to go with her still? And it didn't seem like they were going to in this. So I was no. glad to see her. I thought and we were going to get Detective Sapiens and that was yeah, going to be yeah. our thing for now. Yep. So you end up because really the whole thing was uh, at the beginning when Tim Seeley was going and all this, the big thing with Swoboda was that she had a kind of a hot and cold relationship with Nightwing that she and it kind of goes with what Sapienza is doing as well, because she she seemed to not like what Nightwing was doing, but kind of recognized that he was needed. She also loved the idea, though. She's like, I don't like what you're doing, but I will happily take credit for all of your. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And she seemed to know that he was something they needed, but. He wasn't she wasn't really down through much, but it went back and forth. At one point he was warm for her form, Eric. And so <laughs> she's when, there. Uh, you know, Sumboda had a husband apparently. Yeah, yeah. And she's there and she's talking to the doctor. They're doing the autopsy. They're figuring out, trying to figure out what's going on, if in fact the wife, she's being questioned, all this stuff. And she gets a call, so she has to step out of the autopsy room, which is very, very convenient Thank for God. her. And because you, you see when they cut into the guy, they uh, a gas comes out and they all go crazy. I don't know why there's that many cops in the autopsy room. I, I don't know how things look, work like that. Check this out. They're either paying you to look around and not up or just to hang around a dead body. Yeah, I mean, the there's more cops in this autopsy room than there was in the jokes and riddles when they were interviewing Riddler <laughs> at the beginning. And then he he ended up having something to say, Eric. But it, it's, you end it's funny up now, though because you have the detective work going on here. Like you know, Swoboda leaves the morgue, like the room, right as the gas yeah. is emitted, talking about the whole idea. Well, yeah, the, the perp's wife, um, the victim's wife, she is a suspect. Seeing a therapist, I really don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> so weird uh, but yeah as this is going on she's still talking it, it starts you are off, the worst detective ever yeah i'm telling it's kind of a uh 
almost like a, a comedy thing going on because she's talking as shit is going really bad behind her that she doesn't gas is doing see. Because it looks like it's turning them into zombies. Yeah, and it's turning them into zombies, but also turning them into zombies who aren't afraid. And that seems no. to be a very big point of this. I'm not afraid of you. The doctor comes out. Now, the doctor is pretty kick-ass because he's a zombie. The two police are zombies. Now, luckily, I think the one the policeman shoots... look like it. I, the one policeman shoots the other, and then they kind of... They kind of take each other out because this doctor shouldn't be the you know the guy who lives kind of but then he comes then he has guns and you know, they're going crazy but he comes busting out <laughs> and she's like sorry doc boom, boom 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 and right through him she kills him and then she's like i don't know what's going on you thank see god this weird- the gas dissipated yeah, the gas dissipated and the 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 autopsy area kind of becomes this weird, uh, I don't know, it looks like the x-ray that you see, but it's fine. And you go, and yeah, they're going to do that. You go off the disgracing. I'm saying you can see through the top ceiling that oh, I don't no, even know. I got you, the whole thing. Yeah, like, it's, it's a cubicle odd. almost. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's very odd, uh, but yet they're designed. So you like go off the, I'm like, I'm expecting to see bones. Yeah, yeah, like, what's he talking I about have, x-ray? I have x-ray vision now. You have you Rick Grayson, and this is a... This is a funny deal, yeah. That he's ending up squatting in a house that he took the lady to the hospital just and knew imagine. she'd be out, and it's a cat lady. It's a cat lady. She's got like 20 goddamn cats. I just imagine, here you are. You need to squat in a house. You're pulling a Rick Grayson thing. Yeah. You, like, say the cops show up, the old lady could – you would be punishing yourself staying there more than they could ever punish you with your al- yeah. allergies to oh, cats. Oh, yeah, I'd be dead. All of these cats just around him, like shirtless just and around everything like that, just laying there. I'm surprised one's not sleeping on his face. And, and, and I also yeah. imagine this when I leave Jessica, this is what she's going to look like in a year. Her yeah, house. really. What, hairy and no shirt on? Is that what you're saying? Real hairy and sexy? I don't know what, you, that what, what you're talking about. You said that's what she's going to look like. I thought you meant just Rick Grayson. Her house. She's got, oh, her house, uh, I thought you meant her. God. I thought you said her. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it's kind of funny. And I like What's I like up, the na- I like the narration. I like yeah. the uh, yeah. I like the narration. I like the dialogue throughout all of this. It's just we're getting a lot of the same things. We no, yeah, know that he's squatting. The at idea that he's squatting. The only thing you get here is how he chooses who he squats. With. People yeah. he is taking cab rides to the airport, to the hospital, stuff like that. So he knows. So he knows out of the where house. they're out, and then he knows kind of how to really get. Nobody hold. believes in house sitters in Bloodhaven. No, I, this is the thing. This lady, he took her to the hospital in a cab she called the cab to go but yet she's such a cat person she left the cats there to fend for themselves she likes the idea of having all these cats she really just does not like taking care of them no she's one of those people there's a lot of meows going on there and yeah and i even like it's like yeah they keep one to eat because you know cats and then I, I want to be a dog person and all that. Then he, you know, you get the whole idea of how so he's going to be living his life. But we also got it, yeah. We also got it last <laughs> issue. So it's kind of a, you know, reiteration of it. And well, I'm telling you, the whole thing with the, the, the Jason Bourne, what did I do? Oh my God, muscle memory thing going on here. The idea of the squatting and even going back to the whole idea that he's a cab driver. We're just reiterating the stuff yeah, that we've we seen are. in the last because, two issues Yeah, because now. then you go and you get a little sapienzo. He sent out two, three of his most trusted people. You would Malcolm think one, Hutch, of, them being, one of them being Malcolm Hutch, who I think is the guy you talked to at was, the beginning Hutch. of last issue. And then you and also have, have Zach, Zach Edwards. Edwards. Colleen Edwards as well. They, I guess they're married, Eric. There you go. Or uh, brother and he, sister, Jim. Yeah, or brother and sister. I don't know. But uh, he ends up calling them because he trusts them and then says, hey, by the way, 
uh, we're going to be Team Nightwing. Look, and he shows up and like uh, he sent them the message. Hey, we're going to change the city, guys. And they I actually came- like this aspect because you did always expect S- Sapienza to grab the like the most current Nightwing costume. We saw all yeah. those other Nightwing costumes that throughout the years and that I, were we'll still get there. To like, see him now. And the whole idea that okay, there's one for everybody. I'm like, and even you know, putting a, a woman putting on a Nightwing costume, I'm like, how's that going to work? And how form fitting are these going to be yeah, for yeah, all these we'll different see. body types? Yeah, we'll I just see like to how imagine that goes. One that's not going to fit very well at all. Yeah. So he says, listen, you know, and they're even like Nightwing, but well, you guys know as well as I do, Nightwing is either dead, he retired. We don't know. He's been gone. Nobody can find him. I ended up finding these costumes in one of his bunkers and a lot of equipment. I think that we could be Nightwing. We could end up doing because we can't. And like, vigilantes, was a bit overweight. You know, yeah, like we don't like those vigilantes. Now these are guys are cops. They're ready to go. And fire, a fire guys. So yeah. they're like, hey, basically, you know, let's do a lot what of Nightwing can do. So. Yeah, but he's 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 in shape. He wouldn't have I called know. them if they weren't in shape. I could just but see these guys trying. Know a lot of people in my world. Yeah, well, there he goes. And <laughs> there, he's like, let's be vigilantes. We can do things that cops can't. Maybe we can clean some stuff up. Now, at this point, as people lost their freaking minds last issue with, eh, looks like I'm going to be rooting to Nightwing. And he's got his guns out. He's obviously gotten a hold of very good people. This isn't like he's gotten a hold of the guys who his piece of shit friends that they hang out and beat up homeless guys after their shifts. Look, I These don't know what the Edwards people. do when they're off duty. No, I'm telling you, I think that the, they you round have up already and they have seen bum fights. You've already seen the fire guy. So he is getting good people that he can trust. And also, I think that he can trust that they're not going to be real assholes. So he says, we'll do this. You know, and somebody's crossed the line, Jim. Get out of town. <laughs> yeah, there is no, none of these guys have. I think that that's part of no, why saying, though, he has. Once this start, we go above the law vigilante style, you know, somebody's going to cross the line. Well, they, they may, but it, and it, maybe it's that it won't be Sapienza and you need somebody else. But I don't see who it would be in this. I mean, the I, one I'm guy. Saying, though, I he only looks know like Hutch a, from last issue. He seemed like a nice guy. I've never seen these Edwards I before. Mean, here's the thing. Uh, you have Zach Edwards. And at one point in this, he actually looks like a young Alec Baldwin. And as we know, Uh Alec Baldwin doesn't ever lose his temper. No, I mean, never. And so you're going to go. But I I do think that while why God, he doesn't uh, look like Daniel. I think why Scott Liddell wanted to have these others is possibly so that they have a little idea. Hey, they're not they're going to be a little more on the up and up. Well, that is kind of a cool idea to have a whole team Nightwing going on. I think they're all dead. And I think that the three of them are going to die. Uh, but that, that, that's you, fine. you know that the woman's going to be getting that V neck freaking front. I'm just saying, you know she's getting that V neck uh, outfit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I actually thought, okay, what do we got? Oh, yeah, she'll get that V neck. And so you, you're going to go with this. And while this is going on, and they're, uh, you know, we think they're agreeing, you have yeah. Dick Grayson go, or Rick Grayson, he's in this cab and he's calling his buddy. Uh, who ended up told Burl? Who I ended up this telling part really him. confusing at first. I had to go back and reread it because for some reason it's like this. He's going back, saying, oh, "Okay, I dropped off my last fare. Do you have a new one for me?" You know, like no, uh, no. at the a head office, or whatever it is, dispatch it is. And when Burl starts coming through, I thought that was like. Why is this coming through at the dispatch for some reason? Yeah, really yeah, yeah. And I had to go back and reread it to realize that Burl was out in his own cab where he was. Yeah, jumped, he was out in his own cab. And he was cab. calling for help. I was like, Burl, would you hold your goddamn horses? I'm trying to get <laughs> yeah, a new really. fare. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. It, but now <laughs> I realized too. But yeah, he's doing this. Burl is there. And Burl has been, you know, he was 22 years and he was assaulted 77 times. I only had it once so far. But boy, I don't want to catch up to him. That's pretty bad. But every, yeah, everything starts going, you know, all of a sudden, stat- 
static and he can't get a hold of Burl. So he goes, finds his cab, and it looks like he was, you know, hit from outside and drug. And we don't know why. He says it's gang area. I'm just saying, Burl, like, Burl, you're in a bad place. You're an old man, and all of a sudden you're getting hit from behind. You're getting yeah. drugged. And out of he your says, cab. why would you go to this, you know, oh, man, why was he getting a fare here? And I'm like, because they probably called for the fare. I mean, you can't. Not even that, <laughs> but. Burl now Burl's money. being a – and Burl's uh, – you know, he's not going to be a jerk and not he's go to – I know man, there's Burl. some people, but he's also – he trusts people and, and he goes. A but you too do much see if you quickly. ask me. Again, <laughs> yeah, no, really, that's what – and the problem is Burl, he ended up going and saying he liked West Coast rap and that was done. He was done then. Not on the he, East Coast, baby. Can't be doing that. Like, What's that with that Tupac? What you doing in this area, buddy? We're Biggie yeah, Smalls here. California love at me. Oh, man. <laughs> you were in big trouble. You better play hypnotized real quick or use in <laughs> trouble, buddy. But yeah, while this is going on, you do get a little bit that I don't think is as stressed as much, but it is more muscle memory of the brain when he ends up doing detective work to figure out how, you know, what he thinks happened. Was it that bro crashed and that's why there was blood on the right. thing? And he's like, no, no, it looks like where the splatter was. And it, it was cool. Uh, well, and the idea so he's that like, he's going to go in after bro in one of these buildings around the area, but he's looking for a weapon and thinks like, okay, I'll just imagine yeah. you and I are going to have to do something. And our only weapon is some rope. I'm not going to rope. Or some a rope. No rope, I went. Yeehaw! Gonna lasso you there, donkeys. That's all I'd be yelling over here. I'd probably go accidentally go around my head and strangle my damn self. But he does say he's like, listen. This is in uh, this is gang territory. Why would dispatch have sent him here? I'm like, really? Y- y- dispatch must be real pieces of shit. Look, a lot I of times, taxi. fucking Louis sending I people know. wherever. Now at the, nowadays, you can't profile people like that. And like, what? That kind of, no way. That's not, not how we do the blood, Jim. L- looks like the Crips are walking to their job tonight. I'm telling you, pieces of shit. But yeah, he ends up with this rope. I, I wish it's funny. He's like, man, only thing in here is an oily rag and an empty bag of Cheetos, except the rope. And I wish he's like, all right, then. And he walked away with an oily rag and a bag of Cheetos. Like, these guys are in big trouble. Oh, man, because he really, doesn't remember a lot. I'm telling you, this is what he thinks. Like, yeah, my muscle memory will kick in. and I'll just keep big. But why do I need a weapon? I'll take the Cheetos bag and the oily rag. It's like and one I'll of those still things where always, like, you have a comic or a character kind of thing where a guy doesn't know how the powers work, but it's going to be de- dependent on it working at a certain situation. Yeah. And like, oh, no, how's this going to work? You show up with a rope. And I'm like, you're not doing nothing. <laughs> nope. We're all rope. He's there with the rope. I wish he had the oily rag and Cheetos. But then that's when he gets the word like, stand down, kid. And like, what the hell? And he looks up. I love it. And Seth Gans is in a Nightwing costume one day. He's already hanging off a fucking beam. He's hanging off a beam. He's got his gun out. Like, people don't you like. but just also, walk around. Also has that like in your mind. (laughs) I'm telling you, in your mind, do you think that the process of this would be to go out as a force, and so that you're 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 force strong? Or are you trying to pull? Are you a, hitting like all these different districts with different? Yeah, are you trying at once? to pull almost like the three jokers, where you're going to go get different districts? And when you go out, because right away, Sapienza is not doing a very good job of looking like Nightwing. Also has a gun. So in my mind, I thought that it was going to be one of those. We're going to go out at almost like we had with Batman at one point when he was down, and they all I, I forget which one that was. What story mm-hmm. was it where Batman was hurt, so they all dressed up as Batman and. Went out, including Barbara. They all went out as Batman. I don't recall. Kind of prove it was in the new 52, and it was pretty cool. We liked the idea that they went out to kind of make 
a spectacle so that the villains didn't know that Batman yeah. was down and hurt and stuff like that. And I thought that's what it was going to be. I now have to I do imagine, think- though. Th- I know I have to imagine, though, that they are going to all be working as a group because I of the police well. training and stuff like that. They think about backup and things like, like that. A SWAT so I, thing. So right now, I think that Sapienza, if he's just out here, like you know, the authorities will handle hanging this kid. Of, of just hanging, hanging off just a girder, hanging with this like, gun. I think he just might be just like you know, like keeping the area queer while the yeah. other three maybe taking yeah, care of business. Yeah, because you know, you get the guy who made the plan. He gets to stay out and look to make sure things are clear. The others are getting killed inside. They're in there. They're in big trouble. But yeah, I, I, I don't like know it. if they're in big trouble. They're already trained police it's and fire for stuff like that. And they got a Nightwing costume on. Listen, Who's they're afraid in of the gang time. Yeah, really. They're, it's gang time here. I, I've seen Boys in the Hood. Shit goes wrong, Eric. It doesn't go right. Ricky ended up dead. Oh, Ricky. He was going to have a scholarship, Eric. He, he was, was going to be a football out. player. He's dead. He's end up dead. And ha- and the guy who actually killed him in that movie, who shot him, he dead for real. Eric, he got murdered. So wow. there you go. Thank you for that. K- karma. A lot of those. A lot no, of the guys that were in that karma. movie. He was in a movie where his karma. character. <laughs> that's that's what karma. happens. Uh, how that's about this? Karma. How about this karma? The guy who ended up shooting Ricky in that movie. Did He was an actor. He had no real ties in with gangs. But because he was in that movie and it was so popular and things like that, he ended up joining a gang because they thought he was cool and then got oh, killed God. in gang violence. Is that karma? No, that's sad. Is that true? The story that I just told you. Is it true? Well, now that you uh, said that, I can't believe you at all. It's true. That's what happened. A couple of the other guys died in prison and stuff like that. It's a very sad story, Eric. That is now what I like to call part of this podcast, Boys in the Hood Behind the Magic, is what I call it, Eric. But yeah, it ends up with Sapienza there. He's hanging off beyond the magic. What happened? It's not all magic doesn't have to work out good. No, <laughs> you know, magic's a, a tricky I've thing. There is always a price. Always. Just don't start talking backwards. You, you end up there and this you do have this you, you do have uh then Rick Grayson like Nightwing. And yeah, this'll be I mean, this is a very important I just like, like time to imagine here. at this point. Those motherfuckers <laughs> lied to me, told me I was Nightwing. <laughs> He's all mad. And this is kind of a an early test to see. If we, because nobody knows how long this Rick race no, is going to last. But from I what I see from this recap issue, it's going to be a really slow burn, which I, I do appreciate. I, know I just don't a need a lot of burn. recap. I have already made my statement that by issue 60, he's back being Nightwing. But this will be one of those, like, is he going to see them be terrible? Like, and this will you. be the start of, you know, maybe I don't remember Nightwing, but maybe I'm better suited with this muscle memory. Is he going to save them? Is he going to drive away? I, don't I would know. like this to last at least until issue 70. Yeah, really? That long? I, I, I really want it to go on for a 60. while. Yeah. I, I, it is, also, it just in general, is 75 another fucking milestone or anniversary? And I was going to say that. I'm like, but that's so yeah. far away. Yeah. I mean, that that would be maybe that that is a long time away. I know. And because this book goes back to being monthly, as far as we can tell in January, it seemed to, in the Noah solicits, only be once a month. Uh, the telltale sign used to be the price, but the prices are all $3.99 now, so I can't tell. But yeah, it ends. And again, I'm still I'm still into it. I still like it. So my this, this is it was just, just a down issue. You take kind of, and it's not even a step backwards. You just kind of stay in place. Yeah, you just don't move. I'm telling you, it's a half step forward for what we get with the Scarecrow yeah. story in my mind and with the Sapienza stuff, seeing yeah. that we have a team Nightwing. Besides that, though, 
we stood in place the entire time, which was a big disappointment. Yeah, yeah, even though I really enjoyed the art, I had to go down to a 6.5. And that's even me being a little bit higher because I'm still enjoying the idea of yeah, the book. I I'm needed to have more forward well. progression going forward, though, because I can't have this every issue because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my goddamn mind. Yeah, yeah. I Like I said, I think that that 51 was thrown together really quickly after Ben Percy got the heave-ho. And now this is actually would have been what he would have liked to be more of that 51. We get this, he gets a little more time to breathe a little, and now we'll move forward with that. And hopefully I'm right, because if the next issue is again, like, yep, looks like I'm squatting in here. Mr. Johnson no, went to the to, bar. Yeah. went to Hong Kong. Oh yeah. We're going to start at some point. We're going back to that bar. That's, that's definitely going to happen, but yeah, I'll give it a six, five as well. The art was a little off. You had, uh, you know, a guy Even who should have blonde hair and, and stuff. And stuff. Like, like that, that. And, the, and the blonde hair okay. aspect. I still really like the gritty nature of this yeah, the story too. that it's telling. I think it works I, I really do. well. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. But we're going to move on to the next uh, green book, Eric. And what's the oh, the next green book? Yeah, the next green book. Green Arrow number 46, written <laughs> that, by Julie really Benson and Sean Benson. <laughs> Art by German Peralta, uh, John Calise, and Dee Ron Come on, Eric. Uh, sorry, buddy. Is it Herman? Get woke, buddy boy. What? It's German. It's know. German. I know how to speak. (laughs) (laughs) I took this dude in high school. (laughs) Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. In high school, you had that dude. Yeah, you, you failed that dude. I sure did. I learned how to say, how can I go to the bathroom, please? And number 11 is Elf. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's, really how big Ger- quest. that's how German taught you. Yeah, German didn't know much. The alpha toilette gay and an elf. Oh, my God. You, you just – and I don't know what you just said to me, but I'm a little offended. I already told I, you, baby. I, I, I told actually – you made me just cry. I actually laughed so hard there for a second. All right. Keep going After there, German. A bit of rush detective work that showed that Oliver Queen was innocent of that hit and run from his past, Green Arrow comes face to face with the citizen, but then lets him go so that he can be taken the next by by the villain of the story. Yes. And uh, there's a problem with this and a very, very big problem. The problem is, is that I I don't know if it's just the writing or whatever, but to me – this citizen story was not that great, right? Nope. Then you not. interrupt it with the funeral and you come back and boy, it is lost. And we gotta everything. we gotta make up some time Holy here for that missed moly. issue. So we gotta yeah. rush things to a conclusion. Oh quick. my god. You get to this, yeah. It seems like a little space was taken and you realize that this story is not that good because you've been I away from it for long so ago. long. It's been almost what, two months, right? Yeah. Since because of that deal. It's crazy. And so it starts off. Oh, you, you brought have up some Something before about that guy yeah. in the jail. The yeah, this, I didn't it even remember that right guy. Away. It starts right away. And then I didn't know who Brett was. I'm like, who the <laughs> hell is that? It starts off where he Citizen is them. live. Citizen is live. And that's the problem is, number one, he he's not as big as we thought because at first he only has 5,000 people watching. I mean, really, you better not that you know front load all your info there, Citizen. Not many people are watching <laughs> you, but he's there. And he's like, hey, listen, sorry we had to watch sorry you had to watch Green Arrow pull Allison Kim away from judgment and you know tried to kill me. And by the way, I've learned that Franklin Rossmore took his judgment in his own hands and hung himself in prison rather than face you for his crimes. This is the guy in the last issue of this story yes, two that Black ago. Canary saved. She went and grabbed him, said, I'm taking him to the point, uh, the safe point. I will meet you when you get look, Allison. She took him to the safe point. Yeah, she, it doesn't make sense. They don't pay sense. her enough to look it's up and continue Benson's, looking at the safe the point. The Bensons had no, they have nothing, they, that's too many people out. He was actually saved and out and about. But yet now they say he, number one, was in prison. Now he hung himself. I mean, from what would be the next day. 
He's already in prison hanging himself, and he wouldn't have been in prison. I went back to look. Canary didn't say like, all right, you're safe. Or they, you know, the classic would have been the guy saying, oh, man, thank God you saved me from the citizen. And her saying them, well, you're saved from the citizen, but not from – that's kind of what Oliver said to Allison Kim, saying basically, yeah, I saved you from this guy, but you're still going to face justice. You're going to go to jail. You're going to do this, which still – I don't even get what she was really – she was fixing the horses in her horse. It, it made no sense. But this guy, also this Franklin Rossmar, his – guilty thing the thing that he yeah. was doing that was bad that citizen is upset about his crime was just owning a finance company that was he was a, he financing was a loan. Slate, it yeah. wasn't even a loan shark he seemed to be up and up he would just it would be one of those if this if if he's like hey everybody look at me franklin rossmore I, here i wish i and could if, tell you how business worked no i'm telling you if he franklin rossmore here and if you need money the banks say that franklin they won't Rossmore have you, is a man you, with a real business plan yeah, i don't know yeah. what those are like no job no credit no problem no problem here's franklin <laughs> rossmore here what you want to get money to get a, a slum lord going? Hey, I don't ask questions. I just give you the money. And that's all he seemed to be. He seemed to be a guy who just, he's a financier. And it didn't make sense that now he was in jail. Uh, there never was anything that pointed to him in my mind from this of him being on the, you know, not on the up and up. He just ended up loaning a guy who was a piece of shit money. I mean, if I, if I'm a bank, if there's the, you know, Quaker town bank here, and I go in and get a loan from them, and then somehow I use the loan to do child trafficking. There's no problem that I to, to I'm going to go after that bank, guy. The Quaker Town Bank isn't in trouble. The They're not going to be in if, jail. If they, if they were doing something, though, I'm making a hell of a smear campaign. Do you think that you could trust them? They financed yeah. a pedophile trafficker. Yeah. You think you, you go to Quaker Town Bank? They say they're on the up and up, but they supported Jim Werner and his child trafficking. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, yeah it, I'm, I'm not banking with them. This whole thing doesn't make sense, though. And yeah, it, it's it's weird. But yeah, they have that to kind of get them out of the way. And what happens uh, no, in no, no, this? I'm telling you, the weirdest part to me is that I love the Green Arrow is actually in Seattle because for the most part, you get all the made up cities and stuff like that of the yeah. DCU, which I do love as well. But it's so funny yep. to me with uh, Green Arrow having that one distinction of being in Seattle because Ben Percy and now the Benson sisters really just make the people who live in Seattle oh look God. like pieces Seattle, of shit. I mean, I, at I, any point. John Jacket and, and Ruben, I, I apologize. You live in a real piece of shit city. I mean, <laughs> Don't this, say that. They, this, this might city. start freaking out right now. Well, start killing here's people. Here's the deal: they're in Seattle. They're West Coast. We're That's East Seattle Coast. Problems. I'm playing. I'm playing hypnotize here. <laughs> I don't care. The, the thing is, though, it only it's basically Seattle is at boiling point, almost. One little drop of a diamond. They are ripping people out of cars. They're beating up construction You're right. Rich folk are pieces of shit. Let's get them. And, and really, this is the best because it's either the art, it's the Bensons, whatever it is. But you have – yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I see the script. It's like, okay, show piece of shit people in Seattle fighting. So you just have regular people fighting. Of course, they're outside a coffee shop because it's Seattle. <laughs> really? This but you want to be outside guy, of a grunge factory? Just have them outside thing, of anything. A grunge yeah, factory? I'm telling you. Okay, they're, they're a grunge factory. They're like they're outside <laughs> they're outside of the Pearl Jam Museum. It's so ridiculous. The one poor guy, he's just eating lobster. And this lady just comes in and appears to just it hit him over the head. Lady Jessica with, having a fancy yeah, lunch. Yeah, that's you and Jessica having a fancy lunch, and an old lady comes and hits you with her handbag. 
It's so ridiculous. How dare she spill that wine? <laughs> Jess had wine that day too, right? Yes. At the Red Lobster. Oh my. Did no, she, she wear would have a been bib? really upset? <laughs> she would have been really upset if she would have spilled that butter. Yeah, she really. Like laughter. Yeah, she really. likes butter. <laughs> she, she has unlimited. You know what I like here? Unlimited butter. Mm, Jesus. But yeah, then you have the riot police there going. You have weird, you know, uh, weird T-shirts going. The one guy has the citizen T-shirt. One guy has the citizen hat and looks like he just came out of West Virginia. I, I don't know what's going on. I but just they're love all the T-shirt people can get on board with all this so quick. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the the citizen I know it's the citizen and all the people now. So I can't do a t-shirt company. I wouldn't be like right on the pulse of the. You're street. not on the pulse of the streets. They they end up in this crazy like museum type thing that's having a posh you know get together a fundraiser whatever. And it reminds me. I call it a of- gala. It re- yeah, yeah. Well, you have the punk guy there. He's there, and they're like, "Oh my, who let in these people?" It reminds Hooligans. me a lot. I'm telling you, it reminds me a lot of Charlie Sheen in Major League when he has the commercial where it's like the <laughs> high class society, and he has the the vest on. And the it's so ridiculous. But yeah, they're like, "Hey, look, the parties. That's not just for the one percent now. Yeah, drink up, boys." And it's such just- a weird progression, though, because when we have you know Oliver and Black Canary going to take out these riffraff that have jumped into a party crash of this gala. Yeah. He shoots the arrows. You see them swing. And then the arrows <laughs> hit these people after yeah. the fact. Like yeah. it seems yeah. like it should have been this, yeah. this whole it's a little the arrows should have been beforehand for some reason, but also the arrows, like you've got some slow arrows. That's and I, I like arrow how there, they, they, I like how they just open up and shoot the trank deal. And I just, you're right though. The one guy has a full out uh, citizen shirt with the citizen's face <laughs> on it. I mean, like, really. Pulse of the street guys, right there. These guys are really <laughs> on the pulse of the street. These people in Seattle, they are just waiting to make these shirts. And they, they may end up with like the, uh, the other team that won the Super Bowl shirt and the one that didn't, because they may end up like they have the citizen shirt now. But they also have a green arrow shirt for later. Like I think well, that they the, play the both thing angles. Too, I think it's you have in Seattle. You have the T-shirt guy and you have the mask guy. Mask guy is probably yeah. what I'm doing because he's not on the post. Because this guy here who is dressed up as a citizen, he had to make his mask with paper yeah. mache as a cosplay. And, and, They're not selling citizen masks yet, Jim. And it's funny, yeah. They don't have the mask. There's a market, and the funny thing is, is they end up and all hell's breaking loose here. They get this one guy and like, hey, didn't know this was a masquerade ball, and rips the mask off the guy, and then Oliver you know rips this paper mache off and it then it reminds me why was this guy in sanctuary it looks like one of those sanctuary masks like, oh no uh, but yeah he's like it's this conspiracy cosplay. runs deeper get woke green arrow and with this people of seattle have just this, re- you have to get oliver you, queen oliver out of seattle and black canary in general this feels so generic to me and one note kind of thing even yeah, when you had the whole idea even the villains because you can't have classic villains there's not a lot of great villains for green arrow but no. all the new ones made are all about the whole you know the one percent versus the 99 percenters it's the and sjw it's just, stuff and that's it fine and but it's, it's so never the done well overplayed yeah. though at this yep. point i am so bored with green arrow that i don't mind at this point like i I feel like there should be a Green Arrow book, but like Nightwing, yeah, we it needs were saying to be it needs to be rebooted. Something needs, needs to happen to, something to get the happen. flavor back. It's because it's so goddamn stale. Yeah, and, and this story now, from this point on, it gets really disjointed. It gets really not hard to follow. You can follow it, but it, it gets well, to the point where like, okay, you are now go with here, checklists and then you're go going. There, yeah, and then that's you're what go it is. There, it seems like there there is bullet points that they need to do, and you go. 
and you don't get much. You have Black Canary go off to find out who Jubal Slade's driver was when they Shane went Andrews. off. Yeah, when they went off from that, you know, when they almost killed people in that building, they find out it's a Shane Andrews. So she, Black Canary's going to look into that. You have Oliver then go to Kevin Carlson, which is Oliver's friend as a kid, to go find out if, in fact, Oliver was guilty. And Turns out he's fine. Why, and why he gave up the info. He ended up getting tortured and stuff like that. And he fi- you find out here... That it's Oliver such a weird wasn't thing, though, driving, that, and it's such a convoluted way to describe. It and, is the and whole idea though, that his buddy who Brett, who was driving, was the one behind it, and they're like, yeah. his, Oliver's father paid I off the police. Who Brett was, and had, the thing is, though, the, the karma's a bitch, Jim, because Brett has died from drinking and driving later yeah, on yeah. in life because Man. of this. But the whole thing is, my. You guys were friends. Why did you never, ever talk? I know you don't yeah, want to never, talk about yeah. shit like this, but discuss it, especially if you're Oliver Queen. You know something went down that your father had to pay off. Talk yeah. about what this is if you can't remember it. And then even with that, you had this idea that, you know, this uh, Kevin had this information this whole time. Yeah. He knew that Brett was the one guilty. Well, when all this and goes Kevin down, gave the whenever, this information. Yeah. And before even that, though, when Brett died, you would even think that maybe he should have looked in. And it's a weird deal. It's like, I had these pictures, but I didn't want to put them out there on the social medias. I'm like, it's there's too much going on here. And with that, it's basically that Brett was the one who killed this Nadia, which is so convenient because Brett's dead now. Yeah. So you don't have to worry Brett's about dead, him. Brett's dead. And then this whole idea of, yeah, but Oliver was taking selfies. Why would that be? How did you get them? Oh, he forgot his phone and used mine. I'm like, really? This is like wow. the Eureka moment? Well, not this only is that, the but moment where you're like, oh, my. The- but then when we go off to deal with the police officer who his father bribed, then he's like, like you gave the citizen the pictures. Yeah, how, what does he have on you? Stuff like that. I'm like, no, it wasn't me. It was that goddamn rookie who kept snapping pictures the entire yeah. time at the crime scene. I'm like, all right, now Joe we're going off Strands, somewhere else. He's still on the force. There was no reason for this. There was no reason that it should have <laughs> just been Joe Strands right the, away. The weirdest part is we go to Joe Strands' house I, and uh, Ali is not prepared for anything. I'm telling you, he is surprised. He's more surprised than anybody reading this book that Joe Strands is it's the citizen. Because like, I'm yeah. telling you, I think he expected to do this all night. We're going place to place to place and never expect to find and, the citizen. And you, yeah, well, and you say this, and I, I get the idea that this is the Bensons trying to make this idea of these people are covering their tracks, whatever, because then, then Canary goes to find out where, you know, what's his name? Andrews, Shane. Yeah. Shane Andrews lives and it was a false address and this guy's been dead since 93 since grunge was kicking oh in Seattle God, made I mean up really that took his persona guy, yeah he died before Still Kurt Cobain did I think it was Kurt Cobain they, so the, uh, you have this going on and it's just crazy. <laughs> oh, it, you mean this is not where Kurt Cobain lives? <laughs> that's oh my what god, it is. he took his ID. This is the problem. Is it ended up being Kurt Cobain? Uh, so they go, and he goes in, and the guy comes out. Now, also, there is no real reason for any of this to happen. Number one, citizen should be a little smarter than to just have an open door where he's got his murder room set up of his citizen stuff. Then he comes out. He is still a police officer. They end up going to, to try room. to look it's, into it's him. It's his little, it's guest bedroom slash office yeah, he where he has his stuff set up. up. <laughs> All Oliver does is walk in the open door and open one other door and sees the murder room. And then out of nowhere, Strands comes still dressed as the citizen. He's not who's, fooling anyone. Who, who's, who's the guy who's the guy who's 
a twist, Carl Twist in Detective yeah, Comics. Yeah, he had a Carl way twist. better setup than I the Citizen did. did. He that was really behind a bookcase. And with this, though, you have the idea then then Citizen is there and like, you shouldn't have looked into this. But there was no reason for Citizen to reveal his hand either. <laughs> Both of them are dumb as shit that he should have just said, hey, what's going on? Why do you have this room that looks like Citizen's room? Yeah, I'm trying to find him. I, I Can we work together? You almost have a diehard situation with Hans where you could have him like, hey, what's going on? Why do you have this room? Oh, I'm I don't working. Know. Citizen's I'm not good in the under mind pressure. of the citizen is what I'm doing. Wink, wink. But no, they just attack and then you're like, okay, strands. But this is so quickly forced to get where you have to go and, and then also they, they fight the one, and there's also you have to make sure that this character isn't too closely associated with anarchy over in gotham so yeah we have to make it so yeah. he's going after oliver queen even though he knows he's innocent that's up for everybody yeah. else to decide even yeah. though the citizen knows he's innocent so yeah, he knows he's more of a psychopath he, he ended up getting that info uh from kevin he just but looks like new- a low rent anarchy look at him yeah he does it's and and really his mo is very similar yeah. as well so yeah you're right it is kind of a generic i didn't even think of that until you just said it yeah he's a he's a generic anarchy who isn't that great no, <laughs> as he's anarchy a yeah yeah so you have it where they fight and again where and when did we get the gas turned on i, in the I have to imagine one when oliver <laughs> was walking around his opening doors room uh citizen was sneaking behind him over to the stove and just turning it on and turning <laughs> out the pilot out the light gas. thank god i didn't go electric he, he turns it on <laughs> opens it up and like yeah yep looks like you're in trouble but then he just jumps and what makes it explode i don't know i'm telling you even looking at the house <laughs> when they're fighting you would expect to see maybe yeah. some gas canisters yeah. or something something no that Nothing. Gas. No, yeah. Do you fart, citizen? Do I, do I smell gas? Who? Anybody else here on Jim's diet? Because he's been eating a ton of hard-boiled eggs and pickles, and then that really <laughs> causes so a lot of problems. <laughs> I sit at work just – you see me just eating pickles and, and fucking – No, no, no. no. People know, have to have a full eggs. picture. What Jim doesn't work is that he has a pickle jar full of pickle juice that he puts hard-boiled eggs in just to sit there yeah. and then munch on them I'm periodically I'm experimenting work, if like a gross I can monster. pickle my own eggs. Here, listen. Can you hear this? Oh, God. We can it's right next to you. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's this right is like next to me. This like a goddamn teddy bear. I, I didn't even put it in the fridge. I went right upstairs. I got three He's not even refrigerating the shit. I got three. No. Well, that's why you pickle it. And why do you think pickling came about? And, you know, and next thing I'm going to start. For people with shitty I'm, I'm going to start solving my own meat in this room. It's just going to be <laughs> hanging there. All right. Looks good to me. Look, ah, so this gross. beef jerky's great. Oh, shit. That was actually a scab. Eric, it was a scab, not beef jerky. God. So, yeah, I don't know what blows it up. Oh, I have no idea what it blows explodes. this up. And I'm telling you, Oliver is blown back a bit. I'm sure it's <laughs> jarring. He's a superhero. But the fact of the matter is where he watches Citizen run away as he's getting yeah. up and yeah. just lets him go. I'm like, I'm tired of this. You've got to stop uh, going that's after That's all that happens. Dinah's right there. Have Dinah she's go there. after him for Why Christ's sake. Why didn't she do anything? She just shows up. And she's like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And like, oh, well, Fine. Wh- what, I- what issue does this end? 47. Okay, Fuck. let him go. That's All right, what I'm going to lay here like. for a little like, while. We have another issue to go. All right, no. I got swimmers no here, baby. Can't be no running tonight. I need to strain myself right now. We still have a whole other issue. I am tired. Yeah, and she comes, he gets right up, wipes himself off. And the whole point on the of motorcycle, this, the and worst part is, though, we then move on to a cliffhanger kind of shocker ending. But the fact that we're we're walking away from the burning house of the citizen <laughs> uh, says the only way to stop citizen is to play him in his own game. You lose all the cool cliffhangerness you could have had because you know yeah. that when the citizen goes and takes Oliver Queen 
at the end of the issue that you know this is all part of Green Arrow's plan because yeah. they already told you that going forward. Yeah, yeah. You, you took all all the suspense out of this by the yeah, you already because then this. yeah because of the deal. Now you would wonder if possibly that phone was more important because what he does he has a press conference. You have Kate Spencer there. He's like, listen. He explains why he disappeared. I wasn't hiding. I was actually at a funeral for a friend. Uh, and isn't that a song, Eric? And you have him there, no. and he's like, Maybe. I know I'm innocent. I'm going to prove this. And and in the meantime, at least they have the idea that Benson's themselves realize that the citizen isn't the be all end all of law enforcement. So it's not like he can citizen arrest Oliver. So he can say, I I'm going to prove myself innocent. I will do this. Now I'm shocked that he just doesn't show the footage, but he wants to catch. Why you does know, he have people, to what do you mean later? citizen at his own game? Why can't he just be green know. arrow and stop him? Yeah. I mean, really what you could have done is he's like, here's the evidence. Uh, you can see this Brett guy, unfortunately, rest in peace. R.I.P. Brett. Boom, boom. Uh, he's dead. He, he was, was a piece, piece of shit, shit. though. Also died as a drunk driver. So, you know, comeuppance. And I there's the evidence. This, like, you know, here's the thing. Going to beat him in his own game, Don. Green Arrow is going to go. He, he video yeah. recorded this whole thing. He's going to go online. This is the citizen. This he is knows the thing. It. And the this thing is, is what like, I, I was getting to. People of Seattle, yes. go out there Get and em. kill everyone. That, that's exactly what I was getting to, where he says, I'm oh. innocent. This is how it's going down. Now, everybody in Seattle... Go get them. And these pieces of flip-flopping <laughs> shit will just go berserk I mean, and hunt them down. some buffalo over that there, apparently. Is, it is. Uh, you know, Buffalo has 30 days of night of going on. There may be vampires, but Seattle just has here. these people. I mean, what, that's what happens. You, you get all that that miserable grunge music, Eric. It's still resonating in these people's minds. So I would have thought they would have done that. Go get them, people. And then you just would have seen them. No, I'm dead. Yeah, and it may still end that way. I'm I'm telling you, it may. And then the next thing you know, they're selling Oliver Queen shirts. There you go. Flip floppers. Reuben, John No, Jack, they're selling Queen shirts. Reuben thought that I called him a hack today in the oh, Slack no. because I was making a joke and he interrupted my joke and killed the joke. And then he wasn't offended. He thought it was funny. I would never call him a hack. He cried. He, li- he cried. He lives hard. in Seattle. Oh, fucking kill me. These these people do not care about <laughs> the lay of the wall. As soon as he saw it, holy moly! Yeah, he was getting tickets, and then I'm like, I wasn't calling you a hack. It was part of the joke before. Oh shit! These are not refundable those tickets. <laughs> no, then he's mad at that. Looks now like I'm furious. Looks like I'm mad at something else. Oh yes, there you go, Eric. What uh, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 5.1 out of 10 because while I like the art, I found the story rushed yeah. as hell. The it's our man, Javier so Fernandez. And, I like uh, his art a lot better yeah, than we used it's to. Just, it's just the, the characterization of everybody no, actually, is so I'm generic. Wrong too. I forgot it's German. It, it yes, wasn't. it's German he Peralta. Had, I'll give German a, a very uh, good I took thing him in high school. He actually made this look a little bit to Javier Fernandez's style, but better. Way so better. I, I actually like the art. German. German. But no, everything uh, about this is so generic. And on top of that, it's rushed and everything is forced yeah. to get to where you need to go. And it just really didn't make a very interesting issue because you have this forced detective work that I don't care about. Okay, how about this guy? Well, he's dead. Well, how about this guy? Well, you didn't do this. Oh, this guy did? Okay, no. you got to go over here. Oh, he did this. Okay, I'm over here. I was so bored reading this and I want to like a Green Arrow book. It's just yeah, I do all too. the writers make it very hard. 
Yeah, yeah, it's true, and it's it's changing up. Lansing and Kelly are going to be jumping on this book in a couple and more hopefully issues. They can do something. Yeah, maybe they will, but uh, this is just not. I, I'm going afraid well. that they're going to make it generic too, because I think everybody's Everybody afraid to do something with different with the Green and, Arrow. And this is where I think the problem was. You had Ben Percy on this book, and a lot of people listening will be like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Jim Ben Percy killed it. Yeah, he did. He killed it. He killed our enthusiasm by the she end. Did. We liked it at the beginning. It ended up not going, and Tell by you, the when end, started. He, I thought he did so much yeah, better I than that what he, he was so doing on Green Arrow in the new He got 52. back to what he was doing, and he it got just back to that. Back. And then at the end, you saw people praising him for the last couple issues, especially his last issue, praised him so much for. Oh man, you know this is one of the best runs, and I think people took to heart. You have the Bensons like, okay, let's keep the the ball rolling and do this. It just wasn't that good, and now you see that you need something new. I, I know that Oliver and the whole. Green Arrow book has always been a social book. I'm not going to say a social justice, a social. It's been a social issues book. You've had There's a lot no of reason things. though that it can't be fun. You, you, yeah, and also you don't always have to have those. You, you can back off a little and have you know a yeah, run we know where who the Green Arrow fun. character is. You don't have yeah. to reiterate it with every adventure he's on. And it always ends up by the end like it always has to be this idea. We we get the idea that he's. A modern day Robin Hood where he's yeah. a rich guy, but it will support the poor or whatever. But when you have the villains always focusing on Oliver Queen, the piece of shit one percenter, it, it starts to drag. And it also starts to be the point where you're like, why is Oliver taking this anymore? Also, even when we had, he just was on trial for murder and the yeah. worst trial ever, the trial Again. of the century. We went years and years for the with this murder and all these things. And, and Queen Industries was getting, Broderick was running it into the ground. They were funny, but yet it never it never sticks. So you have these big things where you're like, yeah, we're going to make Oliver like at the worst thing. And then what? But why does Queen Industries? Why is it still around? Like the things don't work anymore because you keep with the same thing. And it it really is getting boring. I'm giving it a five. I'm not even going five one. And I like the art. And really, this is whatever variety you want. You want the FU variety. You want just a standard variety. I just, I'm going to go that this, point one I'm extra going, just for yeah, German. Yeah, I'm, I'm just giving – I'm leaving it up German. for grabs. Up for grabs, German. Darfig bitte Alphabetic Game. German. German. Yeah. You know what? Turn it up to Elf is what I say when I'm rocking the house, Eric. Uh, but yeah, I just – I'm getting bored with the same old story. And then you throw Me in too. a generic anarchy light like you said and it doesn't help. Uh, so yeah, I'll do that. Anarchy light, Eric. Anarchy lit it's not no lit. my kids would no. tell me it's not lit no it's not straight fire but at the end it is because that house blows up there straight fire but yeah uh there you go <laughs> what's going on no more. i don't even know what we're doing I, I it's a weird thing of having sections of two books i thought we were Nine. going to another book i don't know what do we have how many books do we have tonight elf we're gonna go now off to I don't think so some mail yo it's mail call it is the best Podcast all week, even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim, and I've got such a long way to go, to make it to the end of the episode, first I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. So first I'm here, now we 
right, and we're back with some more mail, and we're going to start right. mail section number two off with Adam, who I'm sure is very excited about Jimmy Butler, and Eric has no idea what I'm talking about. Adam nope. says, hey, my dudes, hell of an episode last week, obviously, Thank talking you. about episode 200. It was a blast listen to. During one of the older clips you threw in the episode, there was a discussion regarding Eric's potential stepdaddies but by the names of Stinky Jamie and Dirtbag Dirt Doug. Bag Doug. Yeah, My yeah. mom went through a similar collection of guys when I was in high school after having to deal with those pieces of shit for years. My mom finally found a decent guy from Eric Warminster. Didn't oh. know they had decent guys from there. That's where no. I grew up. What are you talking yeah. about? That's, that's where, where was, she found these guys. That's, that's where, where I was, this yeah. is going on. That's where I was born and raised for a while, <laughs> too, before I moved to Quakertown and remarried while I was in college. So, Eric, there is still hope for you. Don't give up and keep your head up high. I wonder champ. if I know him. Maybe. It might have been you. All this talk <laughs> about daddies has inspired me to provide another Elseworlds story to your collection because I did end up doing a uh, a little bit of an Elseworlds Eric Shea yes. uh, fan fiction. I don't like uh, it. You'll have to listen to episode 200 I for like that. It. I call this one, he's writing it, King Dom Come, Eric. King Dom Come. Derek Stray was home alone one afternoon playing with his dolls. Uh, all right, all right. I mean, action figures. No, yeah, wait a minute. Course. I think I need some music for this, Eric. I oh, prepared. <laughs> when he heard a knock on the door, you like the porn music? Derek's like- anxiety triggered and he tiptoed to the door to see who had the audacity to knock. Derek was almost there when he heard, I know you're home. Open up. Oh, Derek recognized the voice, sighed and opened the door. A portly fellow with a stained white undershirt, bedazzled jeans, and a Burger King paper crown stood on the other side of the door with his hands on his hips and his chin up. He was chomping on a couple whoppers. It was King Dom. Where's your mom? King Dom pronounced. Mouthful of greasy goodness. She isn't here, Derek replied. It's a little person. He saw something (laughs) sparkle in King Dom's eye. Mmm. You know what to do, loyal subject. Derek cringed, but he knew his place. He proceeded to drop to all fours while King Dom took his place on the couch. Derek braced himself while King Dom used Derek as an ottoman, turned on the TV and relaxed. Derek's back ached, but he dared not question the king. After a couple of hours, Derek noticed a bulge in King Dom's pants. King Dom caught Derek's admiration. I see if you notice I brought my friend with me. King Dom reached for his pants. Hello! And pulled out a pickle with a face painted on it and a jester hat. This here's my court jester. King Dom wiggled his pickle. He seems to like you. Anyway, I think it's time for your highness to depart. Tell your mom that I stopped by for... King Dom got up and walked out the door. What did he watch on TV in such a short time? He was watching a movie. Derek went back to playing with his toys. A few minutes later, he noticed the bush vibrating right outside his window. He studied for a moment and thought he could see the reflection of a Burger King paper crown. Eric, I mean Derek, cracked a small smile, blushed, and returned to his toys with a little more enthusiasm. The end... That is love, Adam. Because we're getting some really bad territory. That is love, Adam. See, he just wanted to make you into an Ottoman. That's fine, right? Then that's But I'm telling you, it sounds like I I grew up and traveled back in time and made myself into an Ottoman. My my talk last week, that was a little sexier. I mean, you you got a little upset. You were put on a list. 
Yeah, I was. And so were you. The sexy list, Eric. The sexy oh, list. Only pie. the sexy people allowed on that list. Thank you, Adam. And then Adam sent me a note that wasn't for the podcast, but it made me laugh. He's like, you really don't have to read that. I'm like, that that's your whole mail. <laughs> of course I'm reading it. And that's why we read everything that we're sent and mention things that you tell me not to mention. There you go. Brandon is next. But thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Watch out for those people from Warminster. Agreed. Especially if he lived in the Village Green Apartments. Let me know. It might be Mr. Quigley, that old fella that was making the uh, the Rice Krispie squares with his wife that I throw away. Yeah, he's dead. I'm telling you, he was trying to kill me with those poison things. Brandon says, just diabetes. Yeah. After listening, he actually looked like almost the Keebler, the main Keebler elf is what that guy looked like. Like he looked like the nicest old guy that ever could live. I didn't trust that motherfucker. Who Obviously. gives people, you know, you know who, who goes out of their way to give uh, people that, you know, just happen to live next door. I believe that's called cherry. treats. No. Sub fellas, after listening to the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast last episode, Talk Esports, I would like to clear the record regarding my knee incident on the basketball court oh. and why I support the stance. Esports are bull poo poo. <laughs> Not only did I suffer the embarrassment on the Marvel Comics podcast right now, he can't yeah. curse. Not only did I suffer the embarrassment of blowing my knee out once in front of the whole school, but I shit my pants twice. No, he says he did it twice. He blew out his knee twice in back to back years. I can imagine the second one. They're like, really? This is happening again, Jesus Christ. And really, I said to you, the whole whole to-do has to stop while they end up, you know, getting the ambulance there, you know, last rites. It's crazy. It's like he ruins days. They said to him, like, listen, we understand you hurt yourself, but, uh, you know, even a blind man's right twice a day, right? What? After years of sacrifice, there is not a meniscus to be found of use in either of my knees and possibly a loose ACL in one of them, too. I I tell you, you don't want a loose ACL. No, no, screw you. I blame years of Catholic school basketball and slippery tile cafeteria floors or title cafeteria floors as he wrote in no way were my injuries because i was an old unathletic fuck who was out of shape he says poo poo but he was a young unathletic fuck who was out of shape i played sports for many years on a quote court where there was a very real (laughs) risk of catching a stray gummy bear during a jump stomp for a bounce pass under the shoe which in my hindsight was probably not best for my body i I should have been exercising my thumbs on mike tyson and punch out a ryan in street fighter if i could only turn back time like share Things may be different, and he'd be a lot sexier. She'd be on that Brandon on that battleship with that see-through thing. If I, <laughs> that G-string going on. He'd have that G-string and then that stupid fucking vest. He'd be dancing around. But I have no regrets. No, last word spelled wrong purposely for effect, Eric. Do you have any regrets? You're not supposed to read that part. Do you I have regrets? regrets. You, I try to get in and out of the shower as quick as possible because as soon as I get in, I start reliving every terrible and misti- thing I've ever done and all my mistakes. Oh, I thought you saw the mirror. Oh, Ooh, that's a sick burn, wasn't it, little guy? Yeah, it was! He's little guy. <laughs> He's back. Little person. <laughs> oh, little person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I mispronounced your name, little person. That's not my fucking name! My name's fucking Sammy! Shut I'm the fuck call- up, I'm Sammy. You're a little person. You, Sammy, listen here. Stop it. I gotta say it. The clock nonsense is bullshit. 
<laughs> he, he doesn't know. He doesn't like telling time. I, it's either that or the shot clock. He's talking about. I just he's talking about turning back time. Bullshit. He's like, sure. Like, that's no digital, not for me. I like that he calls daylight savings time the clock nonsense. <laughs> don't you do that voodoo clock? I went to bed and it was eight. Now I woke up and this time don't make no sense. I know well, I, I slept for eight about. hours. It's, look. Yeah. I look outside. We turned the clocks back an hour. Somehow we lost three hours, though. It's already dark yeah. out at 530. I know. I know. That well, what, what happened? I don't know what's going on. I always forget how it turns another snowy week here in Buffalo into a period of time where the sun appears to never come out. If you work on eight-hour you know, shift, then you July. might as well call this place Alaska <laughs> for six months a year then. It's 30 days a night. You watch out for them Draculas. It's Draculas what all do over. You, what, why, uh, what do we have? Like five farmers left in the U.S. This time change still benefits. I, I like that he will not. I, I guess that when you call it daylight savings time, like now you have to like keep candy it. Man. No, it's something like Candyman. I think it's a pet. Once you name it, you have to keep it. Who <laughs> listens to farmers anyway? Whatever politician Bunch chooses to abolish, yes, abolish this monstrosity of an agreement made ages ago will be the first one to get me off my ass and care enough to vote. Someone tell my kid the time has moved forward on the weekend, please. She doesn't listen to me. It was fun to see people have blocked Jim online, mostly for his spirited debate skills. Usually of the new Batman Mr. Miracle issues, begin to question Tom Kane as direction of Batman Heroes in Crisis this week. Yeah, the tables have turned. Yeah, they're, they're singing our tune. I don't know. Those people who come out and say that are real heroes now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the heroes. This is the problem. Why are we Sonic Youth and they're Nirvana? They're getting all the accolades and the money while we're sitting back, uh, you know, we fucking with Kim. We have Kim Gordon on base and nothing more. <laughs> it's interesting. It took Bane's reappearance with Batman's dad standing there like a tool bag for everything to eventually come full circle. But here we are. I think these people now see what they enjoyed the humanized Batman soon going away in the very near future in order to wrap up this nonsense. Tom King was has cooked up over however many issues. Issues. These are people panicking because after months of 10 out of 10s, they have nothing to put their hat on. People are starting to call them out for their bullshit scores. So they're scrambling like that god awful Campbell to cover all their bases so they can say at the end of it, bases. Oh, well, I did write that one thing. He's not talking about the character, Eric. That one time saying, I'm not quite sure about all of this when it doesn't work out. That, my friends, is what I call faking the funk. And these people deserve to be laughed at. Eric and possibly yeah. pointed at these comic down. Books used to provide me a solid escape from outside nonsense, but currently I'm not enjoying many of them unless I dive into my back issues. And it's the same thing. He's got knee issues and back issues now. Eric, the guy's a wreck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as you heard earlier, you may have realized I'm not so happy with the books. Almost half no? my pull list I read is wrapped up in some gosh darn crossover. Currently, I just gosh refuse darn. to partake in. Thank God for Daredevil on Netflix to fill this void. Man, what's there to fill that. my void? You know what's there to fill my void? That guy you, Wawa? Eric. No, you. Oh. How dare you step on my, uh, my you know, Mine was getting better. together with you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy wants to fill my void regularly. Batman, if I ever see Janin's art again after all this Tom King nonsense is over, I think it'll be 100 issues too soon. That's not nice. No. I really can't stand the looks and feels of the art in his comics anymore. I just think he has a very sterile style that when like you it. put it with the sterile style of the book i know it, things don't seem to have as much motion as they should everything seems to be like posed i mean you know what i mean they all look like dioramas and i hate dioramas God, i, I mean just, dioramas. just imagine the diorama the penguin rah, rah, rah. Eh, that's a pretty good diorama i, got all my I don't He-Man like figures set up here like a diorama with snake mountain yeah, and castle yeah. grayskull 
Skeletor? What are you doing over there? Who's Bones? talking to Skeletor? What's that? Who's, Who's talking? talking to him? I was man at arms. So I, how oh, can okay. you not tell? Oh, hey my there. Head. Yeah, you ever watch Bones, Skeletor? Of course I do. I watched the Bones. That's the one with the angel in it, right? Why is little, why is why little person playing Skeletor? Why do you sound Skeletor? like little person and guy kid? <laughs> I don't have many voices. <laughs> December 2020. I really we're think getting- that man in arms would sound like Johnny the Sexy uh, Cattle Rustler. Hello, what's yes, going on, He-Mans? I don't know, Tila. Why are you talking like that? Poor I'm running out of voices. I, He-Man does. He-Man, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know there, boss. There you go. That's He-Man. <sighs> December 2020, we are he throwing a power. Get Fresh crew party as soon as King leaves this title. Justice League, well, about the only thing I have to look forward to is th- from this Drowned Earth storyline is next Justice League issues where Broken Batman fights the Legion of Doom because I could give a shit about the rest of it. For oh, a wow. book I really used to look forward to, it's really getting dangerously close to falling off my pull list soon because there's too much going on in Snyder's story to bog this title down with this nonsense. I can't even tell if there's this a is lot part of on. the source wall glowing ball stuff going on that they it were always. setting up in Justice League or not. That's how joint disjoint of this book currently feels to me. Supergirl. You think we'd go through all of this if they would have gotten the totality in the beginning? The Legion of Doom, that is? I don't know. Why are you asking me? I'm here on attorney. So I don't know after what that, the hell you're talking B. about. Why are you asking men at arms that? No, I no ask him a lot of things. Supergirl, I have to say catching up in this title post-Orlando issues has been more enjoyable than I anticipated. I never really read Supergirl much, and with Bendis hogging all the Superman spotlight, I wanted a super title in my list of books. This felt like the best compromise. I wish the art was a little better. Me I like that art, but I actually look forward to the Supergirl story and seeing where it goes more than, say, Batman or Just League Drowned Earth at this point in time. I'm just trying to find something DC up my alley. That's what was happening to me at that wall. Suicide Squad Lately, Black Files. And this is filling that temporary hole for now. All right. Just like me at Tell Wawa. me about it, Jen. Don't look now, but after an awful start to the fantasy season, I'm starting to get H-O-T hot. Grave <laughs> should be sweating a little bit. He ain't sweating. I felt though he was so excited to grab Des Bryant. He thought that he was, you know, pulling the rug out of everyone by signing Des Bryant before he actually got signed by the Saints, and then Des tore his ACL yep. first practice. I gents, all right, Brandon's brand, and we're going to go off now to. Reggie's books and Justice League that Brandon was just bitching and moaning about. I don't know that How if poignant. we'll. I don't know if we'll agree with him or not. I think we really liked it, right? Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. All right, and here we are with Reginald Drinkwater here. Oh. Ah, yes. We drink a little water right there. Here he is now, Bob. Don't do that. It might be drowned water. Whoa. Oh, my. Don't drink the purple water, is what they say. (laughs) You turn into the fish peoples. Right. Yes, because what are we talking about first, Reggie? We're talking about Justice League number 11, written by Scott Snyder, art by Francis Manipool. The ocean is always nicer in another dimension. The water will make you a monster, so treat it with apprehension. Or dive in, it doesn't matter. You'll all be our casualties, growing flippers and gills and fins, and a shoot where the dick used to be under the sea. 
under the sea. You'll see a man turn to a clam under the sea. And if you try to fight it back, then you will be a kraken snack. We're on a roll. We're in control under the sea. Boom. Yes. There'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans. That's what I always sing. But, uh, yeah, uh, this book is, is, it's a book and it's the Justice Leagues. And Reggie, you took it over from me this month because it is the drowned earth deal. Uh, the problem is, is one of the things that's really starting to get to me. And I, I mentioned it a, a bunch of times in the Justice League Dark is we're getting these, what they're terming as, Events. I know this isn't an event. It's not. Right. It's just a crossover. But even having it to be a crossover really throws me into the part where I get upset because of the fact that I you already see that this is only going to be to set up other stories down the line. And I don't think it's really going to have a definitive like, oh, my God, ending that it's going to make me want to read this story later. Uh, I'm already kind of bored with it, and we're trying. We're, I kind of want to go back and reread some stuff because well, things seem like the Tear of Extinction and the Graveyard of the yeah, Gods are I the same thing anymore. Yeah, I don't understand that either. But we're we're kind of like Reggie will tell us we we are kind of treading water, not purple uh-huh. water, just water. But it, it, it is weird. But the I kept going back to is this is this is touted as part two of Drowned Earth. And this is easily the fifth book we've covered. Yeah, because about, we've about had this. preludes. I don't understand why it's We had like, too many preludes. Uh, that yeah. was obvious. And then when you got to these main books, what happens because those were preludes in the Aquaman and Just Like and whatever, you, you can't be so sure everybody's read that. And nobody anymore wants to put their balls on the line and just say – you go read those then, because I'm mm-hmm. not going to reiterate this stuff. You end up taking, you get three preludes, which then means you have one and a half issues of reiterating those preludes. And it is by this point where we're only on part two. It's weird because I'm already bored because of us reiterating stuff and things. Now Just I do keep like, having to say it, like, I, do the I'll, same yeah, status yeah. quo over and And I'll again. tell you right now, I, the art in this, I loved. I love the art I so much. I loved it so much. But... With that is, you know, Superman has an eye patch. You know, I, I kind of kinda like that, but where did it come from? Reggie, you were right that Flash got hit by some of the water. So I'd like that. We actually, you know, I can point right to the deal where we have it. We have Wonder Woman who shows up and she has that two-headed bird fucking, you know, mechanical deal. Yeah. We know where that came from. Where did the well, eye patch come did from? She, where did she come from, though, from all these different points on that little sailboat? Yeah, well, from that's, the that's what of I'm saying. Thing. These are things that, and, and I hate to both. say it. That's a- we yeah we call out uh, you know Tom King on this sort of thing all the time so it's not fair to not call out everybody on it there are a lot of parts in this book that I have no idea where we go from and yes I feel so lost even after Superman three having a Superman having an eye patch ID you know you can tell me that that's not crucial to the story but when I see it it's what sticks out Eric Shea wears an eye patch on the wreck. And so when I see an eye patch, I need to know about it and why he I mean, has he, it. He, he says he got infected by yes, the ocean. Yes, he says Lord that. Yes. Right. We, we didn't see him. No. Like, and then the he's like, oh, from. I'm getting my powers back. It's all. He reminds me a lot of when I got that acid in my eye at work. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's see. Oh, that's not working. trying to yet. tell everybody it was an alien sea god. Yes, I said that. Right. And I said, I and don't want to turn in the fish people. It was basically and because. And the boss is all like, look, just use some borax. God yeah, damn it. No, yeah, mix the borax 
works to get a base. And then, and then tell me my feet stink. There you go. That was a different there you go. time. Good. But yeah, with <laughs> that, I, I was a little confused what's going on. But you start out with Mara, you know, looking at Atlantis with her dad. I like that part. I actually really yes. like that part. It's the juxtaposition of the beginning of Aquaman and what we've gotten in some of these other stories with his father. And I really like how it is. And I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know what Eric, you better get glasses on because I, I think this looks great. It's super. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's got to be a you know take it or leave it type situation because yeah. it is super stylized. I love it. I, I love think it. that Manipul's uh, page layouts and this isn't even his crazy shit. You know, no, we, we, yeah, you know, he, he go never wild, likes to go boxes though. It's always it's, it's very yeah. rare. There are some, but yeah, yeah he, he always goes a little Maybe wild. The biggest and, thing I don't like about it is like the pastel like colors for it. I love it. I, I really like it. And and his mare I think is is incredible throughout this whole deal but we end up where they you know you have mara and superman and and flash and they're trying to find arian's grave they're trying to go there in the meantime you have aquaman break free they make him walk the plank where he gets knocked off but wonder woman saves him to go find the graveyard of gods the problem i have really they're very similar feeling things you know what i mean so i know what's going on and i'm not confused but it kind of is like, okay, you're doing part A and you're doing part AA. It, they just seem too similar, yeah, the things I, I going mean, on. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's so they can, you know, they can give them yeah. a little pause. So oh, we can I, have know. More I, I know. I know what's thing, going on. Well, they, just, they talk about this vortex. It's more than a black hole that rips everything apart, matter, antimatter. And I have to wonder, it's like, is this a vortex to the graveyard of the gods or did this actually kill them? They went to the graveyard of the gods because they are gods and then released. So that's why they're because yeah. it almost seems like the whole idea because then we use the key to the graveyard of the gods a different way to get there. I'm like, someone's like, you know, and nobody survived the tale of the tale. I'm like, how are you telling the story then? If that's the case, you ripped apart. Like, what is this whole thing? Like, I thought well, this part would be very confusing. No, yeah. no one survived until now. That's what they didn't say. That yeah. this is the first time that they finally have survived. So now, now it can be told. But it was close there for a minute. No, almost the story didn't get told. So. Yeah, yeah, really. Thank God. The, the problem I have though is like you have the major parts of this book are the one team at Arian's tomb and the other team yeah. at the graveyard of gods, and they're just two similar concepts. And actually, I, I did kind of get a little not confused, but I had to be like, oh, uh, okay. I, get I actually, I'm yeah. saying I have to say like, oh yeah, they're at Arian's deal, exactly. Not, yeah, and Arian's I, I, grave, not yeah. the graveyard of the, the gods. The, 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 the difference. Is at Arians they have to get a MacGuffin, but at the graveyard of the gods they have to talk <laughs> have to a MacGuffin. Yeah, and even so with the idea the <laughs> that uh, Manta's there at Arian's grave or tomb, and because, and no. I like the idea of the hey, you know, this would be the last place you'd look. That's where you, I get it. I, I think but, that's well, kind of there, cool. Why is there a dry spot on Earth? I mean, that's I what I'm saying. Why aren't there people there? Why didn't they put the people there? And then it just ends up like, oh no, it's only fl- a matter of time. The floods are coming. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, even the, you know, one of these old ancient gods, uh, space gods behind Manta is one thing. And then you go and you see Poseidon and I'm like, they kind of even look, everything is so similar to me. And so you have this going on and you just, you're going and Eric said, the tear, or as Eric called it, the terror of extinction. I would never do that. Uh, you end up where 
that kind of seems to have changed because it seemed as if that was what Cheetah had to kill Poseidon. Yeah. Now he's I like, oh, she put the terror, yeah. the terror, the terror the extinction tear. on yeah, her the claws. Tear. You said, God damn it. And, yeah, and the, but he's like, oh, her claws and stuff. And then the, you know, you have Manta say he had. I just he, and he says he stole it, but did he steal it from Cheetah? What? And you I know, thought they had the key to the graveyard of the gods before. Like, yeah. I, I thought, thought they, they were stole together. Yeah, the same yeah. Time. yeah I, I got a little confused, but some of the I'm, some of the individual things I did like. I actually like Wonder Woman and Aquaman teaming up. I, I think that that's cool. And I like the way that Flash is, you know, vibrating to keep the fish disease sure, off he's got of a head, him. He's got a half fish yeah. face going on. That's yeah. kind of but, and, and, I, I like the idea, too, because, like, you know, oh, he's using his powers to stave it off my I don't know what that means, but I guess I'll go with it. Yeah, okay, yeah, he, he can slow down his fish transformation. Sure, whatever, That's a lot know. of things, though. A lot of the things, if you're going to like this issue, you have to kind of give it a wide berth and say, okay, I'll just go with it. Like we said, with the terror of extinction, and right, say, okay. okay. And then, you know, I still don't really understand fully the graveyard of gods and what really did like that. He, you had Poseidon going and Arian put the others in that. I just, I don't really get the full and concept. It's such a weird thing too, because you know, in the, in was it metal? Yeah, it was metal was then where we had, you know, Arian's false grave. Now we're going yeah. to Arian's real grave. Yeah. And here's the his graveyard real of the grave. Gods. Yeah. And you have that. And I, I just, I did get a little confused, but with this, as you, as we remember, Aquaman doesn't have powers. He points it out. He goes to Poseidon. Poseidon's just, he look old. And yeah. like, hey, old, hey, old Poseidon, I lost my powers. I need them back to fight these, you know, monsters you? from space, these space sea gods. Uh, can you help me? And he's like, come closer. No, <laughs> no, don't right with the trident, right through them. And yeah, I, I would guess that this is still just part of the plan uh, right, of yeah. how you have to die to kind of get your powers back when you resurrect or, or whatever you, you, it will be. You have to get them stabbed into you by a painfully yeah. by a magic trick. Oh, it looks awful. It looks awful. And, and then with that, though, you it's, have throughout all this Batman in the, the uh, Hall of Justice. Well, before, and, before we get to that point, though, just the one thing, because we got we went to the, the Room of the Crowns before to find the yeah. thing that's going to lead us to the Tear of Extinction. Uh, Goddamn you. Yep. The Tear oh, of Extinction. Nice. And it led us to Arian. So, like, is this less of a radar and more of a map to where it once was? Because we saw that they stole this when they were in that but legionnaire. But here's the problem is base. when they get there, Mana says, I stole it. So I guess he has it. I would say well, uh, he's like, yes, he in his back pocket, been, I think. Mary he's, even says the tomb's been desiccated. Yeah. So it means like it's been taken at one point. But does that like what they have? Is that just a map to where it once was till yeah, the Legionnaire actually, people stole I, it? I still there? think that I think that Mana has it in his back pocket. I'm, I'm not. He has that. He's holding there and he says, I stole it. And I'm the one that called the sea gods down there. I think that that's what they're showing now before we saw it as something different. But it's almost like it's pointing out that skull might be it now. Yeah. Uh, so I think that things have I, changed. I got that impression that. Yeah. That's, that skull that's, is the artifact. That's here. it. And, and so it did lead him now to that. Now he's got that. Aquaman's powers. He just likes holding skulls. It's, it's a weird, weird thing to lead. Like, why? Was he just sitting there in that tomb? Just waiting? Oh, and just they sitting hurry there. up already. God, yeah, really. I, I mean, really. Like, he could have been anywhere. He could have just been sitting in a, you know, yeah, a, a Burger King. Desert. No, he could have been at an underground or an underwater, uh, you know, McDonald's eating a filet of fish. He could have been doing that. And then they uh, could have showed up or, you know, make it. So why did he want? I know he wants to kill them, but really, he kind of led them there. 
with one of the guns. But yeah, Mara attacks. I don't know why I was going to say Mara. Uh, But yeah, they're they're doing that. But afterwards, you have throughout this Jaro and and Batman in the the Hall of... uh, I like Jaro, too. Yeah, I like him. He's in the Hall of Justice there. And they have a little back and forth and stuff like that. They call him Dad at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, And it's a weird deal, though, because I don't know why... But I don't care about Batman in this story. It's like he's there and it's like, oh no, the Scott Snyder. I'm, I'm gonna have to leave because it's 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 starting to take on water. I'm like, just get out of there, Batman. But we know you're gonna get out of there. And even if you did turn into a fish guy, it, it's just it didn't really stick with me. There was no tension to that. And then at the end, it's a pretty cool thing where you know Batman's trying to get out. He's kind of you know crawling around, and then that's where you see the Legion of Doom show the up. It was odd Doom. that the Legion of Doom show up because I don't think they should be able to get to this part of the uh, the Hall of Justice no matter I, what happens I because think it's a secret door now. I actually think that the what has happened and what they're doing. They doored in somehow. They kind of boom. I think that shit has gone wrong from the, you know, the flooding and all the defenses and things must be down for them to go in. It's such but, an odd idea where we have this special doorknob that only a few people with a certain connection can see to lead to a secret yeah, yeah, aspect to this I whole know. thing. And it can be broken down by a little bit of flooding. But well, the other thing is itself. weird to me. It's like, uh, yeah, I got the totality. I'm, I'm getting out of here. Boom, and then the totality looks like it's humongous again. It's this little thing, then it's humongous. I just There's a lot of things that I just don't have a grip on, and I do think that maybe this will be better in trade afterwards than if you read them all in a row. Because it feels so disjointed from each issue that we read. It seems like they're constantly rewriting what things are supposed to be, and I'm like, I'm reading every issue. How is it that I don't know what's going on still? Yeah, yeah, but I love the art, and I'm intrigued by a lot of the things in this. It's just I'm also confused, and we'll see. But uh, Reggie, what'd you give it? Uh, I, after all, everything you're saying is uh, quite true, and I did have a couple of misgivings about the story, but I really did enjoy it. I thought it was visually really strong. My love oh, for I love the art. Cool myself. I love art. And uh, you know, we talked about uh, on the spotlight the pacing of Green Lantern. Here's a book that I thought was paced. Really well. I thought, that, I, I thought the three, pacing three was good. Stories happening kind of in tandem. One of them kind of, you know, the Batman one being the lesser story. So they're, they're handling those two teams in tandem doing pretty well. Uh, it was, I had a good time with it. I really yeah. have no much, not much more to say about it. So I ended up giving it an eight out of ten. Yeah. I, I don't think the pacing is the problem at all. I like the pacing. It's just mm-hmm. some of these stories, the two are a little too similar. You kind of go from one, like uh, just the idea of Aquaman being captured by the space gods. And you, you get a little of that here because he escapes, but even that escape ends up where I'm like, I don't understand what's going on with them now. What are they at? You know, I, I have a lot of big questions still. That, like just hanging out in that blood reef for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Totally not. Yeah, I wouldn't hang out anywhere called the Blood Wreath. That doesn't no. sound fun. But yeah, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm still in. But I'm going to give this a 6-5 because I love the art. I think the art is great. I love Francis Manipal's art anytime he shows up. And it was one of the things that I used to laugh a lot. Uh, and it, he gets a little more generic with the panel layout here later. But at one point at the beginning, it's one of those things. When we would first started doing reviews and he was doing The Flash, it's like Brett Booth did as well. Yeah. On 
on a lot of his things where when we didn't get the, uh, you know, DC didn't send us preview pages, so we'd have to grab our own pictures from things. It was near impossible to get a panel because the the yeah, things yeah, are yeah. all over the place. It, used, <laughs> it would drive me nuts. Uh, but yeah. And then I, even later in Detective when they took over that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go 6.5. I'm sure Eric's going to go uh, a lot uh, lower than that. What, what would you Not go? a lot lower. I'm telling you, this is the first issue of The Drowned five, Earth. Five. It's really taken away my, you know, I was all on board. This is my interest in this is kind of waning now because of this issue. I'm not a huge fan of Francis Manipul. It's not a huge fan. It's like, it's an on again, off again. Or like some issues I think he does really well. Maybe it's the pastel colors here. I just don't didn't like it overall, and I just don't understand the story that we're getting anymore. Things seem to be changing. People are just doing stuff because, hey, they can. Superman has an eye patch for no goddamn reason. I don't know what the yeah. heck's going on, but I am going to go down to a 5.8 out of 10 Ooh. on this because I'm just not having fun reading it. And like the Green Lantern, it's becoming a chore to read, and I can give that a little bit of a like, – I only gave that a 6, but – you know. That's the first issue. Now this is what issue number eleven. I'm still confused about what the hell we're even dealing with in the Justice League. Number it's getting very frustrating. Like yeah. Issue number two of the Drowned Drowned Earth. Technically, we're really issue five or six yeah. of yeah. having dealt with it. And I'll tell yeah. you, that I would have I would have definitely liked it a lot better if they also gave Superman a three cornered hat and a blunderbuss. That if he had that, or possibly a headband. I would like that, and maybe a, a, a poison T-shirt. Uh, though at, by the end of it, I'm going through this, and as I'm paging through it, then I I see, and I'm like, Martian Manhunter, stop looking at me like that. That last I hate page, it. I hate that. He's looking into my soul with those weird Look at eyes. Uh, and, and really, you're looking there, and Martian Manhunter can, you know, he's a shapeshifter and things like that. Don't ever. Go with your normal form, uh, you know, John. That's There's no reason. Form. I'm just saying, why pick that? That is so disgusting. Oh, John Jones, do yeah. it, man. Oh, he looks terrible. But we'll move on to the last book uh, that we'll be talking with Reggie. And what is that, Reggie? It is Harley Quinn number 53, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Lucas Werenek and Alex Sinclair. Somebody once told me that Harley was funny. At least some pages might make you smirk. It was always kind of dumb, even a little crummy, but somehow the team made it work. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Harley's in a movie, now ain't that something. The comic made sense when it was fun, but by my watch, this thing's long past done. So much came and so much went. In hindsight, it was a lot of nonsense. So Harley Quinn is a low blow. Scrape the bottom of the barrel and even below. Hey, now, you're on YouTube. Click your Facebook. Get shway. Hey, now, use your Twitter. Play Nintendo all day. The guy that writes this is 41. Your creepy uncle that plays Minecraft for fun. Yes, he is. And uh, So what happens is when a fucking middle-aged man tries to appeal to children. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Wow. <laughs> well, here's That's the thing. I don't know what you're reading. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write the book now. It's, it starts off. Hey there, did you check out my GeoCities? Yeah, I did, but I was <laughs> I too busy on the MySpace. And there you go. <laughs> the end. 
I'll, oh, I'll yeah. get you on the AIM messenger let's, now. Let's go back into the Wayback Machine and check out Goblin's Nightbreed page on GeoCities oh, yeah. that I, I mean, have. Eric is still proud of this GeoCities page that he had. He talks Look, about it a all link the, to the time. A link to the other sites that had a uh, uh, pinhead saying, oh, I have such sites oh, to my. show you. Hey there. Oh, wait. Come and look at my computer. I have sounds for every little thing that I press. <laughs> that was so when, cool. <laughs> listen, when I get rid of my trash file, I have something, a quote from Charlie <laughs> Sheen from Men at Work. There you go. And the end. But yeah, uh, this is here's the thing. Is, the, the weird thing about this is it seems as if Sam Humphreys, somebody has told him, listen, Go back and read these other Harleys that were popular because, you know, something uh, okay. because it seems as if he's trying to do that here. It seems like at least he's trying. But also he is also seems that somebody slipped him in a Burnside Batgirl issue as well. That's that he read because that's what this reminds me of as well. Then he also was enamored with either Mr. Miracle or the Heroes in Crisis, where somehow Harley looks like on YouTube she's actually doing a confessional. Uh, and I, I was done. And it's it's one of those, again, it's not fun. It, it's no. a bunch of scenes thrown together. Yeah, Batburger out of nowhere. And, you know, and, and people because are supposed of that, to think I, that's hilarious. The, the thing is, because of that and because Tom King and Heroes in Crisis had a little profile thing – and stating that the Harley Quinn in Heroes in Crisis is this Harley yeah. Quinn. I'm saying that this and the Batman books are within its own continuity and yeah. don't affect anything else. Yeah. Because, okay, that's, that's not why we don't see Batman. Batman's here. Yeah, that's why we don't ever see Batman interact with anybody. And with this, you have uh, an okay idea with minor disaster, major disaster's daughter. It's it's They've not so it's not spelled out. The thing is, where she has built a disaster dial, like Major Disaster has, but it doesn't work properly, so they are minor disasters. I love the concept like of that. It. But when you put it around the idea that Harley wants to be a YouTube star, and she's going to really ruin it. Takes away and from also, everything. the thing like, is, where is, her YouTube where, where is the fun of the idea? Here's what you yeah, got. Where yeah, is the fun? Where's the fun? Joke? And you have, you have Harley well, Quinn. We see, How? we see a couple break up. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, oh, there God, it is. what fun, man. Yeah. Fucking then Harley, Harley snapping and, her And where I think Sam Humphreys uh, really misses the boat as he always has on this book is how old do you think Harley is? I mean, legitimately in this book. Is she about 28, 25? Yeah, 28. Put her past 30. Exactly. Say 30 even. Go 30. How old does it seem the kids who are the YouTube watching people in this? They're 12? It's it's elementary school. So what you have is the setup for the fun of Harley finding out that to get money, you become a YouTube star. Show Harley doing it all the wrong ways, doesn't work out, does awful things. And there's where Sam Humphreys can go go and say, I'm 41. I'm a man. I'm 41. And with that, the idea of what he would think kids would like that would be the joke because that's what harley would think no you have her start this and out of nowhere nowhere she has how many followers on youtube where we've never even seen shit and she has like 400 million followers i mean it's it, it's just it's just somebody that is exactly she has our, half our a billion followers what the fuck views. it is you know what i mean yeah she uh, it, you tell me I can't be a YouTube star? No, she has 136 million subscribers here. What, overnight? And why would they? you 
have a very good opportunity to be a parody of old people trying to get in on the the, the YouTubes and the stuff. He 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 misses it. He misses every opportunity for fun. So uh, what we basically get is actually a fairly frank look at the grind that it is to be. To yeah, be a, that's to, what the fun is. Like, is to show like, that it sucks being a YouTuber. To show the, to show the least fun part of being on YouTube yeah, yeah. and the stress you'd be under. Yeah, why? Hey, why? Why are we? It, it's it's like it, you know, if we wanted to see, you know, what what you guys do. The humanization of Harley Quinn. And yeah, yeah. all you showed us was the paperwork. I you mean, know yeah, I mean? yeah, so, no, that, that's what it is. And, and, like you guys with the Laverne and Shirley, you leave your glove on a box. You know, I, what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm an old man. I watch these YouTube videos, and I can tell you right now three or four things that drive me completely insane about them. And you kind of get this in here for one little bit where they go, you know what? You got to get crazier and crazier. But I want Harley. Harley thinks that she, everybody, she's insane, right? She's uh, the funnest person right. ever. She's that. She gets on YouTube and realizes that she's at the bottom of the. People think that she is blase. She is boring. She's never been told that in her life. So now she has to pretend like, like I would like to see her try to do like, oh, we got to do a reaction video, and then you have some crazy ass shit happens because she's trying to fake the funk to do it that would be funny to me not where all of a sudden you know she's gonna drive a motorcycle over a goddamn banana peel she's what gonna shoot that? a bazooka at petite tina yeah. in a fucking library that was a like, minor what? disaster yeah, uh, what yeah. is happening yeah this is it's nonsense it is not or going to a bat burger and saying hey you shouldn't work here i'll give you the harley way what it's so stupid. There's Sucks. nothing funny about this. It's just stupid. And then in the end, just just to just to see what happens, you know, Harley, you know, minor disaster causes Harley to have some minor disasters ruining yeah. some of her, her YouTube things. And then at the very end, she even goes on a little rant against yeah. the uh, whole YouTube culture and her viewers, and she's about to delete the video, but then minor disaster makes her upload it, humiliating Harley. Yeah, her humiliating, but it'll end up being, you know what? I like seeing the humanizing of the Harleys and stuff. Why couldn't it be where Harley is trying in her awful way to go on YouTube? In the meantime, Minor Disaster is going to ruin Harley's YouTube career. And when she's doing these Minor Disasters, that's what becomes popular because of these crazy things. I'm saying, though, there you have another in to do something where Harley's like, I'm going to show me, you know, they like the smiling kitties. I'm going to do that. And she's about to do it. Minor Disaster hits her app and the cat goes feral and starts scratching Harley where she runs down go. and hits a, a Coney Island fucking, you know, the the freaking, uh, what's it called? The, the Natemans. She hits the, yeah, hit, uh, there, hits the strongman who throws up the thing that ends up gone. You have so many opportunities to do these yeah. things and you get nothing. No, it's, it's infuriating. How, how there's so many places that something funny might happen and now... It's the most unfunny. It's almost like a fucking chore. Like it is, you know. Like like I like I say, this is something I'd be like, oh, you want to know what it's like, you know, to do YouTube? Yeah, read this. You know what I mean? This hey, kind of I'm gives you a little idea. Here, Sam Humphries has just made the, the. I don't know if you realize this. He's in charge of rebooting now. The Three Stooges. They end up, they end up going and accidentally walking into a hospital. And they're like, oh, you doctors, you're here. And then, hey, yeah, we're no doctors. Shut up. And then they go, oh, this person has a broken leg. They set the leg and then the person's fine later. There you go. You end it with them being actual doctors. It's a, he always misses the joke. They start manipulating and stuff and it all works out. It's just stupid. It's, there's nothing funny. He has no funny bone at all and it's just stupid. 
I do yeah. find one thing funny in this where she is going to do the whole bat burger like, hey, you're going to quit your job for this amount of money. And the minor disaster is she gets stomach cramps, ends up having to have diarrhea really bad. I actually thought that was kind of funny. But I'll always laugh at diarrhea, but I don't know why that ends this thing. She'd still be given the money. Yeah. No, but okay. the is still filming. Like, don't don't record this part. Don't record this part. Yeah. For, for Jim, that's just post lunch. Yeah, every really. Day, I'm, so I'm talking so about that. Like that's not a crazy situation. <laughs> that is actually you don't today. Want it on air. That was today at two thirty. I don't know. I don't put it on there. <laughs> but yeah, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, I hated this book. I hate this run. I wish I wish they would just end this book now. Uh, it seems to be going nowhere slowly. There's not one thing entertaining except. That the art in this book, I thought, was a much bigger improvement yep. over the artist of the last one. I've never heard of this guy before, Lucas Werenick, but he, he like definitely reminded me more of John Timms. That's I like the, the way thing. He... That's why I thought I got that vibe that they're trying to get back, because the art is a very good, like, a, a Timms-looking art. It reminded, it's very yeah, similar. It's, I, I love the way Minor Disasters, like, she just had a, she looked like a young girl, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's, and everyone looked, oh. everything looked good. So that was not my problem. I hated the story, so I gave this a 3.5 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, I'm going four, and I did really like the art. It's just every step of the way, you see he builds a joke up until he doesn't give it. I mean, it's the weirdest buildup for every sort of thing. And I really, I was waiting for Johnny DC to show up. I, I just, and if, it, if he did, <laughs> I I'd, you know, oh, I was just waiting the whole time. And get woke, Eric, non-binary. What would you give it, Eric? I would give this issue a 5.1 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art in this issue, and I love the concept of minor disaster and even how it's like it's a low-grade villain aspect. But when you wrap the whole story about ruining a hero's or anti-hero, whatever you want to call Harley's YouTube career, I'm like, yeah. I'm done with you. You have just yeah. fucking taken me completely out of this because I hate that shit whenever you try to appeal to the children's out there that are reading comics. Like, just write a goddamn series. Just do it right. Don't You don't have to make this over-the-top, like, ludicrous uh, freaking, you know, internet Ludacris age was era in kind of stuff. Oh my. No, he wasn't. That's nice. no problem. You put Ludacris <laughs> in this 10 out of 10. I like it. Great. Yeah. Ludacris <laughs> and the Wu-Tang Clan show up, and now we got a 10 out of 10. But yeah. yeah. I just... I, I like that aspect, and I think it's wasted in this book with Minor Disaster, who I would like to see yeah. moving forward. Yeah, it's okay. But uh, what are we doing next? Reggie, what is that you're talking to to Chris with? We are going to be talking about The Dreaming number three. All right. Well, we'll be going off to that right about now. Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have one book for you. It is The Dreaming Number 3 by Simon Spurrier, Bill Quiss Evely, and Matt Lopez. And uh, this one continues right from the last issue. Now that he's let loose in the dreaming, Judge Gallows decides to take in the lay of the land. Now, we learned a little bit about him in the beginning here. He was one of the original Morpheus's created nightmares uh this is a thing like nightmares are actual beings in the in morpheus's world and this is one of them specifically meant for americans during the time of the old west the hanging judge that could have probably was very relevant to uh folks back then sure. and he, he did his job well but his time it it is past so uh that's why he was stuffed in that black chest he, that's where they put you know old redundant nightmares and dreams that we don't need anymore except now we know Mervyn's dragged him out of the black chest, and he's uh, hanging out in the dreaming. But Gallows tells Lucian that he's merely there as an advisory capacity. He's there to assess situations objectively and give guidance, nothing more. He's not going to take over. Uh, so 
Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, famous last words. Uh, Lucian takes them on a tour around the Dreaming. Uh, they pass Madame Azuruli's recently dropped houseboat. Lucian says he doesn't appreciate Gallo's mysterious return. Then Gallows points out that Lucian hasn't told anyone the dream isn't hasn't come back in a long time. So it looks like we've all got secrets here, buddy. You know what I mean? Seems like <laughs> we're all keeping mum about certain things. Cain uh, and Abel spy Judge Gallows walking around with Lucian and Mervyn. And uh, strangely, this is a thing throughout the book, Abel isn't stuttering anymore. Unless you point it out, then he starts stuttering again. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gallows tells Lucian he's looking a bit haggard. He suggests Lucian take a two-hour break. While the gallows looks over the blanks, those are the uh, the guys that Mervin calls soggies. You know the uh, faceless white goop guys. I don't know what to call. Yeah. Them. So uh, that he does just that. Lucian take well. Actually, Lucian hangs out for a minute while uh, Matthew the Raven. He's in a nearby tree, and he explains that Gallows told Matthew to go out and find quote border protect protection unquote, uh, which obviously means something ominous. Although I wonder when did Gallows do this. When yeah, he did, just got there. When did he have a chat with Matthew? Like, well, I don't understand when yeah. that happened, but all right. Uh, Matthew wants Lu- Lucian's okay, and Lucian, he gives approval after some prodding by Judge Gallows, and then that's when Lucian takes off for his two-hour nap. Yes, and immediately after Lucian leaves, uh, Judge Gallows wades into a herd of those blanks. Uh, now, some of them are partially clothed. Uh, there's one in a clown suit. We got one in a shirt and suspenders, and then one in a hard hat. The YMCA over there. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, doing a little yeah. village, village soggies. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Gallows stabs one of the blanks right in the stomach, uh, but it doesn't seem very effective. Uh, Gallows then notes that they're made of dream fabric, which uh, I guess causes them not to feel pain. I don't know. All right. Uh, then Judge Gallows, and this is a very shocking panel, mm-hmm. he gets shot right in the side of the head. Yeah. Like, like big shot a, in the head. A big shot. <laughs> I, you know, when you see this, you're like, oh, that's not a uh, one yeah, you wake he's up done. from. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he, he, he'll get better. We'll, we'll get there, though. Uh, now, it turns out that the, uh, that the shooter was Ziggy using his blunderbuss. Uh, at this point, Ziggy is looking almost like full-on pirate these days. He really is. He really is. Uh, um, now, while Gallows recovers, he does recover, Ziggy flees. Uh, Mervyn tells uh, some attendant nightmares to follow Ziggy and bring him to justice. And here's where we learn that there are attendant nightmares hanging around Judge Gallows. Yeah, they just sort of pop up as far as I can tell, although... When you think about it, it makes sense. He must be like a legend, right? This is like rock star level nightmare coming around. So (laughs) I guess that's why he would be there. Plus, we see later everyone's kind of hanging around, seeing what's what's going on here. Uh, Judge Gallows recovers from his head wound. Oh, it looks like there's a bad scar on that side of his face. He tells Mervyn to fetch the black chest. And I remember that's where Judge Gallows is from. Um, So we see that, uh, meanwhile, that Lucien is a... out on his work break, and uh, he's gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I have to assume he's visiting a therapist in a dream. Got to right? be right, or you know, thinks he is. It's, I'm not really sure how this would work. Although we'll see later on, there's even more to it. Uh, but Lucian has a lot to divulge. Most of it up to now is stuff we already know, but we know that he has a lot to deal with. And frankly, this probably is the best use of his time off. I got to say, good job, Lucian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, We return to the Dreaming, where Judge Gallows and Mervyn are at Dora's Tree, Uh, along with the rest of the citizens of the Dreaming. They're hanging on the outskirts. Uh, Gallows demands to see Ziggy, and as you might imagine, Dora isn't very forthcoming with her pal. No. (laughs) Uh, Gallows cracks open the black chest and calls forth, Brute! (laughs) 
Now, Brute and his cohort Glob, they were originally created for that uh, Joe Simon, Jack Kirby revival of the Sandman back in uh, 1974. I think that lasted like less than six issues, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a very, very short. And they were only on the uh, first one, and then Kirby did a couple of covers. It wasn't even really them the whole that time. That was it, yeah. yeah. It went to like Ernie. Was it Ernie Cologne? Maybe. I don't I remember. Don't remember. But uh, now they these characters would be summoned by a magic whistle, and they would assist Sandman in cleaning up all the bad dreams. Uh, we jump ahead to Neil Gaiman's version of Sandman, and the two had created a pocket dreaming. In uh, Morpheus's a- absence, they were holding Garrett Sanford. That's the Sandman from 1974. Right. They held him there in like a limbo state. Yeah, that was his way of sort of explaining what those six issues were about. Well, yeah, uh, where it fits in the uh, wider, <laughs> exactly. the wider it, tapestry. It's crazy yes. that he even like, went to fit him in there. But yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, was. And, you know, I was thinking, Chris, you know, you went. You know, something like 35 years of your life not ever knowing about Brute and Glob. But since we've been podcasting, I think this is the fourth or fifth time we've had to talk about them. They won't leave us alone. They come up all the time. They're haunting us. This version of Sandman is like eternal. Uh, So now this version of Brute looks like just a green brute of some kind of orcish design. And uh, he's under Gallo's command. And he's been commanded to tear Dora's treehouse to splinters. Uh, initially, Brute is able to swat Dora away pretty handily, but when Brute goes after those trash presents that she keeps in the branches of her tree, like broken teapots and dolls without heads and stuff like her, that. Her treasures, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Dora goes all beast mode and swats Brute away, and the nearby crowd laughs at that. Now, uh, Kane and Abel are there again. Again, Abel is not stuttering. Kane points out he's been that way since Abel came back through that rift in the dreaming, and I couldn't remember when this was at first, but then I remember... There was that. There's that cubist sculpture that popped up near the castle. Was that, was that in the dreaming, or was that in uh, House of uh, Secrets? I'm almost positive that was in the dreaming. Okay, but either way, I do it. remember what you're talking about. That's the only yeah. time a- Abel did fall down there and come back out and said there was it was weird down there. That might have been in the House of Secrets, though. You're right. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure. But anyway, that's he says that ever since he came back through the the crack in the dreaming, he's been uh, not stuttering. Certainly. Uh, we jump back to Lucian's therapy session, and now he's spilling the beans about Dora. He tells the therapist that she's super attached to the broken things that she keeps in her tree. He also says that uh, when Dora was found by the original, not real. At this, the therapist leaves. Uh, it turns out it's Glob. Uh-oh. Uh, and, he's, and now he's got all the dirty needs to take Dora out of the picture. Yeah, and I gotta say, Glob really looks like a mad ball here. You remember those things? <laughs> he does. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, almost unbelievably, it's like, where can I buy this thing uh, off the off right. the racks? <laughs> you can already pitch yourself squishing it in your hands. For real. Uh, now, now having the information that they need, Judge Gallows gives Mervyn the honor of you know strolling up to Dora and whispering to her that she is in fact not real. This winds up putting her in a catatonic state. And her world gets all fractured and white. And uh, it looks like she has some vision of a monster doing sex with a bald guy. I don't. It's weird. Yeah, I will find out about that more later. I'm not. I thought that might be her at one time, but then I'm not sure. Uh, doing, you know, from her POV. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll find out. So now rendered harmless. Glob and Mervin kick the crap out of Dora while Brute rips <laughs> her house apart. I mean, just talk about kicking someone while they're down. Uh, yes. Ziggy comes stumbling out and Judge Gallows shoots him in the side and then they hang him right there on the remaining branches of Dora's tree. I mean, they don't call him Judge Gallows for nothing. You know, <laughs> he they don't call him the shooting judge. You know what I mean? Uh, he points out that blanks can't die. So this is just merely an eternal torture. 
for Ziggy. He'll just be swinging there alive for the rest of that's, eternity. Well, that's not that bad, right? No, it's not too bad. That's almost no. it's like the Dreaming's Phantom Zone. And uh, Lucian pops into the picture and scolds Judge Gallows, but Gallows turns around and little little flip on him reveals that Lucian lost a book. Which I actually actually forgot he did, but he that yeah, happens in the, the first issue. But even more than that, he's also kept the fact about dreaming not dream not coming back from everyone, and they're all very shocked by that. So then Gallows takes the dream helm from Lucium and swats him out of the picture, uh, kind of through the panel, makes him look like it might be yeah. out of the dreaming entirely, right? He kicks him out of the book. It's pretty it's, crazy. It seems like he's like <laughs> yeah, it leaves the book, ex- you know. So. Uh, I don't know whether we'll see him again. And uh, then Judge Gallows announces there's a new judge in town, and it's him. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> you know? So uh, this is it. This is the this is a new regime uh, for the dreaming. We'll see next. I see the cover on the back page does have Lucian holding on to Dora. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That's whatever. But uh, so yeah, what do you think of that, Chris? I liked it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I I was kind of torn while I was reading it because uh, the it's like we had this really sharp turn to focus on Judge Gallows here from uh, from what we were building, Mm -hmm. which seems kind of weird to do so early. But at the same time, if it was just another issue of world building, I'm sure that would have annoyed me, too. I would have complained that it was going too slow. So this might have been the best of both worlds for uh, for moving the story forward while still building on what came before it. Yeah, this was a good way to lay out a lot of you know new facts about Dora and about the blanks and about uh, a lot know, of good exposition and dream. really good delivery. But yeah, but without just just people just talking, spilling it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and I did like I definitely appreciate the fact that the story is moving along. I think at a pretty good pace. Uh, sure. I don't feel like it's crawling. I definitely don't feel like I'm getting rushed. Uh, I would I would think it'd be a little on the, if I were to say anything would be on the slower side, but it feels good the the amount that we're getting. Yeah. Um, it, but this isn't one of these issues that was like mind blowing. Um, you know, the, the turn for Lucian was probably the biggest turn of mm-hmm. the whole thing, I guess. Of you know, and that didn't strike me as being a you know gasp moment. But yeah, it wasn't out of left field or anything. It was you know you, you kind of knew you, you, the minute Judge Gallo said, "I'm only here in advisory capacity." You're like, "You're not here in a good advisory That's the red capacity." Flag, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> why would you even say that if you weren't? Uh, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I'll tell you something like. If the series were to keep at this level of quality with a end of arc gasp, you know what I mean? Like truly yeah. startling moment. I, th- I think you'd be looking at a pretty solid series. You know what I mean? Like For if they sure. could just keep a, if they could, not every issue has to be, I was thinking this today on the main podcast, they talk a lot about 10 out of 10s and it's hmm. just like, you know, the way some of these people review in the world's, uh, Every issue is a ten to ten. There's never a lull. You know, it's like their, their minds are blown every <laughs> every week. time. It's it's like wow, eight or nine times a week. Something their minds you could are never have yep. expected happened. And it's like not every issue can be that, or else they, you kind of have diminishing returns. And Certainly. so we'll, we'll we'll see where this goes. Uh, on the side, I gave this a seven point five out of ten. I'll still hang in there. What do you think, Chris? I think that's a very fair score. Yeah. It, uh, I generally start at the seven and work up or down. And I, this one uh, definitely a net positive. This is a uh, is a uh, better than average for sure. Uh, yeah. Not perfect, but you know what is. No, you know I would definitely recommend it. And again, if you if you're already a fan of the Sandman and the Dreaming, I think this would be right fitting right in your pocket. So, oh yeah, uh, right I'm having a good a lot, time. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and I definitely am looking forward to more of it. So uh, next week. And I, we already do have it. Is House of Whispers number three? Woo! Mm-hmm. So we will tackle that next week. But I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? 
Yeah, I think that's it. We don't uh, we don't really drone on when we're when we're pleased with a book. It's true. <laughs> when we're not when we're not furious and yelling, we don't have to. I apologize, anybody who did not like. I, I got some I got some accolades for last week's uh, yelling for both of us, Chris. Uh, really? they, lo- they love to hear us uh, angry, but if anyone out there felt differently, I do apologize. I know some people don't like to hear so much hostility, but boy, <laughs> some, patrol number twelve. <laughs> sometimes I have I get angry, but I'm, I don't feel that way about anything of this uh, the same universe yeah. so far. So uh, you should hope for some more meat, some more uh, calm <laughs> segments calm on, that, on that front. Yeah, calm and quick. So. Uh, with that, I'm going to tell everyone to keep it uh, dreamily. And you were warned of the outcome, but you didn't listen. Let by the greed in the way. Hello, and welcome to the Orlando Zone. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <clears throat> it's the Orlando Zone, people. It's so cool. We're back. Uh, we're back. Uh, only. What is this second week in a row for the Orlando Zone? Truly, we are very, very blessed. Um, the Orlando Zone uh, is, of course, dedicated to the one and only purveyor of pure nonsense. And I, I mean that in the sense of, you know, pure cocaine. You know what I'm saying? It's pure stuff, this. This isn't like the nonsense you get in other books. This is proper stuff. Now, to be fair to Mr. Orlando, last week's Wonder Woman was a little bit on the low side as far as nonsense is concerned. But this week, it's the unexpected, and we're positively brimming with nonsense to this week. There's going to be so much nonsense, it's, uh, you're just not going to know where to put it. You, you, you just won't know what to do with it. Uh, so anyway, here we go. The Unexpected Issue Number 5. Uh, written, of course, by the mighty Steve Orlando. Uh, art is by Ronan Cliquet. Or Clickit. Let's say Cliquet. Because if you say Clickit, it, it sounds like you're trying to say cricket with an odd accent. Which is which is bad, fairly obviously. Colours are by Jeremy Cox. Uh, letters are by Carlos M. Manuel. It's published by DC Comics and the cover price is $2.99. Which is, I think, probably... At least $2.95 too much. But there we go. Lurching from one stale encounter to another with all the grace of a 65-year-old on their way home from a night on the town two months after a hip replacement operation, The Unexpected has been one of the most sense-bereft comics I've read this century. Featuring admittedly potentially interesting characters Neon on Firebrand and their quest for something to do with the wildly dangerous and profoundly unstable nth metal isotope, that improbably came into existence at the end of issue one, just when the pair of them needed something to do, this series has become a manic travelogue of the DC universe. We've had Slaughter Swamp and Black Hawk Island. In issue three, it was Monster Valley. In issue four, it was Gotham. No sign of Batman. Mind you, Neon on Firebrand did arrive during the day. This time around, it's the Bavarian Alps and Castle Frankenstein. You <laughs> see, I, I can't even keep a straight face when I say it. This time around, it's the Bavarian Alps and Castle Frankenstein, where awaits Hawkman, of course he does, who might, to be fair, actually know something about the incredibly dangerous nth metal isotope, which has existed for four issues and still 
hasn't exploded yet. One can but hope. Here's a review of issue five, people. Uh, the first thing to say is... <laughs> the first thing to say is, I'm going to try and make this quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a very nice Kevin Nolan cover, actually. I, I, I mentioned this in the review. It really is very, very good. Um, <clears throat> weirdly enough... I did a a classic covers post on my blog on Kevin Nolan um, last week without realizing actually that he was down to do the uh, the cover art for this issue of the Unexpected. Uh, it's really good. His 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 figure work is is fab. Uh, what's really funny about these uh, these covers? I have to say I don't went went back and had a look actually at. Uh, some of the earlier uh, covers as well. One for issue two is fab. It's really, really good. Um, but th- this one is kind of, it, it's in kind of gray with sort of muted colors. Uh, there's some, some red and kind of orange and what have you. And uh, no one's done a really good job with, uh, with kind of neon. What's really interesting, actually, he's, he's drawn neon uh, and you can see... I mean, his eyes are closed, but you can't actually see them, whereas most artists just go for the kind of floppy fringe kind of effect, which is a bit a uh, bit of a cop-out, really. Uh, and it's got the two characters who are unfortunately dead uh, also on the cover, which is a shame, and it just makes me wish they were still in the book. Not because that they, they were written particularly well, because they weren't, but just because... Uh, the book needs more regular characters in it, uh, which is something that we're going to get to later on. Anyway, it's a really, really nice cover. See it on the shelves. Don't buy the book for crying out loud. Just have a look at the book on the shelf. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be worth checking out for the cover, and then just you know put it back. Right, uh, we have uh, a title page with um, with Hawkman. Uh, having seen Neon and Firebrand just kind of materialise, behind them is a kind of really weird... Uh, I, I kind of like the design of this. This, this is Castle Frankenstein, but it, it's... Um, it, it looks like a steampunk-era structure that looks like it's sort of made out of... Uh, kind of primitive circuitry. It, it's it's a really weird look, and I and I do like it actually. Uh, Clique's art is okay. I, I I wouldn't say it's amazing. It's it's but it's some of the design stuff is is really interesting actually. I I, I quite like it. Anyway, oh, I had something weird. The um the credits say that the covers by Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairburn. And that is wrong, which is uh, interesting. Uh, right, so we've got um, Hawkman meeting up with Neon and Firebrand. Uh, guess what, guys? They fight. Now, I know some of you are going to be like quite amazed by that. I almost fell off my chair. I was reading this in uh, in Costa, uh, Costa Coffee, that is. It's a well-known uh, Starbucks-type place uh, in the UK. Uh, and uh, I do quite like drinking there and and perusing <laughs> perusing my issues of the unexpected and thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to say about this? Uh, and the coffee the coffee helps it, <laughs> it really does. Anyway, there I was, uh, second page into this issue, and they have a fight. Who'd have thought it? 
Really? Uh, it's just so unexpected. Uh, no, actually, to be fair, uh, they do tend to have fights with uh, places uh, with people that are in places that they go to. Essentially, what you've got here is you've got a, and I mentioned it in the opening paragraph. You've got a travelogue. Essentially, you've got a chase. Neon Firebrand have this nth uh, metal isotope, which is, you know, horribly dangerous, despite being very small. And um, Neon takes them through different portals to different parts of the DC universe. Well, actually, I should say different DC universe is, is DC Earth is what it is. So they go to different different parts of of the earth just to kind of escape uh, Onimar Sin, who is following them and wants the nth metal isotope because obviously he feeds on nth metal. Now, after Dark Knight's metal, there is no nth metal in the universe, I think, uh, and so he's after the isotope because, uh, well, obviously he he would quite like to to feed off it. Um, the isotope is is psychoreactive. It would seem it kind of reacts to uh, to anger and violence, uh, which is which is potentially kind of interesting because obviously Firebrand uh, has the conflict engine uh, sort of placed in her chest, uh, which is sort of keeping her alive, provided that she fights every twenty four hours. So, <coughs> so it's all a bit. It's all kind of like this setup of. Oh, we've got something here that that is going to explode if you fight, but at the same time, you've got to fight to stay alive. Now, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. That, that that's okay. The, the the problem is, is that all of this is is getting tremendously repetitive. You, you go from one, uh, from one fight to the next, from one DC character who's in a DC place to the next. Uh, you've got the threat of of Onomar Sin coming behind you as well, uh, and you're kind of locked in to to this. You know, for 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 a uh, for a title that's called the Unexpected and that potentially has the whole of the DC universe to play with, it's actually kind of it's, it's actually kind of predictable. Weirdly enough, so 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 if like at the end of issue four, you get this whole kind of oh we've arrived you know somewhere where Hawkman is. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to end up fighting him, aren't you? And yes, they do. And and the reason for that is the isotope uh, reacts to the nth metal in um, in Hawkman's mace. He gets this kind of weird vision. And I got to say this: this is fab. I I, I really do like the uh, the whole sort of uh, sort of dark multiverse Hawkman kind of. What is he? He's like the forge keeper, isn't he? Of the of the world forge. It, it it's freaking great. It just just looks absolutely amazing. And Clique does a really good job here. Uh, and he has a visage of he has a vision of himself as this talk god thing um, with a massive hammer. Uh, and he mentions Mandrak. Now I I I need to stop. Actually, uh, we need to talk about Mandrak for uh, for a minute because he's going to make an appearance. I knew nothing about Mandrak um, because uh, I have huge gaps in my DC knowledge and just comics knowledge in general. And the early 2000s, well, actually, up until probably about 2008, actually, from about sort of 99 to 2008 uh, is is a big gap in my my knowledge, particularly when it comes to events. So uh, the whole kind of like final crisis and what have you, uh, which is where Mandrak kind of appears. He's the 
Well, what is he? He is... He is the Dark Monitor, Mandrak. He's kind of like a vampiric uh, monitor, basically. Uh, he's actually uh, Nix Wotan's dad, which I didn't know, and now I do. And now that I do know, I don't actually know what I'm going to do with that information, but I'm sure it'll come in handy at some point in my personal future. Um, so basically, it, it turns out that he's this big bad guy, and he's been brought back by... Orlando, because because that's what Orlando does. He he, he takes uh, sort of discarded and uh, dormant characters from the DC universe, and he brings them back to because uh, he likes them, which, which which is is fair enough. You know, he's he's a fanboy. I get that. That's okay. It's okay being a fanboy. Uh, what's not okay is writing badly about the things that you like. That's that's the thing that's not okay. Um, anyway, Hawkman fights Firebrand. Uh, Firebrand fights back, kind of obviously. The, the nth metal starts reacting to all of this. You get this moment of... You see, that, to be fair, okay, in Orlando's defense here, th- th- this is reasonably dramatic, you know, because you've got... And, and, and Orlando understands on on one level, Orlando kind of understands the dramatic potential of this situation, which is you've got a fight going on, you've got a uh, a, a horribly dangerous piece of metal that's going to explode and detonate if the fighting carries on. So there's there's that sense of kind of urgency and and desperation, and it that that all makes sense. It all makes sense. I, I get that. The problem is, is that we've kind of seen this before. We we we, we keep on seeing this over and over again. In in every issue, there is a scene in which Neon goes, "Ah, you've got to stop fighting Firebrand! Ah, ah, the the bloody isotope! Ah!" And it's just all a bit repetitive and and kind of naff after a while. Anyway, um, and, and you know, again, Clique does a really good job here with with this of kind of showing. Neon kind of using his his staff uh, to transmute the emotional energy. Oh, hold on! Do you know what? I'll I'll just do the I'll do the dialogue. Hawkman's mad with grief. Firebrand's too far gone. Her conflict engine's in charge now. That leaves me with a toxic element leaking emotional energy. Only time for one transformation, one chance to turn their rage. Bom 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 into hope see okay this is this is one of the major (laughs) do you know what you're never gonna see neon again outside of this comic it's never gonna happen do you know why the guy's just too damn powerful um he's he's got the ability to transform something into something else uh so here he can transform emotion into another emotion how does that work i i i don't know i don't know i don't know uh anyway it's pretty dramatic it looks it looks pretty cool and and if as long as you are kind of okay with the uh with the conceit that emotion is you are you can transform emotion in exactly the same way as you can transform material objects, then it, it's all cool. It's fine. If, however, you think to yourself, well, actually, emotions are kind of, you know, they come out of... I understand that, the, you know, emotional energy is a thing. I, I don't don't have a problem with that. But emotions come out of 
of of human thought and subconscious kind of um processes and uh, you know conflicting sort of motivations and desires it's all very kind of complex people react to different situations in different ways depending on on who they are and all this kind of stuff once you once you kind of acknowledge that that's a thing uh it just doesn't make any sense at all really but you know it is what it is so hawkman and firebrand kind of uh, come back to their senses. Uh, Firebrand's kind of devastated because she can't control the conflict engine anymore. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know whether this is... In a sense, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I don't know whether this is deliberate or not. Uh, but Orlando has her referring to the con- con- conflict engine as hers. She says, I, I could control my conflict engine before. I know that's quite an interesting thing that, that she's kind of accepted that it is part of her. She's not kind of fighting against it, as it were. Uh, and she's saying, you know, she can't stop fighting once she starts. Uh, Hawkman says, anger is complex, Firebrand. Hmm. Too complex to just be transformed into hope by some floppy-haired magician? I don't know, maybe. I've dealt with mine for centuries. Okay. But for now, this fight is over. Right, okay. But, but this, is, this, is, this is how Orlando writes. He, he writes. Uh, he writes like this all the time. So you have kind of people, people make grand statements to one another in Orlando books. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what's happening here. Fire, Firebrand's kind of freaking out. And everybody's just... Well, well, Neon doesn't respond at all, actually. He just kind of... Well, I was going to say he looks at her, but he doesn't, does he, really? he He's just sort of standing there. And then Hawkman kind of has this thing, so anger is complex, Firebrand. Which is, which is like... I don't know. It, it 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 it's it's like everybody's kind of le- everybody lectures one another in in a kind of polite sort of but also kind of self-absorbed way. It's it's very it's a very weird way of writing. I, you get used to it. I, I said this to yeah uh, last last week. This is one of the problems with Orlando's writing. You get used to it, and and you you ha- every so often you have to kind of step back and kind of go no just. Does this make sense? Do real people talk like this? I don't think they do. Uh, and I know we're not dealing with real people in a, in a, in a sense. We're dealing with um, with kind of archetypes, and we're dealing with heroic characters who who are larger than life. And I, I understand all that, but just from a purely kind of readability point of view, everything everything stays very. And, I've, and again, I said this before with Orlando, but it, but it is true. Everything everything stays kind of kind of one note there's not much variation in tone with orlando books uh he doesn't do kind of you know raucous laugh out loud moments nor to be fair does he does he really do much in terms of of genuine tragedy it's all this kind of this somewhat bombastic i keep on coming back to this this notion of melodrama because i think it's 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 actually quite um i i i think it's it's an appropriate word to use for uh for orlando but but you just keep coming back to this kind of one note sort of thing that everybody everybody speaks the same way um and there's not much variation between them uh, and, and it's not that his characters don't have different motivations because they do but they, just, they, they they they're not distinguished 
sort of verbally by what they say. Does that, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm thinking about this too much. I know I am. It's Friday night and I'm really, really tired and I'm reading Steve Orlando. So there we go. <laughs> so uh, th- what happens here? What happens here is a big, massive explanation. And, and if I had the time... All right, here's the thing. If I, if I was was sure that there were people who were reading the unexpected who would be genuinely kind of interested in it i i i i would probably go into a little bit more detail here but but the fact of the matter is if you're still reading this book um uh, god god love you really <laughs> if you are paying money for this book that that's great good on you really it's it's fantastic um you don't need to hear me waffle on about about this explanation fairly obviously Hawkman uh, knows Nth Metal. He knows... Uh, do you know what? It's probably better, actually, if I just read the dialogue. Uh, Neon says, Your mace, Firebrand's heart, every bit of Nth Metal we've found has been the same. I don't even know whether... I don't know what he means by that. Except for the... Oh, no, it's because of because of the reaction. Right, that's, that's fine. Okay, fine. Reaction to the isotope. Except for the isotope. Each time it detonates is worse than the last. Here's the thing. I, I, and I, I've just been through the last few issues. I've just checked them out. And, and that, that was not pleasant. All right? The isotope, as far as I can tell, the isotope was only detonated once. It's only detonated once, and that was when it was formed. And that was bad. You know, two two main characters died. Well, th- uh, three, actually, because Quench died as well. Uh, a whole hospital got leveled. So when he says each time it detonates is worse than the last, I'm not sure what he means when he says each time, because each time suggests that, that it's detonated more than once already. And I'm not sure that, that, that it has. You see, you see uh, Orlando does this thing where, where, where kind of he has a vague idea of, of, of what's happened in previous issues but he doesn't necessarily keep the details straight because he's kind of just just really excited about telling the rest of the story and he forgets stuff like this it's just like really weird anyway neon says you've lived with nth metal longer than anyone help us understand it and diffuse it and then and then you know here we go it's like this is just it's almost like orlando's gonna go kind of go hey uh i've got a hawkman here and i know everything there is to know about hawkman and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you and show you that i know everything about hawkman and and so he has hawkman say i've been chasing my memory since i returned yes he has he has i i read the hawkman book it's fab you'll notice that there isn't an editor's note here saying check out his recent issues do you know why because editors understand no one is reading this book (laughs) they know that they're not going to waste who's the editor i don't know who the editor is for for this book then they're not going to waste time saying oh yeah check check out hawkman hawkman's title (laughs) all you unexpected fans if you're not reading hawkman you should be no that's that's not it's just not happening uh genealogy or archaeology when you've lived hundreds of lives they're almost the same i do i like this every so often he throws you a nice a nice line that's a nice line i like that line uh, I know I've been to Castle Frankenstein before. When I found Victor, he was raving about science unknown to man. I followed his notes. I had to see it for myself. His laboratory could have the answers you need. Do you think? <laughs> Do you think we happen to have landed outside Frankenstein's castle? His laboratory might just have the answers you see. Oh, my. Really? 
I think you're right. Do you know what? I think we're going to go into that laboratory. We're going to find some answers. That's that's what we're going to do. Woo! Exciting. Um, uh, so Neon explains about Onomar's sin, which obviously is a big thing for Hawkman uh, because of his relationship with Onomar's sin. Uh, he's one of Thanagar's seven devils, according to this. Okay, I, I get that. I, I If you're going to have Hawkman come into play here, then he has to react to the fact that Onomar Sin is involved. Onomar Sin, uh, we actually we actually then go to see him, uh, and he's, uh, as far as I know, he's still somewhere in Canada. Um, and, he, you know, he's surrounded by kind of dead bodies of his man-hawks and also General Fade, who sort of looks like a cut-priced Twi'lek uh, from Star Wars. Uh, and basically, he kind of gets this matter for all their dead bodies, and kind of fuses them together uh, to make this big sort of badass dinosaur dragon thing. It looks fab. It looks like the kind of thing... I, I, if if they had kind of like an Onomar Sin action figure, which, which they wouldn't, obviously, but if they did, uh, you'd, you'd want this dragon thing. You you just would. It just looks fab. It just looks really, really good. Clique does a good job with, with this here. Uh, and you kind of see it's sort of desiccated, uh, sort of sinews and what have you in its in its mouth. It's it's pretty good. Anyway, uh, you see him head off to find Neon, and right. So uh, Hawkman and Neon have this kind of confrontation. They've both seen the World Forge. Uh, Neon says he's just kind of accepted the World Forge. He's accepted he's nothing in front of it, and that's why he's still sane. And so they go into Frankenstein's castle to find answers, uh, which they do, weirdly enough. Uh, they And you know what? There's a couple of nice pages of art here. I, I, I like this stuff. I think it, it, it sort of does remind me of kind of Silver Age. It's got a kind of Doom Patrol, Challenges of the Unknown kind of vibe to it. And I, and I do kind of like that. Uh, you know, just just the, the sort of... Um, the design of, of of the castle and the laboratory and what have you it's it's pretty cool so um anyway uh, it would turn out and this is amazing I, I i i know you know we like coincidences in comics we do but but this is phenomenal who knew that victor frankenstein would have uh, built a device that is able to analyze the nth metal isotope and tell us where it came from. I just think that's astonishing. That's amazing. What a what a fantastic guy Frankenstein must have been. Anywho, there we go. So he sticks the uh, the isotope onto this machine, uh, and again, art's oh, pretty good. It looks looks pretty impressive. Uh, and we get more techno babble. Of course we do. And I feel that I have to share it with you. This is Hawkman. I've never seen data like this. Nth metal is psychoreactive, and the isotope does alter emotions, but somehow, wherever you created the isotope, the hate was so strong, it altered the metal in return. It changed the metal's atomic alignment. What does that mean? I don't know. Now, if you'd have said atomic structure, I could maybe have gone with that. I don't know. 
see, I don't know what, what, what nth metal's atomic structure is normally. I don't know how the nth metal isotope is different, other than the fact that it's unstable and wants to blow things up. I don't know. I like the fact that Hawkman seems to know, but the fact that Hawkman knows doesn't really help me at the moment, because I still don't know. You understand what I'm saying? The intensity of hatred that would take. Who else was there? You see, on the one hand, this is kind of interesting. On the other hand, it's really silly. It's really, really silly. I, I, I went back and reread issue one. And uh, it is kind of interesting because because if you go back and reread issue, which which you know, no, okay, do you know, what? if you want to do it, do it. You can go back and reread issue one, and uh, Orlando, to be fair, does drop stuff in there that does make more sense when you go back and reread it, having read issue two and three. Um, the all the stuff with. Tip, you know, he he gets hold of uh, the Bright Marshal's axe, and with Neon's blood, touches uh, Firebrand's chest. All of that stuff, you know, he he does that quite deliberately, and then blow, blows himself up as a result, which is ridiculous. Um, that you know, that's kind of referenced later. That's explained later on, I, I, but. The, the the problem with all this is the explanations, and I, I, I said this last week, the explanations tend to rely on, on Technobabble. And, and as a result of that, you just come away just going, oh, okay, right. You, you're just kind of expected to accept certain things. Whether they make sense to you or not, you're just sort of expected to, to kind of understand it. And I think one of the, one of the problems with this series is that you're dealing with very kind of abstract concepts you're dealing with sort of you know morrison-esque kind of multiversal concepts everybody's riffing off morrison and and morrison's kind of you know but morrison stuff can be tricky it can be difficult um but he carries it off with just this incredible sort of aplomb which lesser writers i and i include scott snyder in this just just don't have and and as a result of that they rely on other things to to carry the story through and you end up with it with a story that's that's weaker conceptually than than it should be so who else was there olden quench the bad samaritan the destruction to my creation he was given his powers by a ritual opposite to the one that turned me into neon i'm not sure I'm not sure what he means by that. Well, I sought a vision of the world forged for inspiration. Quench sought it to forget. There, the darkness of his soul attracted another, the same voice that taunted you. And this is where we get Mandrak, who's this kind of uh, bad monitor and what have you. And uh, you actually see him. He's a vampire. You know, there, there is a reference. There's a reference to... And the only reason I know this is, is because I just read it on the wiki, but there's a reference... To Final Crisis, Superman Beyond, Issue 2, Superman cast me into the overvoid. For too long I lay broken by the fall, starred with only my words to echo in the dark. You heard, you found me. And he's, he's speaking to somebody that he's uh, that has evidently kind of found him and kind of sort of approached him. It, I, I, I don't think it's Quench. It, it's really, it's really, really difficult to kind of see. It's somebody he calls him the fatalist. 
you know, uh, he, he says, Mandrak, you called out for allies to free you from your chains. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know who that person is. Okay. We go back to uh, Castle Frankenstein and kind of a similar thing that happened uh, a couple of issues ago when Neon um, sort of broke open the ceiling of this underground base by having dinosaurs stampede over it in issue three. Similar kind of thing is happening here, except it, it's sin on his undread, undead dragon. And you get a fight. And, and to, to be fair, this is a pretty badass fight. You know, sin's on his dragon. Neon's kind of fighting him. Uh, Hawkman's there. Firebrand's there. And you know, Sin uh, gets hold of Firebrand and steals her soul and Neon is determined to take it back and that's how it ends. And and, and that actually is a pretty good cliffhanger because uh, because it's not just them arriving at a new place. It's 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 now suddenly Neon is fighting for Firebrand's life, and suddenly that makes it personal. It makes it more interesting. Uh, I gave this five point five. Um, I, I might. Do you know what? I that might be a little bit low. I don't know. It's really hard with with this with this book. I I, I just I do think that that. Orlando has locked himself into a repetitive structure here that is not doing him any favors. I think I think he needs to be. We need some downtime. We we need a sense of we we got some downtime downtime actually in issue two, um, and that was okay I guess. Um, but we we need something. We we need Neon and and Firebrand to kind of to interact with one another to kind of we need to get to know them as characters a little bit better we're, we're getting some of that but it, it's it's not really it's it, it's not very well kind of laid out and and it's all uh just caught up in the in a kind of manic sort of breathless nonsense of of the the ongoing plot and i think ultimately you've only got three characters in this book i mean i know, I know, I know you've got you've got the you've got quench you've got You've got the guest stars, obviously. They, you know, and Hawkman's an important character in this book. I, I, I understand that, but you've only got three regular characters at the moment, and that's Sin and Neon and Firebrand, and that's it. And and, and for a book that that's kind of got the whole sort of multiverse to, well, not the whole multiverse, but the whole of the DC universe to kind of play with, that that all feels a bit kind of small. And I, th- I think I think you need somebody else in there you need somebody else in the mix i i I just feel a bit because because what you end what you end up with is you end up with the same sort of conversations and the same situations occurring over and over again and it's i know i'm even going to say this is not that they're necessarily poorly written or poorly structured it's just that they're repetitively structured and that and that's the problem then you add in the techno babble, and and you add in the fact that you're dealing with multiversal stuff, which is which is just it's just fecking, it's just it just it just it's stuff you have to think about, and it, and it's stuff that you need somebody to 
to hold your hand a bit with as a reader and and just Orlando's terrible at that he's he's just no good at that he just he just expects you to be carried along on on a wave of kind of technical language and 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 sort of you know oh there's a dark multiverse world forge and all this kind of stuff and I'm like oh for god's sake just even if even if those conversations took place were actually there was a little bit of of extra illustration to kind of help make some of those points a little bit strong more strongly that would have, that would be better but the bottom line is is that you just you you are being expected to buy a lot of stuff that that isn't being properly explained to you and, and i think that is is a major major weakness i i will say i think you know the characterization of the main characters given the limitations of the story isn't bad okay and the art is also not bad and in some respects actually i i might prefer it to carry nord actually and nord is a bit ropey at times but mm, i don't know maybe i'm being overly maybe i'm being overly uh critical there but yeah i i, I just yeah 5.5 out of 10 this is a book that must surely be ending fairly soon i i I was gonna say it feels like it is it it, it's difficult to say what you feel when you read this book to be honest with you i i i thought the ending the ending kind of sort of i don't say grabbed me but it kind of it kind of made me go all right okay that that's that's kind of interesting you know and and suddenly there's something at stake and, and you get a sense that Neon genuinely cares about Firebrand, which I think is, is kind of important. But we but we've not really had much of that this this series at all. And it'll be interesting to see whether the fact that now there is something personal at stake actually makes a difference next issue we'll we'll have to see. But Anyway, five point five out of ten. As you can probably tell by my voice, I'm I'm <laughs> running out of energy now. Um, so uh, I'm gonna t- uh, transform uh, my toxic emotional energy of exasperation, and I'm going to transform it into sleep in a minute. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, for now, though. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it has been a bit incoherent this time around. I appreciate that. Uh, the, the thing is, it, it, this is one of those books where if you wanted to, you can really dive into it and, and kind of get stuck into the minutiae of it. The, the, the problem, and, and Orlando does this, he sort of f- throws random kind of uh, references to previous sort of events and stories. The, the, the problem is that... Um, you you could dive into all of that, but ultimately it, it it's not worth it. it. It it's it's not worth the effort because because the story. Okay, here's the thing: what's at stake here? Well, apparently the whole multiverse, and 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 that's a problem right there because you know normally what you have when, or at least sorry, maybe not the whole multiverse, but at, at least you know our reality <laughs> the reality of the dc universe is is kind of up for grabs here or at least the earth is up for, up for you know is in danger normally when that happens you get a bunch of heroes together and they do something about it what happens here is you got this blind guy uh and this sort of somewhat unstable bald chick 
uh, going through different portals, being chased by Onimar Sin, trying to get help along the way, and I'm like, right, okay, so, and and I keep on coming back to this, but but the isotope is very small, and so it doesn't feel threatening. It doesn't it, so which which is which is one of the reasons why Neon has to keep on telling you that it's threatening, <laughs> that it's that it's threatening, it's dangerous. And and that just after a while you just kind of go yeah whatever <laughs> yeah oh look it's the isotope again oh bloody hell that isotope eh bloody hell neon you're still going on about that isotope have you not sorted out that isotope yet neon sort it now come on uh, so anyway there's just no there's no there's, there's a sense of threat and sense of urgency but that. It, it's not particularly credible. I think that's that's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Love you. Think you're great. If you're buying this comic, I, I do really genuinely want to know. Um, if you <laughs> if you you live anywhere near me, I'd go for, I'd go for a pint with you. If not, then a metaphorical pint will have to do. I hope you have a great week. Uh, my week has been really exhausting and I am going to go to bed in a minute um, but I hope your week's good uh, I hope your comics are good and comics are getting a bit better I, I think they are I think some of the Marvel stuff's pretty good uh, that's come out lately uh, and DC stuff seems to be particularly the Justice League stuff that so seems to be hitting its stride uh, reasonably well so, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably pleased with my comics at the moment. But anyway, uh, I hope yours are good. And uh, I will return you to the wonderful Jim and Eric, who are fab, put a hell of a lot of work into this, much more work than I do, and deserve all your support. And if you haven't checked out their Patreon uh, feed, you really should. There's just so much good stuff in there. It, the only problem for me is it does now mean that I'm like four months behind on the main podcast, which is... It's just what it is, isn't it? You know, you got to listen to those news and solicits podcasts. They're they're like really good. I, I I do go on about that a lot, but I do really like them. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Um, you can follow me on at Door Jeremy at Twitter, or you can check out my blog uh, com. Thank you very much for listening. You take care. Bye bye. <laughs>
Matt Lookout, and this is the Rant and Raves for the week. And if you want to be part of the Rant and Raves, you can either call the Rant and Rave line at 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328. It is just that easy, as Wrong Turn says. Or you can record something and mail it in. That's usually what people do. Anyway, that is usually the case. But if you do, you can say, what was the number, Wrong Turn? I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know now. You're just going to have to go back and, and listen to that. I like the killing. I like the killing, too. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. See you on the 7th. See you on the 7th. See, when I do the rent raves by myself, I can use the full soundboard so we get full out. Wrong turn. Wrong turn. Do you like when they have full continuity? Story of continuity. No, he likes Dory over continuity. Now, the Rent Rave line, if they call in, and I will repeat that there, wrong turn here. I will repeat the Rent Rave line is 641-715-3900, enter extension 452-328. It's just that easy. There we go. Right on cue. Right on cue. We're going to start off with a little shout out. I believe, uh, yes, this uh, snafus here, technical difficulties. Like I said, we're going to start with a shout out. They call me Captain Comic-Con. John Rogers. There you go. It's Captain Comic-Con. I never know what's going on. I never, ever know what's going on. But I love the R.I.P. so much. I love the R.I.P. from last week uh, about the... The podcast itself, RIP, if you were listening to episode 200, you would have heard that at the beginning. Now, the next one is a little Jolly Drew, and he's calling in. Obviously, we didn't hear Jolly Drew at the beginning of the podcast. We heard Bring It Back Billy. So now this is Jolly Drew, and he's going to talk a little bit about the Green Lantern book that came out this week. It's Jolly Drew here in hey, the house Jolly. again. Uh, not in my house, in my car. No, he's in his car. Um, uh, I wanted uh, to talk about something that Luca. is relevant to the podcast, and that's called uh, The Green Lantern by uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Jim, I, I know this is torture for you. Um, I don't like it when I really like a book and you don't. Um, but for some reason, I'm just like picking at that scab yeah, and uh, or, like, like uh, kind of nudging at that uh, sore tooth a little bit. You know, I just, just kind of get off on the pain, baby. Yeah. Um, but I, I will admit, when I was a kid and you'd have like loose teeth and stuff like that, I kind of did get off on the pain. I have to admit that I would kind of you know, t- twist it around and rip it out. And yeah, I liked it. It made me feel alive. Can't deny how excited I was when I was reading this issue. Um, you know, time will tell if That's it's, awesome. um, you know, really upper echelon stuff or not. Uh, Jim, I know you're rolling your eyes. You can- No, I'm not. Grant Morrison isn't a hack. I mean, he has a certain way he writes things and stuff like that. He's far from a hack. And the the issue I have mainly with Grant Morrison is he sets up tons of things. He comes through on a couple of those and, and gets very wacky. But this just – it didn't grab me like a first issue. That's the only thing is it seemed to be more for not people who have been reading Green Lantern even for the last – like I'm no Eric Shea. I haven't been reading comics all my life. But I've been reading the Green Lantern comics now since 2011. I've gone back and read some past things, you know, uh, but – 
this didn't even seem like I could jump on board. So I, I really wonder if people now, people who really came on a rebirth, if their heads spinning, if they are out there. I see people on Twitter like – and really, I, I go back to this thing. On Twitter, I saw people with a checklist of what they were hoping the Green Lantern would have. And it was like, I hope it picks up right when Hal uh, – you know, Hal and the Green Lantern course stopped. I hope we see Hal and Carol. I hope we did, 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 did that. They had a checklist of five things. And Grant Morrison seems to have read those, laughed, wiped his ass with it and flushed it down the toilet and said, this is what you're going to get. Either you're on or you're off. And then these same people then go after reading the issue, go on and you know what? It's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to see Hal without Carol. I wanted it to be a way off and not really sure where it goes from the Hal jet. Like, really? Like, I see two tweets above what you say you wanted or demanded. And now I think that people are like, they're like Play-Doh. They just mold with anything that they're th- that's given to them. And they're just afraid to say they don't like something. I don't know. It goes back to that whole concept of if you are a huge fan of a character, some people seem to think that it is their duty to continue liking the character, even though they don't really like the book that it's in. And they are afraid to say, hey, I don't like this new Nightwing because they, you know, and then that even goes in an opposite direction. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You can just, you know, refuse to comment here, but I just want to let my, my thoughts be known. Um, it's just I, that I, easy. I enjoyed it. I, that's if, good. If you didn't, that's your own experience and it's totally valid and I get it. I, I totally know. do. But I'm a Graham Morrison fan. I yeah. like the, the wacky stuff from the very first couple pages. Turn I was right like, on West Irving Park no, Road. Here we go. Is that Graham Morrison? The very first pages, I was like, yeah, this book's for me. That was his ring. That was his Green Lantern ring telling him how to get to a new Oa. Um, I like the Arachnos uh, Sapien. Uh, uh, I, I love the phrase, so bitey. Uh, so I've been bitey. saying it every day. Uh, it was funny because last week on the Marvel Comics podcast, if you listen to that, we were talking about the Spiders Man, who is just made of all spiders. And I thought that uh, that was my favorite thing with spiders. But a lot of people like this Grant Morrison stuff. Everything that bothers me, I'm like, so. Eric hates spiders. Spider. In 1.4 miles, My, turn left on North California again. Avenue. Thank you. Ooh, California uh, so Avenue. What else did I like about it? Uh, I thought the art was good. I thought it was a little busy. Uh, the colors kind of, I don't know, didn't look super great. But I just yeah. got like a classic feel. Just, as an, as, just as an aside, uh, Jolly Drew, it'd be funny as if you were recording this and somehow you can edit in uh, the directions getting towards my house so that I can freak out that you're coming to get me. Deny how refreshing it felt in comparison to like okay, that's good. a lot of the stuff that is coming out from DC nowadays. Uh, so that includes like a lot of Tom King stuff yeah, that I'm not super I'll agree into. There. Uh, just the style of dialogue. I thought it was flashy. I thought it was fun. I, 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 Spark I don't know how to put bite. my finger on it. Maybe I'm a neophyte. Maybe I'm stupid. That's completely possible, but I can't... I think it's more than I'm stupid. ...deny that I was excited when I just opened this uh, comic and saw what I what, saw what I had. Um, so, some interesting stuff happened. You know, it was, it was very, like, I don't know, f- flying all over the place. It was fast-paced. It was, it was wacky. There was crazy paced. shit. There was new ideas being thrown out every single page. Uh, good, juicy pieces of fat for, like, me to, like, yeah. nom, 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 gristle, nom. right? Um, Everybody loves d- chewing just on di- gristle. different characters, <laughs> and then, like fuck that they're dead like now we're moving on and now we're getting to Hal Jordan and guess what he's super bored and I when Hal Jordan showed up and then fought those aliens without the use of the ring I love that I thought that was great because he's got 
bum fights. Nothing to do, and his and his ring needs to be recharged. And I know uh, I, I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan. I've always really wanted to get into Green Lantern, but I, I I know I need to read the Jeff Johns run. So please take my thoughts with a grain of salt. I haven't read everything. I I told you I've read that run and for the most part, and I don't. You know, it's problems for me here. Uh, the thing is, just Grant Morrison. He he kind of plays with the continuity going on now, and he kind of doesn't because. How is on Earth, and at the end of the Green Lanterns, uh, they said that they everybody had to turn in their battery. They had to get rid of that impurity deal, the hack uh, that Cyborg Superman had done. So Hal not having his battery that makes sense, kind of, because I think he would have gotten it. But but this ends up kind of pushing the idea that he was kind of kicked out of the core for a little. I just don't know. I'm coming from this from a perspective of someone who wants to get into Green Lanterns and is also a friend, uh, a fan of Grant Morrison. Yeah. So that's me, Jolly Drew. Love my Grant Morrison. I uh, love my Doom Patrols and my Boom. All-Stars, Supermans, and uh, uh, I love Batman R.I.P. and uh, uh, Batman R.I.P. Yeah, I saw some people online that know a little bit more than me, and they were saying that this reminds them of the start and the kind of feel that Batman R.I.P. had. So we'll see how that agree goes. with what he likes about characters. My favorite part of the issue was when um uh Hal Jordan after he got it on with his lady and it wasn't a prolonged thing it wasn't like how Tom King would do it where he would just make a huge effing deal about like oh here's like a very uh, hot scene between uh, him and his lady no like it was really quick it was just like one panel but like okay that at least grounds the character like a little bit moving forward like you know he's got a life at home Uh, he's not always on duty like he he is living his own life he's got a day job he's got a girlfriend or a wife and he has sex so like he's a real person that I can sort of like at least grab onto a little bit so there character grounded but he's flying all over the place doing crazy space cop stuff and I liked it it was exciting it was fun um nonsense sure whatever but I thought it was actually interesting stuff um Look, I'm dumb. I'm a loser. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I'm, I'm not a connoisseur. You know, I'm still, like, a, new to, like, really appreciating comics. There's so much out there that I haven't read. I feel bad even commenting at all. So, which is why I usually just do, like, uh, non-comics-related uh, rant and raves, because I don't want people to come down on me and be like, No, well, actually, coming this down was on an you. issue, this and this, and you're actually wrong about everything. Like, yeah, I know, I know. So that's, and it's easy to, like, fall opinion. in love with stuff when you don't know the full story and, like, okay, maybe like this doesn't quite make sense or line up but i can't deny i enjoyed it so there you go uh fun grant morrison stuff for old jd um uh looking forward to see what comes next and i'm totally open to the possibility that i'm wrong about this i'm hoping that i'm wrong and i start uh, liking it it's not that if you didn't like this book you're dumb it's like i liked it so i'm probably dumb that's how i come across it we're both dumb me and you dumb Um, together dumb and uh, dumber uh, so bitey the comic was so bitey, so bitey. and uh, I enjoyed all the uh, a- a- excitement. And I- that would have been my tagline if I was reviewing it. So bitey. I thought I actually enjoyed the art. I thought there was some pretty stunning pages. Uh, the one where he charges up his ring and, and says, just thought it was that. That was actually pretty cool. I just thought that Liam Sharp's style just does not fit Green Lantern deal, and especially space stuff. It it just seems if it makes sense too organic 
too alive like when he was drawing the wonder woman stuff and there was the vines and earth kataga and all the it really showed his style then when he went off to do his batman wonder woman uh you know brave and the bold deal you see that that is his style because it really did kind of go with that a lot of vegetation a lot of you know organic stuff and now we're going into space and yeah you're going to go to alien worlds where that will pay off at certain points but even just the scientific controls of the ships and they they just seemed like they were like Cronenberg alive stuff like I'm expecting that you go and grab a throttle and teeth are going to bite you or something because everything seemed kind of too alive uh, I don't know if that makes any sense because the oath I thought looked particularly good um, so there you go that's my two cents just wanted to express myself thanks for giving me a spot uh, yeah. a spotlight to do that boom uh, turn on the spotlight yeah. His ring's still talking to him. He's going to sing it out. But the rack's the fucking Super smart. Go streaky. Ricky, thank you, Jelly Drew. Thank you for a little uh, singing uh, outro there. And the best part is, is we're not done. We're not done with the rent raves now because we have one less rent rave. Not a lot of rent raves or mail this week, uh, as opposed to last week for episode 200. I think a lot of people came out to throw out their mail, their two cents, and their uh, rant raves. So this week, they kind of, maybe they were a little tired. I was tired all week. I ended up recording the, you know, the stuff, obviously, for the show, but the editing, it it just took me forever. It really, really, uh, I'm still kind of tired from it. But we're going to go to this last rant and rave. Hello! (laughs) Shout out to the Get Fresh crew! It's a jolly fucking house. I'm doing my dance. I got my uh, uh, branded uh, eye patch and yeah. uh, headband on. Nice. Um, Eric I am rocking the weird science swag, bitch. Yeah. And I wanted to call in with a rant and rave to the rant and rave line. That's right. Jolly Drew's calling into the rant and rave Ooh. line. What's up, guys? What's I know up? it's probably just uh, Jim there it since is. Uh, Eric is abdicating his duties or taking. Yes, he is. It's every week. I think Eric is leaving a little more to me. It seems technical difficulties. Either way, I'm not complaining. I just wish Eric difficult. was here to listen to my voice because I like to make him laugh and call him chunky. All right. So <laughs> usually, what we do on the rant and raves is we talk about comic books. I mean, what else are we fucking talking about? Like nonsense, like uh, other other stuff. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's no. all about comic books. Comics. Well, right now, I'm not going to talk about comic books. I'm going to talk about coffee. I'm going to talk about coffee, 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 or like we like to say in Chicago, hot brown. Hot brown, you say? Is that what you say? I don't know what that would mean around here. I don't even want to test that and out. So when I- Something tells me I'd say, hey, I'd like a hot brown. Next thing I know, I wake up in an alleyway uh, with a bag over my head and I'd have a dump on my chest. It's what I would think a hot brown is in Quaker Drink my coffee. I don't put anything in it. Um, Neither do I know. Uh, I like to drink it black. Yep. I mostly like to drink iced coffee. Oh, iced coffee does ya? Tanya loves iced coffee, but she has to have caramel iced coffee with extra cream and sugar. Uh, with my diet, I have now for about a month and a half been drinking nothing but black coffee, and I'm still not used to it. 
I'm really not used to it. I don't really enjoy it. I drink it out of habit and for the caffeine and to be seen. And so in the mornings, there's two coffee shops on my uh, block. Nice. Uh, there is uh, – neither one of them are Starbucks. Okay. Uh, one is a, like, local joint and one is, like, a national chain. I won't uh, – I would say I that would be what, Dunkin' Donuts. Won't, well, I won't <laughs> tell you what they are because I don't want to get doxxed. Oh. Um, you can't dox Jolly Drew. Oh, my. Uh, he's uh, undoxable. Uh, so I just doxed Usually, you. let's see here, like, a, uh, I, I like cold brew coffee or, the, or nice. just iced coffee. Either one is fine. I like um, to, if I was going to have the two, I actually I don't even know really quite the difference, but I like cold brew coffee more. I've had both only a couple times. I'm not a big iced coffee fan. Uh, I actually like the hot uh, the hotness of it. Uh, also, I have to say that when you go from drinking a coffee with extra cream and then suddenly you decide cold turkey that this diet will not allow that cream because you can't drink dairy, you get a large coffee. Now, I am one who can really drink and eat things that are burning hot and it doesn't bother me. But the first time I got a all black and extra large black coffee, I went to guzzle it down like I normally do and almost burned my entire innards out. It's including tax. It's four forty four for like a like 12 Holy or 16 ounce moly. Uh, cup of iced coffee. I get a 12. Yeah, they, they charge you extra for that nonsense. That's probably why. I'm cheap. I'm not going that iced coffee. I get a extra large black coffee from the local place that's just down the block from me and I believe that is $2.20 uh, with tax. See, at this one place and then it's an even $5 for a really strong, tasty cold brew at, at the other place across the street right next door to my comic book shop. Uh, and so I go to one of those. Although today I got, I just got hot coffee because it's really cold outside. It's yeah. like thirty degrees outside. Jeez. It's Chicago. It's windy. Yeah, that's what it um, is. It's it's not comfy. Oh, the windy city is it? I, I read once that Philadelphia is more windy than Chicago. They just they were just the first to to brand themselves the windy city, which which to me y- you really limit uh, the guys wearing toupees. They stay away from Chicago, uh, and I don't know why Chicago is against guys with toupees. That's all I think it's about, and maybe people with umbrellas. Um, although I can see the sky now, and that's that's finally like uplifting my mood a little bit. Uh, there was a little while that's there more where than it was you just can like in s- snowing and. It was it was dark yeah, and I couldn't see the sun and I was getting sad. That stands for uh, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Yes, uh, it, does. it makes you uh, and actually a lot of people don't know this, but like it actually makes you sad. Yes, it um, does. So it's fortunate that that acronym works out. Anyway, I paid three fifty for this cup of coffee, oh. and I guess it's just like um, I think it's a twelve ouncer. It's Jesus. just a normal. I'm glad I don't live in Chicago. How much are those deep dish pizzas? Like ninety bucks. You got to put out a, a second mortgage? Holy moly. I, I'm telling you, I, the, the way I was buying coffee, I wanted to start making it at home. I'm just lazy, and it just doesn't taste that great. My coffee at home tastes like crap. Uh, but I was, you know, I was mad at 220 Size. Uh, it says recycle me on the bottom. Um yeah, it's and an don't, eco-friendly. Don't, don't let them tell you how to run your life, Joe. Supplies cup. It's it's black. It's sort of like a matte black, and inside it is also black. Um, it- it's funny. Matt Black was my radio name in Cleveland back in the eighties. Matt Black with you uh, on the night shift I was on. It is hot coffee.
coffee. It's delicious. I really like nice. it. Um, so I'm excited to do you my day of money. work and chores. Um, I'm about to do a task, and I wanted to call in and say hi. Um, hi. I want to know what your coffee drinking habits are. Now, Jim, <laughs> I think if I'm correct, you like to get a giant ass like coffee yeah. and just like pump it up with like cream yeah. and splendas. Yeah. Yeah, um, but on your new dye, you have to drink it black, just like yeah, me. That's <laughs> actually the way I prefer it. And I don't nice. understand. Like- At one point, I would drink it extra. This is crazy. Extra cream. And eight Splendors was what I was drinking it at one point. It was nonsense. Then I went down, uh, kind of said, you know what, this, this Splendor nonsense and went down to two Splendors and then had that for a while. Now I'm on my diet with it black. I did try Stevie at one point and that tastes like black licorice and drives me nuts. Like, I've never understood like a sweet coffee before. It, it just doesn't it. taste good to me. Um, I probably started drinking coffee uh, daily. Like on maybe when I was like 21 or something. Like- That's me and you have a very similar deal. I started drinking regular coffee. I actually started with uh, uh, cappuccinos in college my freshman year. I thought I was fancy. I was in West Virginia drinking cappuccinos, pinky up. And then my – I think it was by my sophomore year, I had just started getting coffee, went way overboard. And really when you hear about people actually getting sick from caffeine sickness and things, it's it's amazing that that did not happen to me because there were days where I would drink possibly 18 cups of coffee when I was in college. I wasn't a big coffee drinker. I was a big iced tea guy before that. I hate um, iced tea. You know, my mom would make a batch of uh, sweet yeah. tea every day. Because nice. uh, I grew up in Southern Indiana, and that's oh, what nice. you do. Um, so sweet tea is delicious. Uh, shout out to Dancing Mike, who yeah, probably sure. knows what Dancing I'm talking Mike about, and that. any other my uh, uh, Southern brothers from. Yeah, I, I hate iced tea. I hate iced tea with a passion. I can't stand other mothers. Uh, but now I don't know why either. I'm living up uh, near near the lakes, and uh, people don't really do that sort of thing. But we drink hot brown, hot brown, and we eat uh, keep hot quiet. dogs with snap casing, hot dogs, um, yeah, and. Deep no ketchup, pizzas. Cut your hands off. Yeah, no ketchup. The, the problem is, is now I realize with those prices, it's just a price thing. If you had ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago, thing would cost you 300 bucks. So that's why they don't use the ketchup. Those are the rules. And if you don't like it, you can uh, get down and suck on these. Oh, jeez. Right, so this has been a really long rant and rave. I don't want to, like, it. go on and on and on and rant and rave. Um, so I just want to well, tell me what your coffee drinking habits are. I want to know. All right. So hey, I'll let you guys go. He almost go. was the cross space um, creature. Uh, maybe next time I'll talk about comics. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, I want more um, of this. All right, bye, guys. Uh, later. And uh, watch out for that red arrow because uh, Mama, she a baddie. <laughs> <laughs> Red Home, she a baddie. Yes, she is. And that is Jolly Drew. Thank you, Jolly Drew. And yeah, I drink a black coffee. I've already had two today. And I'll probably be going and getting one after this. And just to tell you that it's about 10 o'clock now. So I'll have three coffees, extra large black coffees by 10 o'clock or so. Uh, probably end up drinking about six coffees today in total. Anytime we record, I have to have a coffee uh, because of just, you know, kind of the throat thing. And I like something warm. That's why I, I always drink hot coffee. But yeah, at points, I even sent a picture because Rob Lewis had sent me a picture of his 
um, his uh, what's it called? His podcasting area that he does his awesome uh, DC Now podcast at. And so, just as a joke, then I sent him back a picture where because when I'm done, I have a, a smaller desk, but I have my two monitors here going. I have the soundboard on one at some points. I have whatever's going on, and I have. Uh, about right now, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, twelve coffee cups. That that is a low number. So at one point, when Rob sent me that picture, I said, "Oh, here's my setup," and I got all the coffee cups that I have on both of my uh, bureaus on either side of me and put them all on the desk. And at that point, there might have been thirty to forty cups of coffee. And Rob's like, "You should clean up." <laughs> like, yes, I should. But yeah, that is the end of the rant and raves. Thank you pretty much r.i.p and jolly drew and that's fine with me i enjoyed that we're gonna go now off to finish up the podcast Here, Eric. <laughs> that was a quick the hell fade. Kind of fade. That was a was stupid that? fade. This thing's supposed to fade better. I don't know what it is. I I had a better fade in ninth grade, Eric. And that's why afterwards I had to start wearing hats. Uh, you ever have a fade? Yes, yes, I have. Did you have a fade? I did. did. You ever? You you had to have been one of those douchebags who had like the a side new kids on the deal. Block fade. You had like the side deal with like uh, this shaved in lines and stuff. You no, had, I never did right? that. Thankfully, I, I saw pictures of you back in the day. I mean, you went from uh, you know pumpkin head little kid who could barely oh. set himself up, and then I know you ended up being one of those guys, right? You, you really you can you can tell me you can tell me now. Right now we were uh, in between the deals here. We're on Twitter's there. And we're talking while we're talking now about things. Talking and about. I said, I said, man, did you see those crazy fires? I mean, people are driving out of like towns where the whole town's on fire. It looks yeah, like California. The, it looks like the goddamn curse of brimstone has come to pass, Eric. And you said, oh, fires. I saw the hashtag and thought it said California fries. And I was you thought really that into the idea of somehow, California fries. Like, what are they doing on the West so, Coast? Tupac I mean, was here's right. the thing: is California just, love. Just imagine. That these California fries are such a hit that it's a hashtag trending in our area. Because <laughs> I know that you have this area. I mean, what, what the, these fries better give you a handy J and then be up in a tree with a monkey is what they better do. I, what do you think California fries would have? I don't know, but I was really interested in do you finding think out. California but fries would be made. It was a sad story. I didn't want any uh, parts of it. Yeah. Did you, do you think California fries would be made with actual potatoes because i don't think that would be that would really? not be very california i think that they would be made with like uh, avocado there has to be something though that are california fries there has to be something already out there what happens is california fries is what you do is you, you go you get it regular fries as you're eating them paulie shore comes over and he seduces you those are california Carne asada fries, fries are a local specialty found in the menus of the restaurants, primarily in the American Southwest, including San Diego, where it originated. This okay. item is not normally featured on the it's menu at more traditional Mexican it? restaurants. I don't know. It's a bunch guacamole. of different stuff. That, yeah, there's definitely yeah. – yeah, You didn't even like my guac. joke with Polly Shore comes over and grabs you. You, you know what? Like I was that, actually saw a thing earlier where Polly Shore was like, originally tried to cast – like uh, audition for the role of Ted in Bill and Ted. 
No, oh, really? Yeah. Thank God the weasel didn't I think get that. that. Keanu Reeves and him went together. <laughs> 69, dude. I can't do much of a poly Don, show. I was watching the stupid thing. It was like 10 things you didn't know about Bill and Ted before we got on the night. Yeah. And one of them, a lot of people for a long time thought that Biodome was an unofficial Bill and Ted 3. Really? That would be awful. I don't go by that. <laughs> uh, here's my uh, impersonation of Polly Shore. Hey there, baby. New in town. My mom owns a comedy club. Boom. There you go. You want to hear? Oh, he's not my, the weasel my, with this. You want to hear my impersonation of David Spade? Hey, babe. Just off the thing. My mom doesn't own a comedy club. There you go. It's very similar, David Spade and uh, Polly Shore, if you ask me, Eric. And they're just. I heard that Polly Shore really would just like wait at bus stops for for the ladies. Uh, that's a lie. That's <laughs> a legend, Eric. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I, I did hear that was the joke, though. That a lot of young actresses going uh, did end up somehow crossing paths with one Polly Shore, the weasel. Why wouldn't Eric? Yeah, you, either him or Polly. Puck. And Puck's busy eating his scabs. You, you don't well, want at one point. I him. think it was around Encino, man. I did think that Polly Shore was a cool dude. Yeah, I actually didn't mind. Uh, what was that? Where he's at the farms? What, what was that one? I don't the know. farms. Jerry one? Duty Two. Yeah, Jerry <laughs> Duty. Uh, the farms on us. I don't know. It's one of those. Like uh, man of the house. I, I don't know. I, I can't Shore you're, farm you're checking movie. it out. Son-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, son-in-law. I, I don't know if I actually okay. ever saw that one. In the I army saw Jerry now, I think is one. You know, he, he was probably short know. in the army. Now he's just earnest. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He was there was one when he was in the army. Look up Polly Shore <laughs> in army. I bet you it's just called in the army. You in the army up. now, you're gonna see. I don't know if it's now, but no, that's there... what it's called in the army oh, now. Okay, there you go. See, they tried to make them. They tried to make them like a modern day Jerry Lori Lewis. Petty's it in didn't that. work. It didn't. Who is Lori Petty? Oh, Lori, Pe- sexy Lori Petty's in that. Is Helen Slater in that? Because I mix them up all the time. Eric. No, and David <laughs> Allen Greer and Andy Dick. <laughs> Oh, they see. I mean, really, Andy this Dick. He's terrible. Andy Dick has never been in anything bad. Tell you, the only person you know. I like this is David Allen Greer. Yeah, I love David Allen Greer. But yeah, there we go. It's time for books, Eric. Enough oh. of this nonsense. Polly no Shore time. It's the Polly Shore Polly podcast. Shore's best uh, vehicle. Polly Shore is dead, or whatever that was, where he faked his own death so that he can hear I love people. That you're calling you know, that a commiserate. Vehicle. It was a vehicle. <laughs> that actually was really yeah, at that point. Places. Oh, yeah. It took him everywhere. It took him to the tip top, tippity top. When when I saw that movie, it did get a lot of praise about what that was and actually ended up making me think that he was going to be respected more going on. The thing like, say, was, at the point that came out, I forgot about Polly Shore. Then immediately yeah. after that came out, I forgot about Polly Shore. Oh, how dare you? How dare you with that? Uh, You know, some of these comedians that, you know, you think are going to end up being jokes, they end up being very well respected later on in life. Tom Hanks. Michael Keaton. (laughs) No, I was talking about one, uh, Timothy Allen Michael. Do you know him? No. I just made that name up. I don't even know what I'm saying. I would have loved if I said, oh, yeah, I knew Timmy. Yeah, you're like, oh, Timbo. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody knows Timbo. Uh, Tom Cruise, right? He's a comedian. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's funny right? to look at. Yes, he is. But we're going to uh, – he's okay looking. I'm what do you think, think Tom Cruise I'm is – I'm thinking about just what? the height alone. I'm like, that joke didn't play. He's a handsome well, what, man. Yeah, really. What is Tom Cruise's sexiest self? What would Tom Cruise be in heaven? Would it be in uh, Far and Away <laughs> no. as a young it's Irish born on the boxer? 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> That's his sexiest self. Born on the 4th of July. You are a piece of crap. <laughs> you really are a piece of crap. Now it was that fat guy. Days uh, of Thunder. Yeah. Okay. That's what you go with. Uh, you. Uh, you actually said- no cocktail. 
cocktail. He's he's pretty he's pretty handsome in that, right? He he seduced one Elizabeth Shue in that Not vehicle. Not only is he handsome, he can flip bottles around. That shit's he impressive. He ended up flipping bottles, making love to Elizabeth Shue and Gina Gerson. And there you go. And possibly Brian Brown. Uh, I mean, you know off, Brian off Brown film. was involved. He's up for anything. <laughs> he, he was watching before he committed suicide in that movie. He was watching from the uh, the closet. Now I'm watch FX. Yeah, yeah, I that like Brian an underrated Brown. movie that nobody knows about. It is Die yeah. Hard meets Home Alone. Yeah, that, that's what you say it is? Yes. I don't know why you, you brought up all this stuff. It's time for a podcast, Eric. I don't need this nonsense. It's the end of the uh, podcast. You know, it is the end. We have two more books here, and uh, I would say I'm putting us on the timer. I wish we had the you know 60 minutes kind of tick, 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 because we ain't going to be around much longer here. <laughs> and, and really, I mean, as I announced before – you know, we'll be done this podcast on episode two uh, fifteen, right? Oh, two fifteen. Now <laughs> I just it just goes randomly numbers ahead. Uh, what are we talking about? The first book. Enough That's of your tr- Brian Brown talk, Eric. FX two is not as good as FX one. That's what I want, Jimmy boy. Oh my, <laughs> that's what you do want, Jimmy Death boy. Deathstroke number thirty seven, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Fernando Passerin, Jason Paz, Sean Parsons, Jeremy Cox, Carrie Strahan. I want to say, and Sweet Willie Schubert. Carrie after Michael that, Strahan. After that bizarre That's cliffhanger, what I want, Jimmy boy. After that bizarre <laughs> cliffhanger ending to the last issue, we see here that either Slade is crazier than we thought, or that someone is trying to make him look crazy. But with the back and forth dual story going with the our assassin, and when his, I fucked this up already. I hate you. This is your fault. I don't know. Back and forth dual story dealing with our assassin and his children. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! The story the came off thing. really disjointed. And I'm not sure if we, it was meant to add to the crazy feel or if Christopher <laughs> Priest is just losing steam in writing Deathstroke. Well, what is Mark Deathstroke? Blur player or this issue? Like a tie? Yeah. Is you this deal book, with you. Is this book crazy? Yeah. The, the, the stuff is, is this seems to be a little too much. I, I know that we all in the Get Fresh group, we, boop, we boop. all love Priest and we all love this book. But I do see I the think interest uh, is waning now. The sheen is coming off. And this issue to me, instead of having smart callbacks, you're making it confusing for confusing. And I see people like talking you. in the slack with the whole idea that this is in, like a VR simulation inside yeah, of a VR a simulation, like the whole inside inception of a aspect. VR, but yeah, yeah. I just don't know how any of that leads back to Isherwood and saying how, you know, the Wintergreen AI wasn't there. I'm yeah. just, I don't and, know how this all leads end, back. I don't know what happened. By the end, uh, you didn't see that last page where they yell, we're still in the Shonies, is oh, what no. they start yelling at. We're yeah, still in it, the Shonies. It, it ends up just like your hate for hate's sake, usually when you I'm review. Sorry? And this issue is more of the uh, – it's confusing for confusing sake. And where usually when I'm reading it, I think, oh, you know, Priest is – he's pulling the he's strings here. He's here. really yeah. doing some things. This just seems like he's kind of bored and he's just going to throw things out there. And he, you know, prove me wrong, kids. But it just with that, it's just a little too much. And it doesn't lead. And and here's where I'll really explain what I really mean. When he would do it before, yes, we got angry at the beginning. uh, But as we went on, he would confuse you in a very interesting way. He'd confuse you in a very unique way and i trusted him to kind of come through i don't think he really came through that much in that batman deal it ended up kind of going on too long we we have the idea that he didn't really care about it that much right. but and now it coming a really back 
solid yeah. four issues. I think it went and on now like coming two issues back too long. To this, I'm kind of I've already sort of like I, the glasses are kind of on now. I can see that the billboards have aliens, but now I really see reading this. It's not interesting enough for me to to praise it as much. Yeah, there's some interesting things in here, and there are a lot of callbacks, like he always does. Some things are, but just the idea that we think it's a inception and an inception in a uh, you know uh, what's it called? What's that? A, a minority report inside the <laughs> bureau, adjustment bureau, the, the adjustment bureau. Uh, because at the beginning they come in and this I don't lady, think that one works. no, this this doctor comes in and she does look like an older Tanya Spears Power Girl, and I thought that. Like, boy, she looks she references it, but they go to he goes too far with this because they're like, hey, Slate, are you you think you're crazy? Are you not? Whatever. Oh, I'm not crazy. I was, you know, fighting Plorians for two weeks. You haven't left. And I don't know who Dev is, but show me exactly how you say you were getting out. Now, with this, is this the inception and the inception and the adjustment? Well, even that, because I don't even understand how it gets that far because we like he talks about how he escaped the first time. And once that has proved not to be there and inaccurate, why do we move on further? And that's the thing is, if you think that if if I'm thinking in priest kind of way with this, it's going to tie into being one of the villains in Arkham is using this to find out the way that he did escape so that they can later escape, but it's getting too yeah, I convoluted. Even think about that, but that's it's not getting bad. I just very don't convoluted, how we get though. By the end I know. Of the well, that's the problem. Is it, it starts that way, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be some tech villain or somebody who has hacked into the VR deal that we get later. As I see, the VR, I'm Dev like, himself. Ooh, yeah, this is going to be something. Or yeah, and so. But then you also think, like, was, did he escape? Did he fight the Plorians? And he's back because it gets all convoluted with this. But it is odd. Well, even that, that I have you to have go back and check out do the, this. I got to check out the last issue of uh, Deathstroke again because throughout this, for a lot of those chapter little blocks that we have, it just keeps saying the location and day 22 until halfway through the book, it even stops doing that. So yeah. I need to go back and see what day we're on when we begin in the last yeah. issue to see if it is two weeks later. I don't know. And And we're in issue 37 here. And I will tell you, like, even the way his storytelling – and this happened. He has a Marvel book. He has – I think it's either Vault of Spiders or Spider Force, whichever one it was. Spider-Man's in that one? I didn't read. No, I, oh. I don't know because I didn't read it. But Double Aaron read it, and when he was telling me that he ended up like, you know what? It's It's like Priest – he only has this one way of writing anymore, and it's starting to get thinned for him, and it's getting boring. Well, didn't he do and Black Panther has- at that one point? Yeah, 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 and and even that, but that was even before, like now. Just this, it's his whole style to me. It's run its course. I, well, I'm I telling just, you, we I'm, we had the Black Panther style, which we were told when this started. Oh, it's just yeah. like this, and then when yeah. he did Justice League, and the Quantum same and Woody style when he started and that. And Woody yeah. as well. I'm I mean, like, he has that ugh. same style, but even the idea of not just the placards, but how he goes jumping back and forth between time periods, going back forth has, and I don't know. It's just you have the stuff with Willow and with Rose, and that. I'm not that. And where are anymore. we in this anymore? It feels That's so what I'm far saying. removed I, I don't because know. of that six months in between where we're still dealing with the Willow stuff where even like, are we still going after Claire at this point? I don't yeah, know I don't because know. we're just going to try to fix Will, I mean, Rose of her yeah. willingness by reintroducing her to her father because maybe yeah. that'll, I'm like, and, why and is yeah, that and, a thing and what, now? And what this is, is you have Deathstroke in Arkham and in the meantime, Hassan is saying, hey, listen, Joe, Joey. 
uh, why don't you get this other, you know, suit on and pretend you're Deathstroke so we can kind of make Rose, you know, better. This yeah. is what she needs her dead. So he does that, scares Husan at one point, who, who gets fooled well, by his this, own plan. This, this, this is well, and it's the whole a callback. crazy angle. It's a callback before when we first were introduced to Rose Wilson. And it's, this a, title. it's a visual callback just now. It's like that. And it doesn't even like that's not one of those like see issue this. This is just a visual callback yeah. where you had that idea where Deathstroke was over. And we didn't even know if that ever was even real remember it kind of was then it wasn't but yeah he does this he, he uses this thing with his son to kind of show like he's you know impersonating the voice he has all these things because joke he can't talk anyway so he has this voice modulator that can do any voice I and then he even says he's like too. I'm like why haven't we used this before yeah why and also he's like he's talking you know telepath with his you know implant type deal to a son at the one point with his transmitter but then he's like yeah you know I can use this and imitate any person and so why not pops? I, I would say why not? Because you're in the Deathstroke suit. That's why. <laughs> there, there isn't a why not. But he's like, yeah, you know, we're there. But the, the problem is they're going to do this to heal Rose. In the meantime, of this Rose. idea that either re- she has brain yeah. damage and a personal personality now, or in the is meantime, an ancient spirit that's possessed yeah. her. In the meantime, Rose realizes that it's Joey. And in the meantime, also says she doesn't love Husan, but she seems to. And he loves her and wants to help her. And I'm and telling we're you, going she around is and so fickle with this back and forth yeah. idea because we thought it was just a ploy. And then she said, like, you know, she really seemed that or she him. was really yeah. into Husan yeah, at this she point. Kinda, yeah. Now she, I guess, you know, when you live, start moving in with people, you're like, eh. Maybe I yeah, made a mistake. I don't know. He he uses her toothbrush. He ends up putting uh, eggs into a jar of pickles. He just leaves it around. He throws people in and has it on his, his desk. There it is. Uh, but yeah, Quiet with this, eggs. though, I don't care. I, I really don't well, care at this point. Not even that, point. but the whole idea that we're going off on this weird little side adventure where – you know, that we've got some stuff off the dark web that says that somebody's going to take a hit out on this prisoner and we're going to go and protect her instead a of bring the A prisoner who is going to be executed that night. Yeah. Th- that's the craziest thing. And even then, she's like, yeah, you know, they're well, going to take a hit out. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. And like, they're going to put a hit out on you. And she's like, oh, man, can't they wait? I guess not. You know, you have the joke throughout this is the outfit that Rose is wearing, the willow outfit. The willows, that yeah. seems to be the big joke. But even that, this whole thing with this woman who is going to be executed, then out of nowhere, she's like, you know, I killed my husband because he abused me and all. I, who cares? Because I don't know. We don't I don't know you. <laughs> In the meantime, at that this point, job. from the point where Deathstroke is underneath trying to find this escape route that he thought he had, then he ends up in a VR game that seems to have been lobbied to have by Two-Face, who used his DA-type knowledge to say that they deserve to have this. So this is where you're like, well, was he in the VR before when he was going through the buy? Like, all this. Also, the idea, though, if he was... They do point out, hey, he's on drugs. They've drugged him pretty severely. So that's the only thing I can explain because Deathstroke is too smart to not know that earlier one wasn't a VR, but maybe he's drugged up enough. It's just a weird idea. I like the idea of a VR therapy session like that where you don't actually have to leave your cell. But but now you make it into a fortress death match. Well, this is basically to me, this is there. They can't go out in the yard and pump (laughs) iron. Eric, so they're they're allowed to do this. Now, what makes me laugh, though, 
is it obviously is when you go in this VR death match, you are your sexiest self, including, <laughs> you know, face. yeah, Harvey, he's his regular deal. And you even he's have one you know, classic, you have classic Mr. Freeze Dr. and Destiny. stuff like that why, going on. Why can't he be his sexiest and self? It's, I know, really. And it's a weird thing when they go because before you, you know, know the D, VR, your maybe give yourself some yeah, abs a little bit. Yeah, really. And get rid of those buck Mr. Freeze, teeth, you don't need Matt your costume Hatter. in here. Poor Mad Hatter. He's got those buck teeth still. But they're there, and it is funny. They're like, okay, you guys know the rules. We're going in. Nobody gets to kill Batman but Zaz. You know, uh, fuck is going on. It's kind of a funny idea. It's almost too clever for its own good. I'm saying it's it's almost too clever for me. Like it it doesn't make sense really of what they're doing to allow prisoners to go even in a virtual reality to really pretty much go to kill Batman. Obviously, when they go into this death trap, they're going to be killing guards and you don't want that. This is not something that they would really do. It's okay, but it's a weird idea though, where you're in this VR world where you're obviously running around and doing stuff when you are just in your cell. Like the whole idea. That's why I never liked VR because you're not actually moving around and doing stuff unless you you go. Why you don't like it? Yeah, really. Yeah, that's why I would think that's Eric Shea's dream. Yeah, freaking veal Shea over well, there. I'm not saying I'm going to participate, but when I look at people, I'm like, they look stupid. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> I remember at one point where they had like it wasn't VR, so but I don't it was these move. goggles you can watch oh, movies and the stuff. Wheel. I'm not moving my arms. You know, you put that on and you can watch movies and things. And the yeah. whole idea was that a lot of people are going on the planes using these and yeah. watching porn. <laughs> and uh, that didn't work out very well. Uh, but yeah. Why can't, it, it, why can't I, I watch porn in my goggles? I know, really. I, but the whole idea Because you have your dick you know, in your hand. Oh, my you bad. Have, yeah, and I think that that was the problem. People were wearing too tight <laughs> a trousers while they were doing it. But he's in this VR and he's being talked to by Two-Face. And then he, he's trying to figure out. Then you have Hugo Strange coming out like, oh, man, you still seeing the winter greens? And he's like, no, no, I no. don't know what's going on. The winter greens going off. And so. I love the idea that he's trying to figure out. He's like, he ends up trying to figure out what is going on. And did he leave Arkham? Did he get the Plurians? And the whole thing is the, the big Eureka moment. Arkham doesn't have guard towers. I'm like, I don't know what you're getting at here. Because in the meantime, then we see Deathstroke is out and about. You're thinking it's Joey. And instead, Joey's dead. Well, we have the real Wintergreen flying Rose and Jericho to their mission to, like, you know, to protect this woman before she's, you know, assassinated, before she's given the electric chair or whatever. When they go to this place, I really thought Rose was actually infiltrating Arkham Asylum at first, but it's just a random prison. Yeah, yeah. And with this, though, you see Joey has been murdered and Deathstroke shoots the woman that you have the deal. And this is Deathstroke in the full out Deathstroke costume. Rose yells out Joey. Then you see Deathstroke himself slayed in his padded room yelling with the VR down. You have this really piece of shit fucking Deathstroke yelling. Come on, Willow. I know you're, you know, come on out. Peaky boo. He starts yelling. And then this whole thing's going down. And then at the end, you have Deathstroke take off his mask and it's goddamn Two-Face. And I don't know what's going on. Freaking Joey Uh, beat up in the bathroom of the plane. Yeah, and and so if this isn't a VR and all this, you have goddamn. I, I just yeah, want to know when this was going on because and, not only do we have Two Face out of Arkham in the Destro costume taking a hit out on somebody in a prison, but how did he get on this plane and nobody noticed? I don't know. I I don't know what's I, because I don't think any and of this even is the real. Idea of Two Face, you know, we have Joey who is a trained fighter in the Deathstroke icon yeah. armor thing. How did Two-Face get to drop on him at all in order to freaking do this whole thing? It just seems so weird. I don't know. And, and out then, of nowhere. Yeah, and with that, 
you even get the whole thing where Wintergreen calls Adeline and says, hey, uh, why'd you do this? Eh, because, you know, I figured I'd pretend he's nuts because nothing else worked. I, I really am having fun getting back at him. So the whole deal it's like he's revealing his hand, but not, and we're getting this whole deal, but it's it's starting to get into wacky land that I don't see me being that much interested anymore. And the whole idea, I, too, that somehow what he dealt with before with instead of the Porians or whatever, if that's true or not, was a Zeta yeah. beam was that light and yeah, not a Zeta guard beam. tower and stuff he's, like yeah, that. I'm like, Zeta so you, beam. you start throwing Zeta beam at me, Two-Face in the Deathstroke yeah, costume too much outside in a me. VR and thing as well. Maybe it'll tie it up. And that's the thing is I want to give Priest – as much credit as he deserves for like he's tied so much stuff together and had some really great story yeah. that really made me a fan of this oh, book. he's given he we have given him a lot of benefit of the doubt because of how great yeah, he has been this, yeah and this, there's a um, lot of stuff yeah. going on in this issue that really throws me out of this deathstroke arkham series that yeah. i thought was going to be great going in because the idea that he's crazy I'm like, well that's funny as hell i want to be a part of that story because he has been yeah. talking to this wintergreen ai for so long now the idea that it's never been there mwah, yeah, yeah. To me, but now when we deal with all this other nonsense, like, I don't uh, know. Just tell one on. story, please, because I can't yeah. follow this as well as I want to. Yeah, and a lot of people where they're saying, and even in the Slack and stuff, they're like, you know what? This really feels like, you know, maybe it's coming to an end. And then I wouldn't be sure. It does feel if that way. it does come to an end. Like he's just throwing a lot of shit out there, and then he's just going to end it. I think it has to go on a certain amount longer. That's it's why I actually have think to go they on put, to explain no, this. But no, I'm saying not only that. I mean, just they're the, the Deathstroke title in general. I actually think that's why they put in that. Batman Deathstroke yeah, six oh, issue thing you, that they, felt like it should have been by itself. Thirteen that, more months, it. Eric, and we're at fifty, and they seem to want to get to those big extra fifties. I, I don't know that it can last that long. I, I just don't see it, but we'll see. What, what did what did you give this? I actually ended up giving this a six point five out of ten because I really enjoyed yeah. the art and I liked a lot of the stuff they're giving me. I love the art. It was. I this is actually one of the lower times that things I've given Deathstroke in a long time. I could go down to a six for what we got here, but I. Like you said, wanted to give Priest the benefit of the doubt because at this point he's yeah. earned it. I just hope that he can pull it off in the end because, like I said in my blurb, he could be running on steam here, you know, for yeah. running Deathstroke this Vapors. long. Yeah, I, I'm giving it a six. Uh, my biggest thing is just imagine the people who were in on that Batman. Like the, the numbers doubled. So yeah. you did have a, and then they go to this and he is, he doesn't like to make it easy for anybody, but he's really, I, I mean, really somebody would who, have liked just to have this without that Batman, because when we jump back and we're dealing yeah. with so much story that we're yeah, going to hold on for just over six imagine months. though, if you weren't reading before oh what you God. think of this, I mean, really, if you go from that, the whole Willow thing and, and, and Rose and this and that. It's okay. You can resolve it. That's fine. We would want it to be resolved, I, I but I'm really shocked. So far I'm really at this shocked. Point. I don't though. think they're actually doing with yeah. all the stuff that we had before with Claire. Yeah, I'm really shocked that they just didn't end it or start up again with a very accessible story of Deathstroke kind of doing his thing and stuff like that. But yeah, we're back to this, which we we would want. But yeah, it's it's too far removed from where we were before to really just throw us in there. And like you said, my main problem is there's too many stories going on here, and I'm not really that interested in all of them they're interesting enough but i'm not interested you have the adeline story in the background yeah yeah so there you go six out of ten now we're gonna go to the next book and the last book of the night eric uh what do we say at the end of the podcast (laughs) i went out (laughs) where is the exit Uh, why did we agree to do this one well, here you go, Eric. I think you are really going to enjoy this blurb. I wrote this blurb while I was on with you when we were getting no, ready no. to record. And I said, I think that you will really, you'll really enjoy this one. So, now, w- w- are you thinking that the blurb is like, 
go fuck yourself. Are you thinking that? Because usually when I pump it up, it's like that. It is not. It's a legitimate, but don't give me crap, Eric. It's legitimate. It's legit. It's too legit to quit this blurb. This may, I know that you can't win Eisner's for blurbs, but at least I can strive for a Harvey. A Harvey, (laughs) Eric. Sideways Annual Number 1, written by Dan DeDiel, Grant Morrison. Art by Will Conrad, Cliff Richards, Hi-Fi, Travis Lanham, and Dave Sharp. Grant Morrison joining this book did wonders. Like, I wonder what the hell is going on. I wonder why we are talking about it and wonder if we will ever talk about it again. Now, I can't solve all those, but I will solve the last one. We will not. This is the last issue that you will ever hear of sideways on this podcast. I am done. This book is complete and utter garbage. I'm not doing this is past my blurb now, Eric. This is me straight up. I just turned my head backwards and the chair backwards. I'm talking to the kids now. This book is, as the French say, les garbages is what this is. <laughs> and, and somebody needs to take out les garbages because it doesn't make sense. It has gone from a point where this book was very, very interesting to a point where it does not make any lick of sense. And it's just shit thrown on the page. And yes, if you are a fan of, say, the bulleteer. Then, yeah, you, what's going on there? Is Fast and Furious going on again? It sounds like there is a dump truck there. And if it is, tell them you got some garbage to put in that dump truck. I think there might be a transformer there. This <laughs> book is so, sort of like a triple change, Eric. It started off as a sideways book. Actually, it started off as a Spider-Man book. First transformation in the sideways into Le Garbage. <laughs> it's nonsense. And adding Grant Morrison did nothing but just nothing it really didn't it ended up making it worse in my mind because he didn't care about sideways he's there for the seven soldiers and i know like ruben he loves the seven (laughs) soldiers the problem is is this isn't a seven soldiers book It, it wasn't supposed to be it wasn't we had a lot of things you end up even being teased or slapped in the face where they have the spread page of all the things that's happened to sideways. The tragic death of Derek's mom. Yeah, why aren't we why aren't we dealing with that Can still? We please Instead, get back to that. Sideways meets the seven soldiers. Sideways prisoner of Paris. Sideways in the league of twitzoids. When are we gonna stop the, the fucking yeah? What the fuck is this? Sideways faces a super captive of the catacombs. Actually, that's the reason I'm in here because I wanted to see the action comics jeans and shirts. We see it, and they do. There's nothing to it. That's basically him. The whole issue, and you get the you know, hey, I've got you know, K radiation poisoning, and I'm going to do this. What is that a thing? I'm telling you, we this whole thing is the idea that he has K radiation poisoning where he is not at his full strength. You never yeah. really get to see that because no, no. And, and the reason, at one yeah. point it's like, oh, I can't hold it anymore. But after that, he's fine. Well, here's the deal. He's in a cocoon that appears to be b- based on crypt- or, uh, kryptonite possibly. And that would be the only the reason eggs, it's yeah. there. Yeah, that's the only reason it's there is so you can explain why he wouldn't have broken out himself. So, oh, he has K-radiation. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, now let's go around. Centipede. And basically you become uh, – the book turns into a book where it might as well be that Sideways is having a sleepover. He has asked, you know, Action Comics Superman from the New 52 to come over to Sleepover. He has agreed, 
But now there's other cooler people asking and Sideways is upset because it becomes a tug of war at one point of who's going to be the coolest to get the <laughs> Superman. And I just I completely lost any interest in this. And then at the end, again, like that whole thing, Derek's mom. Oh, there the mystery of Derek's mom. Oh, the, well, the- tragedy at the end. When we see Tempest Fugit, I'm like, why are you doing this to us? Why are you killing me with this book? Because that's the two things. Not why only that, this- though, but we have Tempest Fugit who then goes against his entire character and what he does yeah. because Derek James says things are okay with these people being here from yeah. the Dark Multiverse. Oh, Derek did this? Derek right, said it. Boys. I'm telling you, this is, the, this is American Ninja, where you had where Jackson and Joe were fighting the whole quarter of a movie until Jackson says, hey, Joe's all right, okay? And then you go on. It's nonsense. I know nobody's watched that movie, Eric, but it's, that's how it is. <laughs> but yeah, you, you have- Now they don't have car- to. You have characters that, yes, it's very exciting if you were a Seven Soldiers fan. It's very exciting if you dealt with. Because at least you know them, though. At least you know them. Zatanna's there for no reason. You have Clarion. They're there because they had been there, but really nothing goes on. And then you even throw in. The one thing is it starts out with the whole idea of this like prophecy premonition that Zatanna has. The reason she sent Sideways away is because she needed to be and she sent him to to, she sent him to a place where he would have a connection with somebody. I'm like is that Lord Paris you're talking about? Because why yeah. does he have a connection with the blue of jeans and t-shirt Superman from the Dark Multiverse? If that's even know. the case, because at the know. end, the whole prophecy seven will become one, and he's the one talking about Superman. Like, now it's the I, Matrix. I don't know what you're and, doing and anymore. Even this, like I'm saying, you have you have people who like sideways. If you did, we did. We we were okay with it. We yeah. were enjoying I it. Like it was kind of going back and forth. We thought that you know Tempest not showed up. We were going to have that. So you have this going on. He was going to become the this, freaking Mister Miyagi. It was going to be awesome. You have the seven soldiers. You also have you know things like uh, Porcupine Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, how many Spiny? more things? Spiny? Yeah, how how many more things can you throw in that only Dan DiDio cares about, really, in this book? I know that these are things that would be cool. They're not cool here. They, they are like actually infuriated. No, I don't. None of these <laughs> things are from? what this. I uh, nothing. It's all just thrown in here. And yeah, I I don't know why or how Grant Morrison would ever agree to put his name on this book there is no reason there's there's nothing it just it's it's well, bull it's even crap. weird with having this dark multiverse superman talking about how he's gonna you know stay behind trying to make things better. i don't even know how the fuck he's getting away from where he is to make things better in the whole dark multiverse but the idea too they start referencing something and because we haven't done the action comics new 52 review yeah. yet i'm like I, I didn't read that so i don't know if he's actually referencing something where this is somehow a holdover of that red Superman that, be, you know, before Superman reborn, yeah. that somehow he was here and yeah, that was never actually like a Superman because he starts the, talking about yeah. George Taylor from the Daily Star during that book, you know, and I'm like, God damn, I got to go back and read Action yeah, Comics now, now because this thing. might this, be something. This is the thing, though, that I thought they were getting at, which would have made sense to me. Out of nowhere, Superman starts telling his origin. And we, we, we know this. We know we most people will know this. For and the best origin. is the best is is that then it's said that's the same old story over and over again. They, they say that. What I was all these waiting other people for. Yeah, yeah. What I was waiting for is get to the point where he's like, and then my mom and dad died when I was going to the prom. Now you have put me in where okay that's the action comics superman. That is yeah. definitely him. But that's I was the thing waiting is, for that. Isn't that still a thing now even after Superman reborn? I, yeah, but still, it still would have been that. As that was the one this, holdover. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know how. Yeah, it was because of Doomsday Clock. They actually referenced it in yeah. Doomsday Clock. But still, I was waiting for that to maybe go. But it's just well, – When he or, started talking about George Taylor at the Daily Star, I thought yeah. it was like, you know, is this what you're really telling he me? He did work actually at the something. Daily Star. So and, they, you and know. Exactly, but maybe the Dark Multiverse version could have as well. I just don't know what makes I think this that a the Dark joke Multiverse was, I, And they, they didn't play it off very well. I thought that the joke was going to be – and especially with Grant Morrison there kind of you know poking fun at him himself yeah. that the dark multiverse so being the worst version of superman was the new 52 i thought they were just kind of the making is, that kind of joke is, but it, Superman's very it never in the pushes issue. it in yeah and that's what i'm saying it doesn't go with that joke then it kind of turns into he's the one now he's fucking neo and you just because have by the end, things. i kind of just want to go off with superman for the rest and, of this whole people, series people are rifting off they're coming back there's there's just with these people where i don't oh, know not a even lot rifting of off but with the rifting at the end to get us out of the pocket universe that's crumbling around where paris just gets shit crumbled on top of them nowhere but the idea that comet the superhorse is going to use his powers to help with the like you know keep a rift yeah. open for sideways at the end, i'm like i don't know what you're doing it's stupid yeah. i hate the dark multiverse god damn it and I when know. they show up in the normal universe at the end and fugitive totally does uh, the, the fugitive not lets them freaking go i'm like why does no superhero, any entity, do their goddamn Nobody job? Nobody does their job. I also like they're like, oh, well, let's go over here. Yep, this must not be the dark multiverse. Look, and points at a picture of the castle, which they go down like this ah, castle. I, I didn't even realize that that was the castle they were in. I'm like, what is yeah, this supposed to be? I didn't either. I had no idea. I thought that it was like one of those restaurants where you can go and watch Chow Medieval Times? Stuff. Yeah, I thought it was Medieval Times is what I've I thought. I've never been, yeah. but I've always wanted to go. I've, you've never been? I've uh, never been. Neither have I. That was the big oh. thing that they went to Wanna during go our – well, No, when, when they went to Florida for our school trips, that was one of the big things. That was the only thing that I wished that I went on that trip. Me, neither me and you. That just shows how much be, – not pieces of crap, but how lazy and we don't like people and things like that. Our school – Used to have a trip, senior trip no to Florida. No, they don't do it anymore. Oh. They uh, too much shit going down when that Natalie Hollow Holloway or whatever disappeared Natalie Holloway. down in the Caribbean. Eric, look, they if don't you're gonna need say, that shit. say it like freaking they hold rest. So I can't even think of his name now that I need it. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, you don't you don't need shit going down like that. You don't need so they they don't do that. They they stay more close to home now. But yeah, one of the trips were. That you would go when when they had my senior year, I think there was like three of us who didn't go me and these two other guys two the other two guys. I hate to say it's because they were dirt poor. I just didn't want to go. And uh, then I, I mentioned just as we were working, I'm like, yeah, you know, that senior trip. I never went to that. And you're like, neither did I. I'm like, we are the only ones <laughs> who didn't go to that. Uh, and then you had to sit all day in the in a room. And uh, you did you have to go to school? Did you say that they let you stay home? Because I had, no, no, to, go I to, had to go to school. Yeah, so. and it was actually but fun I, because it was pretty much just gym mind. class for school those couple of days. We're just like you know did stuff. I had and to I always sit in like that. a study hall all day and do fucking work. But yeah, this whole thing is. But nonsense. you're gonna say yeah. oh, Natalie Holloway. You got to say it like the Iron Sheik does. Okay, no, I'm not gonna say. Don't, that. don't you remember that on the radio after no, like, the Kid Chris show? It's like Natalie yeah, Holloway. Remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, so you go and you have this and then it ends. There you go. Because Tempest Fugitive, it's like, oh, you. he shows up like he did when Sideways was rifting too much. You have disrupted the true order of the multiverse. Oh, what? Oh, you know, Derek, that guy, he said we're cool. You're cool then. Be <laughs> gone. Just for Stay. You'll have a good time. If that's the case, can I join in and sleep over? I hear you're having stuffed crust pizza and watching Puppet Master. This is the uh, best I said sleepover Derek, ever. Not Eric. Oh. oh shit. 
I guess then things will be better. That guy plays with toys. There you go. And so? the end there. I don't know. <laughs> this, this, my life. This, this sleepover is for 40-year-olds. It's not really the sleepover. So for are we fucking? What's going on? I don't know. I want to have – me and you should. So you if say we, a sleepover for 40-year-olds. You must best be fucking. If we, if we ever get uh, like videos going and stuff like that, me and you are going to have a videotape sleepover. We're going to sleep over. We're well, gonna then I definitely have to go and buy one of those Tauntaun sleeping bags. Uh, and it, Well, uh, yeah, that. But it, it'll be a live stream of us sleeping over and us playing with toys and then we'll have bets it'll be running bets almost like the citizen the bet is how long before we get in a fist fight there you go why would that happen because i'll get angry i know i will i'll see these toys because we're doing it at your house you don't want to sleep over here we don't have shit so we're at your house and i'm gonna see these watching puppet master eating stuffed crust pizza it's gonna fucking anger me it's gonna anger me well what's gonna anger me is the minute that i eat stuffed crust pizza you turn on puppet master i'm falling asleep you're drawing (laughs) shit on my face and then putting my finger in water i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna no no it's just gonna be like that one sleepover i had in the fifth grade of my buddy robin's house where i'm gonna go home no no his mother made us invite another kid chris who we didn't like so while he was sleeping we both pissed on him Okay, well, that's what we'll do. But you know, I hope that, stuff. I hope I hope I'm not the guy who gets pissed on. <laughs> we'll we'll up the ante. We'll invite who who can we invite? We'll invite wrong, wrong turn, turn, yeah, and we'll shit on his face. There you go. We'll we'll up the ante here. Well, for wrong turn will, this is it'll gold. be funny. Wrong turn I'm will wake a lot up. Of money in Germany. Wrong turn's gonna wake up. He's gonna have you hear shit that on German his face. Peralta? Yeah, really, <laughs> German. <laughs> this is my. Just think of the scenario. I'm gonna do a theater of the mind. We shit on Wrong Turn's face, and he wakes up and says, not again. <laughs> and then we wonder what the fuck he's been doing all this time because he's got he's shit on his face. Shit on his face. Look, there. Jim, we know what he's doing at that point. There's no think, question about it. I, I will just throw it out there. If we're going to have a pay-per-view, <laughs> do they still do those anymore? Yeah. Pay-per-view sleepover, me, you, and Wrong Turn. I've never gotten a pay-per-view I, in my life. I think that people might want to see that. But wrong term would be hilarious. He'd be he'd be he would be like a little kid. Is what he would be. Yeah, oh, we'd also have to ju- play some like you know Super Nintendo and uh, Nintendo sixty four. Oh yeah, we'll some do that. Plus, plus, that motherfucker better make us cookies. This is what I'm saying. He told us the other day that he's mad because when he went to school for twelve years, all he did was bake cookies. They he never told him to nothing. Make, all he did was he better make learn how to make some fucking cookies. He was mad. He blamed them. That's why I'm dumb. I only learned how to make the cookies. I said, My okay. parents didn't help me. I the said, teachers didn't I help said me. To him, hey, Grandpa Keebler, Jesus get Christ, the no fuck child back in behind. your tree and make me some cookies. God damn it. Make me some yellow fudges right now or there's going to be some fist flying. Uh, what? Then he comes up to us today. Hey, Jim, do you like nuts? <laughs> yeah, I do. And then he giggled and walked away. And like, then he really? walked over to me. But what he said to me was, hey, Eric. Did you leave your nuts at home? And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> that's <laughs> like one of those. Running. I'm telling you, that's like you're at a bachelor party and like, ah, I don't want to dance. My my wife wouldn't like that. And, oh, what'd you leave your nuts at home, buddy? <laughs> what, she got them in a, a fucking case? He was throwing shade at you. He thinks Jess has your nuts. And and really, from when you first dated Jess, you thought she did as well. But that's <laughs> beside the point. <laughs> that's a different story. Wait. Edit that out. Yeah, I know I had that for some reason. There's no limitation. See, this is what I said. We're going to change things up for episode 201. I mean, this is the change up. We're just going to talk I goddamn think this is nonsense. About normal. 
Yeah, it kind of is. Well, this is normal when we hate a book, and I hate this book. Now, so uh, now I'm going to get serious. We had a lot of fun laughing about Jess having nuts, but it's now, Look, you know. It took two weeks to have sex. She was totally a dude in my uh, mind. Sometimes Sideways isn't all about fun and games, uh, but no, this book sucks. I give it, in my mind, I'd give this a four out of ten. The art's okay. It's just nonsense. There was no yeah. reason to have this. You had Grant Morrison the jumping on this. The art is not a problem this. in this. <laughs> you ended up really pushing, and really, this is why, if you notice, there's a uh, a very varied art team where you have two colors, two anchors, two, uh, because of that delay that we talked two about letters. before. This was delay, yeah. So, yeah, it's everything was kind of... <laughs> Two and two and what it's like two face uh, root and two and but uh, with this though no it's not that fun it, they have Grant Morrison jumping on where we saw when this was announced and the whole remember I can sit here and laugh because the whole idea was oh, Grant Morrison's going to be on this sideways book that's what and I said there is no fucking way he's going to be on this book well I was wrong but right because <laughs> it looks like he's just doing this and he's yeah, out he's, he's not got green liner stuff book. to do so why not make this you get the opportunity to really kickstart this book up again. I know that you kind of led <laughs> yourself into this with this back. nonsense, but if this actually would have been an issue where we had Ernie and that interaction, his mom and stuff like that, but you have set Anything. it up to be this bullshit. Like and even it's the just, seven it's soldiers crap. don't feel right. No, it's all crap. It's all well, it doesn't feel right because there's no reason for them to be here. I mean, the dark really, multiverse. It is like a I hate the it, dark it's multiverse. basically like a sleepover and we did invite Ron Terran. He don't belong there. Oh, look at him. I don't know what he would do at a sleepover. He'd be so giddy. The the other thing is we would say to him, Hey, uh, you know what, wrong term. We're thinking of having a sleeper. We're going to have it in January. It's going to be January 14th. I don't know if that makes sense, that date. But, you know, middle of January. And um, <laughs> Keep my schedules and, open. <laughs> and and he would be talking every goddamn day. I can't wait till the middle of January like he did with that Halloween thing. And it would drive us so nuts. Why over Monday night? Well, that's what you do. I really like there. There is there's no possibility that you're not going to go to work that Tuesday. Really, come on now. What what dark multiverse are you from? But yeah, with this though, yeah, he, he would be so annoying. I think I am up. the dark multiverse version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't he would get so annoying with the and I also would keep getting like I can't wait till the March. For, no, no, it's January. He, wrong he said me. that in freaking June about going to do something for Halloween. Yeah. Which That's he what never I'm saying. Did. No, he never know. did it. He never did it. And maybe if he came, we can get I never him one brought of those. That up. We can you think get he got him. too scared. He he said that his girl was too scared. He was too scared. Also, <laughs> I believe that when he gets scared, he throws up. Not his son. His son doesn't throw up. I think it's it's everybody's him. vomiting everywhere. Oh my god, they're just vomiting all over the place every time they get scared. That would be funny. That would be a lot. That would be a laugh. Is what that would be. We also have the thing with Wrong Turn this week where he he got his stick fixed by the one girl that he works with. She ended up putting a new Jesus app Christ. on. So then he's like, I can't use it at home. I got to take it to my mom and dad's. Why? Why? Because, because Al said that it's going to charge us. What's going to charge you? I don't know. <laughs> there, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, well, why can't you use it then? He said, said it, no. it's the stick charges you and that it gets on the TVs. And we're like, well, use it on your TV. Don't tell anybody. He already knows he's on the lookout. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then I, I said to Al, what's going on? You know, the stick does oh, not you actually charge him about you. It. Yeah, I said, the stick doesn't charge you or anything. He's like, I don't care. I don't want him using it because he always fucks 
shit up. Now I'm Thing like, is, yeah, that that sounds a little. I can more see that happening. Deal. Somehow he yeah. gets a hold of their credit card number and starts buying all these apps. He and says different things. that also. He, he basically he thinks that uh, with wrong turn fiddling with the TV to do it, he's going to break shit as well. I can see that so, happening yeah, too. I, I can see. All that. you got to so do is gonna, plug it in. He would fuck so it up. He's going to go to his parents. He's going to load up the stick. He ain't going to know how to use that. Thing. No, he's There's not going to no be able to use that interface at all. And then 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 out of nowhere, he's like, you know what? Now that I got the sticks, I'm going to watch the Halloweens. I'm going to watch Star Wars Episode 13. I'm telling you, the motherfucker uh, came up. He's he like, thinks he's like that, I, yeah. you can watch He thinks you can watch movies, movies that, that haven't been made. Yeah. Yeah. He <sighs> thinks he's watching the new Indiana Jones out of nowhere. It's not made yet. He's and also I think that he it's thinks a wishing he can, machine. It's a wishing machine in the in the multiverse. He thinks you can. It's multiversal cable. And now we have it, transdimensional cable. About because time. he also thinks that you can watch alternate versions of things that never happened. I mean, he's going to go watch that, you know, Batman Forever or whatever. What was that one that you'd have? There's uh, no way that he would ever think that anything would be different than what he's seen. Oh, that he thinks he's like, I'm going to watch that. that I think version he thinks of the deleted that, scene that is black sad. magic. He, he thinks, well, he also, yeah, really. <laughs> what voodoo are you playing now? Director's uh, they, cut, get away, sorcerer. That, but he's like, I saw this thing with wrong turn versus the leather face, and I, I'm going to watch that on the stick. And all these things that he said, these are all these men. <laughs> Made up fan trailers that are nonsense. I'm gonna watch the crazy town or whatever. Face. Didn't you think there was like uh, Clown Town or Clown? But it was Clown Town. Somebody took the, the trailer to this movie Clown Town, put Wrong Turn Seven on it. He's been waiting yeah. ever since. Yeah, I'm that's like, what he's gonna watch. He say, and you keep telling him this, and he still doesn't get, understand. He thinks he's gonna watch a version of it that his son won't throw up on. Oh, yes. Yeah, the I'm gonna, three version. I'm giving us 3.5 now that we're yelling and screaming. I'm I'm going to solidify my thing. 3.5. What do you give it? I'm going to fuck you five. I'm telling you, I like the art in this. Oh. I'm just going to give a straight fuck you five because I don't need no to give a score. It's a bullshit story. It's a bullshit book, which I thought there was promise in the beginning, but we're so far removed from what this book initially was. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah, it does. It's just it, – it is like the most convoluted – Disjointed book that I've ever had. It's a deal. All of a sudden, it's a fucking mess. I, I hope you're not having Jim and Eric review it because you know why? They might actually tell the goddamn truth and hate it. Because this book, I don't know if and you I know like this. It. The French have called it Les Garbage, is what they les called a, it. They've called it really, Les Incompetents. I was just going to say, he's Les Incompetents. That's what he is. There you go. There you go, There you go. I'm getting tired. It's not, <laughs> it's not even that late. I'm getting very tired. But that's the end of the podcast. So that means we're going to go off to our book of the week. All right, Eric. And what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Adventures of the Super Sons number four. What's yours, Jim? I don't know. I said to you, I have no <laughs> idea. I, I don't remember what I gave uh, each issue. I think that I hated everything. So I'm going to say right. I'm say that it was Nightwing. I don't know. There you go. Everybody <laughs> you're sideways score. No, you can tell me what it was. And I'm just going Nightwing. If I think back of the one that didn't annoy me the most. I want to say yours was Justice League. Maybe, but I think I got angry at that by the know. end. And maybe, maybe it's just like, but I, there you go. But you want to hear Nightwing what we're going to talk good. about next week? Definitely. Next week, you're going to talk about all of these books. Two obviously will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew and the Patreon boop, boop. account and will be on Patreon only, but will be. That's yet to be decided, Eric, yeah. because we have Catwoman number yes, five. That's not here nor there. Catwoman number five, Detective Comics number 992. 
Electric Warriors, number one. Oh, oh my. Oh, Electric Call Boogaloo. Jeremy now. And Jeremy is already, you know, getting very fired up about that one. Hawkman, number six. House of Whispers, number three, which Reggie and Chris will be talking about. Mr. Miracle, number 12. Oh, my. It's about time. Plastic, and that ends. Then we have we Plastic it, Man, Jim. number we six. We made it. Yes, we have. Plastic Man, number six. And I'm sure it's going to tie up great with all the answers. Oh, yeah. Plastic Man, number six. Red Hood and the Outlaws are Red Hood Outlaw, number 28. Suicide Squad. Squad number 48, Supergirl number 24. There you go, Brandy. Superman number five, The Flash number 58, Titans number 29, and Wonder Woman number 58, which I'll point out is G. Willow Wilson's Foosh. first issue, and I can't wait for that. And that I is look to that one too. I am looking forward to the most. But that is not Plastic Man number six. I, no, no, no. You know, no. I'm not looking forward to that. I'd like That's to thank everybody who helped us out this this week on the podcast. Yeah. Yes, thank and you. And also, and I'd also like to thank Great Shoes and want everybody to go over to greats.com and enter the code Weird Science with a capital W to get 15% right. off. And also, I'd like to thank beardbrand.com and go over to their site, beardbrand.com slash weird. And take the quiz to find out what beard you are. And thanks, everybody else. What beard I am? I don't know, Eric. I have no idea. You're going to have to do that. I think next week when we do, or the next one, I think these come out like every two weeks is how we're going to be doing these. Uh, We'll have you do the quiz while we're talking on the air. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Hey guys, I know that the podcast is over, but like we do occasionally, I'm going to give you a little bonus material, a little extra special things. It's like a director's cut uh, of the podcast. I am going to include here an episode of my Secret Origins podcast that I started a couple months ago. This is actually the second episode, and it is the Secret Origins slash first appearance of Aquaman. And this is one of the Patreon shows that I do. Uh, Again, you can go to patreon.com slash weird science to listen to all of those. This month, I have a poll up for the badasses to pick what the secret origins will be. And it seems to be neck and neck with Scarecrow and the Penguin, which will be my first time that I'm going to do a villain secret origins and first appearance type deal. And if it keeps with that, I may actually do a double shot, have both the Penguin and the Scarecrow because they both kind of tie in to what's going on uh, currently in the Bat books and things like that. So I think that would be cool. But I just wanted to throw this out there so that you can hear, you know, one of the other shows that we do that is a comic-based thing. Also, some of the people may not be at the level to hear this as well, so you can see what's going on at some of the higher levels, and, and maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you will, but here it is, The Secret Origins of Aquaman. Listen, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, whoa, closer. Let me whisper in your ear. Say the words you long to hear. I'm in love with you.
Hello and welcome to Secret Origins Podcast, episode two for the month of September 2018. And for this Secret Origins Podcast, I decided to feature Aquaman. And this issue, his first appearance that we'll be talking about, there actually is an origin story in it as well as being the first appearance. But first, before we dive into the issue, let's talk a little about Aquaman. Aquaman is a superhero appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics, by Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger. The character debuted in More Fun Comics number 73 in November of 1941. Initially a backup feature in DC's anthology titles, Aquaman later starred in several volumes of a solo comic book series. During the late 1950s and 1960s superhero revival period known as the Silver Age, he was a founding member of the Justice League. Um, Aquaman's first origin story was presented in flashback from his debut in More Fun Comics number 73. Now Narrated by the character himself. The story, and here it is. Here's a little bit of it. The story must start with my father, a famous undersea explorer. If I spoke his name, you would recognize it. My mother died when I was a baby, and he turned to his work of solving the ocean's secrets. His greatest discovery was an ancient city in the depths where no other diver had ever penetrated. My father believed it was the lost kingdom of Atlantis. He made himself a watertight home in one of the palaces and lived there, studying the records and devices of the race's marvelous wisdom. From the books and records, he learned ways of teaching me to live under the ocean, drawing oxygen from the water and using all the power of the sea to make me wonderfully strong and swift. By training and a hundred scientific secrets, I became what you see, a human being who lives and thrives under the water. And there's some funny things about that origin, Uh, mainly... They just mentioned his mother as my mother died when I was a baby. It was later when it was added that she was actually an Atlantean. Uh, the idea that Aquaman's father, who he's a famous undersea explorer. Are they trying to make it Jacques Cousteau? Uh, whoever the most famous one of the point was uh, kind of seemed a little odd there. But also the idea that his father read a bunch of books which taught Aquaman how to breathe underwater. Now, this is very thrown out there when we get to the issue. This is just him kind of explaining who he is and why he can do what he can do. Uh, It's just a funny idea that basically they read some books and a 100 Scientific Secrets became this underwater superhero. But it's so cool. And and as a kid, I I have talked about it uh, many times before. I never thought Aquaman was a joke, even when he was, you know, riding seahorses in the Super Friends cartoon, because one of the things as I was a kid, uh, a lot of times I just, I actually just did a review of the first appearance of the Flash. And in that, in that intro, people were talking about how the Flash has the greatest power because everybody wanted to be fast. But as all my friends and as a smaller kid growing up, I actually was kind of the fastest one of my group throughout my, you know, early years. I'm not bragging, but that's that's it. Uh, my big thing is I would love to uh, breathe underwater. And there was a anime cartoon that I saw when I was a kid. It was Marine Boy uh, is what it was. And he used to chew this gum that allowed him to breathe underwater. And I always thought it looked like Trident Gum. And one time I almost drowned because I kind of pretended to myself that Trident Gum would let me breathe underwater. It did not. So reading this origin and reading the whole idea of breathing underwater, talking to fish and things like that, that was never a joke to me. It never was at all. I I thought Aquaman was cool. Uh, But I'll continue on in his early golden age appearances. Aquaman can breathe underwater and control 
goldfish and other underwater life for up to a minute. Initially, it was depicted as speaking to sea creatures, quote, in their own language rather than telepathically, something that I actually like. And it comes up in this first issue. He talks to some porpoises using their own language. To me, that kind of made more sense the way that it's explained that he learned these powers by his dad, you know, reading these old books of Atlantis and things like that. But also, Aquaman lived underwater then, and the fish and things like that, you know, he, he learned their language, so he can talk to them. I actually like that, but I talked to Eric at work about this after I read this first issue, and he hates that idea for some reason, but also, he had to be close for them to hear him within 20 yards. Aquaman's adventures took place all across the world, and his base was a wrecked fishing boat kept underwater in which he lived. During his wartime adventures, most of Aquaman's foes were Nazi U-boat commanders and various Axis villains, where he once worked with the All-Star Squadron. The rest of his adventures in the 40s and 50s had him dealing with various sea-based criminals, including modern-day pirates, such as his longtime arch-enemy Blackjack, as well as various threats to aquatic life, shipping lanes, and sailors. And if you've been, you know, listening to our podcast and also reading Aquaman, there was a new version of Blackjack with the Team Nemo uh, that actually seemed to be important at the beginning of Rebirth and kind of faded. Aquaman's last appearance in More Fun Comics was in issue number 107 before being moved along with Superboy and Green Arrow to Adventure Comics starting with issue number 103 in 1946. Now, there is something else that I want to mention before we go on into the issue that More Fun Comics number uh, number 73 from 1941 really should be something that a lot of people know of and I didn't really know this when I jumped into it and really when I told people about it a lot of people did not realize more fun comics is the debut of Aquaman it's also the debut of Green Arrow and they just wanted to get more heroes so you know Mort Weisinger they're like hey Mort you got to come up with these heroes and he kind of came up with Aquaman and Green Arrow in one sitting to have in this one issue and to me that's amazing two characters that has that thrived since then uh, when we eventually get to Green Arrow's first appearance in this issue as well which I'll probably do that next month um, it's funny because it's not an origin story he just is already based and, and going it already says while you read it like he's worldwide known and, and things like that but this Aquaman you actually get an origin so that's why I wanted to start with it and with that we will jump right into it now all right and the issue opens up after a little uh kind of a splash page that kind of depicts what's going to go on in the issue later on uh you have a german u-boat that surfaces and then pretty much shoots down a vessel that is not a wartime vessel it's actually a vessel with refugees the captain even yells out to the nazi u-boat commander it's funny that he's just yelling to him hey buddy you know we're, we're a refugee boat there's nothing of importance here it's all women and children and the nazi commander who looks a lot like colonel clink from hogan's heroes decides then oh no uh this is really gonna look bad we better sink everyone now. So it was the worst thing for this commander to yell out, hey, we have women and children here because this Nazi just ends up yelling, you know, oh, well, you're done then because we're going to sink you. The refugees, the women and children are in a lifeboat and they shoot a, you know, they shoot at it. And right before it gets sunk, all of a sudden a hand comes out of the water, obviously Aquaman's that we know, and grabs the lifeboat and pulls it aside. 
And the U-boat commanders are like, well, you know, what happened? This shouldn't be. There's no way this could move. Well, then Aquaman just starts going and and swimming fast towards this U-boat. And he freaks out and he's like, oh no, what is going on? What is this? A big fish? Is it, is it a killer shark? What, what is this thing? Aquaman just jumps out of the water and really starts kicking butt. He, he kicks one Nazi right in the face. He starts chasing the other and they're just yelling, submerge, submerge. They're going to go down. Now, they don't know Aquaman as of yet, but submerging isn't really going to help them that much. The only thing that does save the Nazis here is that Aquaman has to help save the refugees because they really are just in a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. So what he does, he goes underwater and he does talk to the porpoises and they say he talks to them in their own language. I like that. And they go and kind of steer the boat to shore with Aquaman there. He's there with them. And when they get there, the captain comes out and thanks him and says, oh my God, thank you. You know, who are you? And he's like, well, let me tell you the story of Aquaman. And it is the origin, what we read before we jumped into this, where he talks about his famous father. His mother had died. They ended up finding Atlantis. He read these things to become what he is. But this is where Aquaman's like, okay, now that you know who I am, I'm going to go right now and I'm going to go kill some Nazis. These Nazis are going to get it for what they're doing here. And he ends up going and figuring out where they are, which is a hidden island uh, where they park their subs and U-boats and things like that. So he heads off to do this. Well, he gets there by riding a porpoise just like it's a wave runner. He is actually, I believe this might be the first instance of a wave runner. And I, I hope that you guys find this issue. And I'll tell you, you can find it online uh, in different anthology comics and things like that. But it's a really fun comic, especially some of the wacky things that do that, that end up happening. Uh, but yeah, he, he rides a porpoise in. The guy can swim great, but for effect, he rides it in and then yells... I've got oceans of love for you, boys, as he's going in. These Nazis freak out. When they went there, Colonel Klink ends up finding someone. It looks like Schultz. I'm telling you, this is it predates the show. But it does look like Schultz and Klink. And all I need is for Klink to yell, Hogan, at one point. But he, he, he won't because it's not Klink. But he goes up and... They're there. They're, they have to run. They're on an island, so they can't run. The sub is parked uh, at a dock. Aquaman just goes up and starts beating the crap out of the sub. He just starts hitting the side of the sub, denning it, and it sinks. And they're like, oh, my God, the submarine, there's clink. Oh, my submarine, it's lost. What are we going to do? And the big guy, Schultz, he's like, we're trapped. I, we're going to be done here. Aquaman jumps out of the water and then says, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get – you're going to be dead because you you tried to sink a peaceful ship with women and children on it. Well, the Nazis run away. It's almost like as he's yelling to them, listen, you know what's going to happen. You're going to pay. You're going to pay for all this. They're whoop, 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 whoop. They run to a, a big barn. And Aquaman goes, I, I think that Aquaman's being a little too nonchalant here. Plus, you know, he's on land now, not not where you're the strongest guy, Arthur. So he walks over, and as he gets to this barn, he's knocking on the door, and he's just, come on out. He calls them sewer rats. He, he's talking a lot of crap, but he's banging on the door. Come on out. Come out, you sewer rats. Above him, the fatter Nazi 
ends up getting a sledgehammer, peeks out of the window, and drops it Looney Tunes style on Aquaman. And he passes out. They tie him up. Now, you have Aquaman tied up. They know now that he is very good underwater. I mean, this is what they should know. They've seen him. He can talk to... Maybe they don't know he can talk to the porpoises, but they obviously saw him riding one in. So there's some sort of control going on. They have all these options. One option is they have a tied-up Aquaman shoot him. There's option number one. Option number two could be Set him on fire. Option number three, uh, I, you know, beat the crap out of him. Uh, do something. No, no. They decide how they're going to take care of Aquaman is to throw him in the ocean. Now, they, they, he is tied up. He is, got, he's got weights on him. They throw him in. They act a little like gangsters. He's going to swim with the fishes, you know, they, but, but that's what he does. This is what Aquaman does, and they kind of should have realized this by now. But they throw him in the water and then talk a lot of crap. I, I'm surprised that we don't see one of the first Nazi high fives here. And, and I will stop right now. I love the idea that he fights Nazis. Uh, all the other things, and we, me and Reggie especially have been doing a lot of retro reviews on the site. If you haven't gone over, uh, you should go over and check out some of the things. We have a lot of fun. Reggie has tons of fun. Reggie's reviews might be the longest reviews I've ever seen because he loves just poking fun at every panel. That And he loves, you know, Golden Age, Silver Age stuff. He's doing a lot of the uh, Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane, which is, it's just Looney Tunes, that one. But uh, with that, you, you have a lot of gangsters featured in these early issues. You have a lot of guys, Batman, even Green Lantern. I did one. They're, they're almost all fighting gangsters. So it's neat to fight Nazis. And really, there's no worse. You don't have to set up anything with a Nazi. They, they are bad. I, I don't know if you've heard this. Nazis are bad. So you don't really have to set up. You see a Nazi, you know the villain in the issue. So these Nazis end up throwing Aquaman. <laughs> they throw him into the deal. So he's underwater. And just to make things even more exciting, he sinks into a underground volcano. You know, he just doesn't go to the ocean floor. He happens to sink into an, uh, an underwater volcano. So he's there and he uses his knowledge. Now, the, the, it's the explanation of why he can't just break his bonds underwater is because he ends up in this volcano he's so far underwater that the pressure is keeping him from moving so what he does is he uses his smarts and he actually uses again this is what i'm saying a lot of people go with the goofiness of aquaman but this issue being the first issue just thrown out there he uses his smarts he sees that there is a plant it's a bulb-like plant species a bright greenish fluid sort of thing it's just an underwater plant he realizes that if he can kick this this greenish fluid will come out and it'll signal to his friends the porpoises he's signaling to them on porpoise uh, that he needs some help and they do respond they come so that really the the heroes of this issue are really the porpoises when they show up they show up they bring him up he gets to a point where he can break through the bonds now there's no explanation why he couldn't break the bonds before he went all the way into the volcano but we'll leave that go so he gets free and says, all right, it's time again to go beat the crap out of Nazis. Now, they get there. The Nazis at this point still haven't made it. They just made it back. So they've just got back to where they had rowed a, a boat out, threw Aquaman off. 
Must have been, again, there must be some Nazi high-fiving going on. They must have been talking. Maybe they went fishing. But they just got back to the island. He shows up again, and he goes to town. He is beating. There's just the two of them. He's beating the crap out of them. And then the best thing that happens is the one guy who looks like Schultz. Again, I apologize for all the Hogan he- Hogan's heroes. There's no LeBeau here. But uh, he runs into the, the big barn that they were in before. Now, they had uh, Aquaman there before. And now he goes in and they have uh, uh, just a crate of grenades. Now, why didn't they both get grenades, go outside and throw the grenades in when when Aquaman was in there tied up? I don't know. But he's going to use these grenades. He grabs a grenade and he chucks it at Aquaman like he's Bob Feller. He he, uh, The fastball right at Aquaman. Aquaman catches it and they they make sure here, though, uh, that – Aquaman would not know what a grenade is. This is kind of his first time above the surface, though they don't say that, but he plays it off as, you know, he's been underwater, just kind of happened to come above the surface and saw the ship going down. So he doesn't know what the grenade is, but he gets it, and he says, I don't know what danger this is, but I throw it back at you. So this Nazi fastballs it in. Aquaman catches, great catch, like an OBJ one-handed catch. He grabs it and then says... I don't know what this is, but I throw it back at you. He throws it back at him, and it blows up. Now, I don't know how Aquaman got out of the blast radius because this grenade is an atomic bomb grenade. It blows up the barn. Now, the visual is of this Nazi flying up in this blast. He loses his hat. He's dead. They spell it out. He's dead. Now, this is another thing that since I've been doing these retro reviews, I think I've done probably, I would say about 20 uh, uh, right now. I think that 18 of them ended with the bad guy dead. And sometimes the bad guy dead with the hero gloating over them. And pretty much wanting to breathe in their last breath. It's sadistic. It's really messed up. This is where Aquaman's just like, huh, I guess, you know, what What do you call a Nazi that blows up from a grenade blast? A good start. And he's like, all right, let's jump back in the water. He jumps in and he says the submarine sunk, the supply of weapons destroyed, the leader of murder dead. So ends one labor of Aquaman. But there's much to do in this perilous upper world. And he jumps into the, the water. And then in one of the greatest ways to end a comic, he waves at the reader and says, Much to do, yes. You have a narration. Much to do, yes. And Aquaman, sovereign of the sea, accepts the challenge of evil. From his lair in the deep, he rises to face new dangers and win new triumphs. Don't miss the new exploits of Aquaman. More coming in more fun comics. And I just like It's so neat. You should see him waving. He's waving at you. Goodbye, everybody. And uh, I love I love it. I- I'm telling you, I love this issue. It makes me laugh with the Golden Age goofiness of it. But as a first issue, I- you get an origin. You get a power set. You get the idea, anybody who kills a Nazi is good in my book. Uh, so he's a good guy. But also, he takes his time to stop and talk to the captain. He tells him his origin when there's work to be done. But he's polite. He tells him his story. He also makes sure, instead of going after the Nazis, he makes sure that the women and children, the refugees, get to land. I mean, that there's so much in this. 
in just about 13 pages, and I love it. I, I really, really – I can't stress how much I love this issue, and it's why I give it a perfect score, 10 out of 10. Uh, the art – it's not the best ever, but it is, you know, it's it's the 40s. It's better than a lot of the stuff that I saw. This is November of 1941, and this art is, is a lot better than a lot of the art I've seen in some of these retro stuff that we're doing. So if you can get your hands on it, if you can look up Aka, you can look up More Fun Comics, number 73, read online, and you'd be able to read it. Uh, and it's really cool. And in the meantime, if you do that, uh, I would suggest you also read the Green Arrow uh, intro, which is just goofy as as all get up. And I can't wait to talk about that as well. So I, I will be doing that next. You have such things as the Arrow plane that's a car. Uh, you have Green Arrow who catapults in this this contraption to get into places that he can just open a door but still smashes through windows uh, it, it, it's nonsense but it, it's very fun uh not as not as good as the Sacramento, but very very close so yeah there you go uh, i like talking about these things because i can pick things that i really like and just reading i I'm, both times that i've read through the Sacramento. Uh, and actually, I probably read through it about five times now for reviewing it and this. It just makes me smile. And not a lot of issues lately have been making me smile as much as this. So check it out. I hope you enjoyed this. You can let me know. I'm going to keep doing this podcast. I really enjoy doing that. And like I said, on the site, me and Reggie, uh, Andrew's doing some, Jeremy's doing some, uh, even Polly P is going to be doing it. We're, we're all going to go and do a lot of these retro reviews. And they're really fun so i hope you guys enjoy it i hope you enjoyed this podcast and as i say at the most uh it mostly when we end these things i, I don't know how to talk now uh see you later oh,